do Cause for the Get Fresh crew You review the books Get shaved and dirty looks Mallet from time to say poo-poo Poo-poo Hello and welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews and reviews Each week's DC Comics I'm so sorry that I treated Cassie Sandmark so badly at some point in time Because she's the greatest ever, Eric Shea and I'm the purveyor of positivity, Jim Warner. You're a liar. And this I is am. the Weird Science DC Comics <laughs> Podcast, episode number 459. It's funny you say that, and I'm thinking to myself all day, the idea that we did this recording this week a little out of sequence. And when we got done, we did some books last night. It's the last section of books. I don't have to be coy with this, but we end up, and just as an aside, if you end up on our Patreon, we do put that up early access. So that's earlier Earlier access. access. Yeah, Yeah. I always put that. So (laughs) that's one of the caveats there. And when we got done, I kind of felt down. I I, I talked about this with a bunch of people over the years and whatnot, that they don't realize that when, yes, therapists, (laughs) random bums in the road, you know, things in the road. In the road. road. They can't afford sidewalks. Well, after I hit them, and then I go and I say, you know what? When I'm down on these books, it does make me kind of sad. And it does make me uh, uh, kind of sad. It it gets me down. And so I was really worried after that going into tonight's books that we're going to end up doing the rest, obviously. And I was happy, though. I think I will be a bit more of the purveyor positivity. Just watch out by the end. (laughs) That This last section, I I ended up having a bit of a stick up my butt, Eric. Uh, And I don't think it's a vendetta. We'll uh-huh. talk about that, too. The second section of books, I'm going to be giving you a little lesson on what is an, is an a vendetta, I believe. But hey, everybody, welcome to the show. Hey, this is the it's official official podcast of the Weird Science DC Comics. And yeah, we have a bunch of books. We have more than we even thought. We forgot all about that Young Justice deal. The thing and, is, I didn't. For some reason, like we talked about, you just didn't have it on that one list you were well, going by. Well, I ended up, well, remember, I sent you that list, and yeah. we said we had five books, and I brought up the list, and I went, and then when I went to go, I'm like, wait a second, we have six books, and then, oh, wow, oh, my. Now, I think that people are going to be actually thrown off. We have the Young Justice, the Dark Crisis Young Justice book in the first section of books, Eric. Of course we do. It's a, it's a big Dark Crisis tie-in right now. It is. Uh, I actually suggested maybe have four books on the tail end of it. You. but you. Know, Look you, at you. You convinced me, though. You told me Vendetta. it's a big book. Somebody had to tell Megan Fitzmartin Martin that, but hey, 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 here we go, Eric. Everybody, before we get into all of this stuff, please go over to Twitter at Weird Science DC. Also go to our website, Weird Science dccomics.com and please check out our patreon patreon.com slash weird science where we talked about two books on thursday every thursday night me and Eric get together and we have a big giant dc comics badass spotlight show and this one picked by the badasses of the get fresh crew they picked some big ones we had dark crisis worlds without a justice league batman number one that's a a mouthful right and I'm not talking about the title. I was talking about that nonsense dialogue. Batman, One Bad Day, Mr. Freeze, number one, we talked about as well. Those are some big things there. Big things going on, Eric. Big things. We ended up They're talking about these. Five, five, that's for sure. We were trying to figure out what exactly was being said in that Worlds Without a Justice League. But Batman, One Bad Day, Mr. Freeze, I saw a lot of people pish-poshing that book and saying that 
you know, it wasn't good. We didn't like some of the concepts of it, but actually liked some of the side things as well. So I thought we were a little more positive on that. Everything that didn't have to deal with Mr. Freeze was okay. He just turned out to be a giant piece of crap at the stuff with Bruce, like Alfred, Dick, you know, even matches alone. Solid. Piece of shit. Yeah, that's what you said. I think that's actually where that's from. You end up where, get over the deal. Hey, Mr. Freeze, piece of shit. And there was some fun to be had with it, especially the Dick Grayson, which I really did enjoy. But if you want to listen to that episode where we talked about a bunch of things, some nonsense thrown in, some everyday walkabout deals, you You know, that sort of deal. No, because now I'm thinking about it. I almost mentioned something. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we talked about it at the end of this podcast. So I'm not going to talk about how tall I am or how tall I ain't. America until later. You'll see that. It's crazy that we can see into the future. But one of the things that I can see into the future, Eric, is that we're going to give a little shout out right now to the badasses of the Get Fresh Crew, who, as we said, pick those two books and do so much more. Here we go, Eric. Not even going to play around. I'm going right into it. I think that everybody's serious at getting ready for a good show, Eric. Michael Jordan is the first. Eric K. Double K. Talked to him today in the Slack. Jeffrey Greek. Stephen Bat Dad Mitchell. The Annihilator. Ted Probst. I Love Punchline. Talked to I Love Punchline as well. Stuart. Michael S. I'm just going to tell everybody who I talked to who today. Who talking Forrest to today? Pauly, I talked to <laughs> Cam. I talked to Eric Shea. Matt Razor. D-Man 3000. Lady Abby and Lord Andy. Francisco L. Rock III. Niels Teamwork. David Fink. Joey Barcosco. Stephen Baum. Jason Colby. Sue 42 to you and me. Michael G. Comic Boom. Rake. Uh, here we go. Anita Hora. <laughs> to you. Yeah, yeah, I might, actually. You just don't tell my wife. Mark Jager. I, I'm really waiting for people to take your lead, and this is going to be a real shit show. Aldrin Stoja, <laughs> Nick Adams, Ruben, Carlos, Noah Mark, Matthew Rapier, Luke <laughs> And now you, you threw me I off again. Simon. Simon has a weird, weird little like that he has, but we won't bring that up. Sure. Luis. Manship. Uh. Brian from Arkansas. See, you did it to me, Eric. I didn't do anything. I'm not on the bad ass Wait, next IP freely. Uh, Andrew Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond Mark, our man Rob Lewis, B. Muir Brandy Murray up there in Buffalo, Canada, and Double A Ron doxing his ass in Minnesota. All time great Reggie. Reggie? I gotta get a hold of Anita right now. I, but I, I need a new co-host. Is that one there? <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! We have a bunch of books, as I said, as we go towards a holiday week. At least if you are in, you know, the United States or wherever you do end up celebrating Thanksgiving. We have Thanksgiving coming up. American I, I Thanksgiving. Hear, I hear Tanya's podcast. She listens to because you don't listen to this show. I end up. Oh well, we'll see you guys in three weeks. It's Thanksgiving. I'm like. What? And she was getting all angry. Like, what do you mean three weeks? I'm like, eh. They come back just in time to tell you see you after Christmas is what it seemed like they were playing this game. But uh, we'll be around. Look at you all high and mighty for such a short fella. That's right. I'm punching up, Eric, as I always have to. Unless maybe I'm fighting, I don't know, Night Might. Yeah, Night Might. You get it? See, I tie everything in. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. But we have a bunch of. I think pretty good books. We're going to end up, I think, you know, having a smile on our face, uh, pepping our step, 
and maybe a belt in our pants. I don't know, Eric, but we're going to find <sighs> that out very quickly. <laughs> I couldn't, right. think of, couldn't think of a third one. You know, one of them damn belts in your pants. Keep it up real nice a and tight. A banana in your pocket. Maybe some ribbon candy in your pocket. If somebody, even like somebody what is you wrong knew, with if they ended up offering you candy, but it wasn't wrapped and it came out of their pocket, would you eat it? Who's some, somebody I know offering yeah, me candy like that's unwrapped? Yeah, like a family member. See, I was going to say family member. Again, people but, I talk to. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. That's why I said people you know. But no. maybe a random guy in the street. Would you no. think that, do you think that anybody is <laughs> taking anything from anybody? Do you think that anybody ever did put LSD or acid on the back of a stamp and cause problems that way? Or you think that they wouldn't waste the drugs to do that? Because as a kid, I was so worried that and I still have not I've not licked the stamp. Though I haven't said anything with a stamp in so long. But even then, once I heard that I would I refused to lick stamps, Eric. Because I thought I was going to get high. Uh, did you ever? Did you ever worry about that? Honestly, the idea—if I heard that was going on—I'd buy more stamps in the hopes of getting high. Yeah. Maybe that was the weird play that was actually put out by it the was post the U.S. Office. Postal Service's propaganda. But yeah, all those Reverse crazy psychology. scares. I believe every one of them. I think they're still real. But all that you still got the satanic panic. You're afraid of everybody. Yeah, I know. I, I do. I really get upset at all those people above me. Uh, but, and that's everybody. So with all that, we are going to go off. We'll start off with, I think, a banger section until you made us put that Young Justice book in it. But we'll be back. It's all about flows, ebbs and flows, and balance, Jim. That, that it is. So we'll be back with that in just a moment. No. We are going classic with this one, Eric, back in the day, Dancing Mike. I think this is a classic section of books. Oh, yeah, it's a classic yeah, section that's what we used to have I all the time. Think. Yeah, the, the one Wolf we used Man. to have with the Wolfmans. We have some callbacks in this. Might be new books, but some we get the feel of the old. You end up having a book that feels a little Silver Agey, right? Uh-huh, you uh-huh. got it on. Then you get a Dark Crisis tie-in that who but knows what that agey. is. Yeah, well, we do get a Golden Age deal as well. So you have a lot of fun stuff coming up here, Eric. I just want to warn people, you know, strap in, strap on. Here we go. We end up where, before we go into this, please go over to our website. As I said before, weirdsciencedccomics.com, where you can get reviews, written reviews for most of these books. And, yeah, we might as well just get right into that. I think that people like the, you know, no nonsense, Jim and Eric, is what they like. They don't want me to hit the The wolf, man. man. Or, you know, insert sound. Right? Well, the Wolfman, he ends up, he's going to have his own Earth coming up. I'll tell you that. And that's pretty cool. 
That's damn cool. You don't see Dra- Oh, he does have his own Earth Dracula. Earth. I'm sitting there like, I'm <laughs> done with DC versus vampires, but you know what? That werewolf Earth, that's the where werewolf it's at. Deal, maybe it's the wards. Somebody actually got a hold of me and was talking about Ben Percy and said, hey, have you ever read, did you and Eric ever read the Green Arrow where yes. uh, Green Arrow was fighting the werewolves? I'm the like, werewolves oh, yeah, and the white did. supremacists. Uh, was it any good? I'm like, no, 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 it was not. But he came back with that rebirth, which is pretty cool, which maybe I should use that as a little segue into something on a side, Eric. I know people like the no-nonsense Jim and Eric, but we ended up where... We About didn't like Ben Percy in the DCYOU Ward stuff, but when he came back, same creative team came back on Green Arrow, or at least he was writing it still, and we really liked it. So maybe with the announcement of some of the books and some of the shuffling of writers oh. not really getting new writers, maybe I well, should be a little the more positive. Positivity. Look yeah, at maybe that I should be there. a little more positive. Not now, trying to depress everybody I who comes in contact up, with well, him. Well, I just wanted to tell people, you know, the truth and stuff when we're yeah. in the Slack chat. But yeah, I think uh, after a day of thinking about it, I'm cautiously optimistic with this whole Dawn of the DC stuff. If you're not aware, it was announced a bunch of new books. They haven't really said what the main line is going to look like fully. And there wasn't say the old line. Yeah, but there wasn't really. Isn't that a who song? You end up where you have no Justice League yet announced. And I will give Joshua Williamson credit. At one point, he said, there's not going to be a Justice League book for a while. We're like, yeah, right. Like, we're after that dark crisis. They're going to be rushing to do that. It doesn't seem to be the case just yet. So, but we'll have to see how all that is. It just reminded me that the idea that, yeah, we're, there has been times where somebody has upped the ante and Ben Percy was one with that green arrow. So I'm going to look forward to all of the books, Eric. But Good. we're going to start Good. with. A guy and a well, a two guy. guys actually. I do believe that are going to be on what I two hope guys will be one of your favorite. You know, two guys in a book over here. Two guys in a boy. Uh, Mark Wade and Dan Mora was announced will be on the Shazam book, and that seems pretty good. That seems like a, a really good combo to have that going on. Also, everything that goes from and into that whole DC Dawn of DC comes out of the Lazarus planet. That's Mark Wade as well. So Crazy. we'll see. What is going on with that? Three events next year, Eric. What, which is your event? It's funny because they are really separated by seasons. So we'll just hear. This is my two? fall. Well, they haven't said. The one seems to be a so Batman maybe then, called Jim. Night Terrors is what people are thinking. Are we counting the funny. Flash's One Minute War? No, they're not talking about that. I thought that was you and Jess on the sack, Eric. <laughs> oh, my War, goodness every time. gracious. Yes, you do because you come and go. You end up where... There's going to be a Batman deal in the summer. And this is what really I, I had to give props. And I do believe it might right to this. like Newsarama or whatnot. They ended up taking the layers off of the art that was sent out to get more letters that weren't really revealed yet. I'm like, that's some detective work. What are you, Cassie there? Well, we're going to start now. Eric. There you go. Wow. <laughs> All over the place. I'm having problems again today. Tell you what news doing say, today, boys and girls. How about this? I'm having problems in my life. This yeah. is what I'm having. I cannot focus, but I can focus on one thing, Eric, and that's positivity. I'm positive. That's Batman that. Superman World's Finest Number 9, written by Mark Wade, art by Dan Mora, Tamara Bonvalone, blocked us, Steve Wands. So here we go, and we have Boy Thunder, and he's in big trouble. Here's the thing. A lot of people love this book, and I think that it's getting in that mode that it doesn't matter what's going on in the book. And I'm not just saying this issue, but I really think it's in this mode where people have gone out on a limb and said, this is the one good book at DC, so they can't pull that back. 
I thought this issue was a little bit down. Oh, no, I totally I, agree. I, yeah, I, I think that what you get at the end seems great and really gets me. I mean, obviously, you want to get to the next issue. But during the issue itself, it felt a little rushed. It felt a little forced in some of the things going on. Though I, did I don't like know it. how any of our bad guys are doing anything in this whole thing because it's really just glossed over and to give you those wow fan service moments for old school characters like Angle Man, you know, even going with the key and stuff like that, teaming up with the Joker. But the most of the issue what we're dealing with now is we have Boy Thunder, a boy from another Earth who has heat slash thunder powers for how they work. And it's Batman and Superman trying to take this boy under his wing and make sure that he doesn't become a future Jason Todd because he's the damaged little boy who's going to lash out at people when they start fucking with him. And when you have in the background, okay, I can get a hold of that, especially because you have the young original Teen Titans all there, like, palling around. That's a lot of fun. But it's like, you have the Joker. It's like, oh, boy, I like me some sidekicks. I'm going to scroll around with the Superman and Batman and the little boy Thunder. Hey, Key, you go over there and you get me the Angle Man's Angler. And like, okay, here's his angle, and we're going to put it in this slot here, and we're going to have a door in the, the middle of a Gotham Street that has another door that the other side is to the Gotham River, and somehow a Batmobile is going to hit it and close it. I'm like, I don't know how any of this happened, but whatever. Yeah, and I thought that this was the one issue, because I still think that the art is great. Oh, it's amazing. But there's a point where I think there is a bit of a disconnect of what's going on and showing it, because, yeah, at that one point, you have the door, it opens up. I get the whole concept of it, but while I was reading, I didn't think it door. played out Oosh. very well. And when Superman goes off, I'm like, oh, he's just going to get that other side of it. He's going to do this. And and you end up, it's very odd. But when you start, there's some things, though, that I really do like. You said about the Teen Titans. I thought that was really good. My favorite I part. I think that David, I want though, a book in this style of just the original Teen Titans do original Teen Titans stuff because I love this team. Yeah. Oh, I do, too. And I think that if you were going to have a Teen Titans book, a Titans book, anything like they that, put that, I would out, like Jim. It might I would be like the best Titans book yeah, out I, at DC I would Comics. like Dan Mora <laughs> and Mark Wade to maybe write that because they, they have them and it's a fun team. You have that interaction. Each character has their own voice in what little they're in. Poor really Garth. does shine. And I, I like that. Uh, the problem is all of the pieces just didn't fit as well as they have been when I was reading this. And I think that the play with David being this, hey, I was a goofball and I wanted to be the goofball. I think that could have been played out a little better. I actually told you that I thought that he caused the destruction. <laughs> it's a, a little sudden, different like, than I thought. but Just even the idea where you're going along the lines like, you know what, Eric, I'm pretty sure that this David, his earth, he caused the destruction of earth. His, or he killed his people and his parents. He has a deep, dark secret. And then this whole thing is just a lazy goofball. My parents knew that the world was going to end. They built a rocket for all three of us until I went and fucked fuck around in it with soda pop. And I ruined the soda. And they could, I mean, they ruined the rocket. And they couldn't build a new one that would fit us all. So I got rocketed away and left my parents for dead. I'm the big screw up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, when you have yes, that. Yes, David. Yes, you are. <laughs> I really thought that. Again, I think some of the things should have been expanded, including that whole, you know, land with the key and stuff. It really felt like, okay, we just have to have this big thing happen so that you get them there. It didn't feel well plotted out. But the idea of David, I almost wanted a little bit more where he's there and see his parents like, David, we told you, stop horsing around like a little bit. And then in the current book, when he's with the Titans who... They're a bunch of fun, right? Yeah, I've been doing. I Especially wanted him Roy. to be. I wanted him to be more of a, you know, hey guys, this is serious business, and I know I'm new, but instead he's over the top. Oh, we're not but hanging with it, him. <laughs> it just didn't feel like it connected. It didn't feel like okay. There's the goofball. Okay, oh, can't be a goofball anymore. That means I have to be over the top 
violent and vicious. It's it, just it Jason felt Todd. like a weird play. It felt like a weird play, though, uh, not getting the combo. I would have rather have that been shown where you did have the Titans goofing off and having some fun and like, no, no, you get it in a different play. But the art's really good. Like I said, there's a disconnect in it when you get to that big deal of downtown Gotham. But before there, and you do have the key and the Joker, and the Joker goes off to get the angle from Angleman. The angle. I actually, I thought that one of the greatest things was, was that the Joker actually, in a weird way, stopping and actually asking like a little kid. So this is where you, I really liked him wanting to know the plan for some reason. I don't know why, but when he says, oh, the angler, that, that Bud Stace, do, do you put it here? Is that where you're going to power it up? I'm like, look at that curious guy wondering how things go. But that, by the end, all he really wants is, we cut off you the know, an- the man's hand to get his special time and space angler to put it inside of a magic door so we can open up a door in downtown Gotham. On the other side is the Gotham River. Now we're just going to flood Gotham until we stop this, which just... It's going to take a shot from the Batmobile, and that'll do it. Yeah, and then they're going to get close to it. And then, uh, you know, the plan does seem to be set up to grab whoever. Was Boy it Thunder. originally going to be Boy Thunder, or were well, they going to like try to grab issue. whatever? It's just odd. Like, that's their big, that's the big plan here. And we'll see what they want with them and whatnot. If it's just, you know, slicey dicey or if there's something more Jim, to it. Jim, they're evil. They're doing evil things. And what's more evil than taking away a child from somebody? I, I, a child, Eric. A child. I would, have, I would have thought that maybe you'd go more after Dick Grayson. I think that especially the Joker would have more of a deal against time. Batman. We'll take a Robin out after not this. Not Superman. Uh, yeah, well, that's kind of the play you have to remember where. This is obviously before that because you have Dick Grayson here as Robin. You realize Batman never learns his lessons. He keeps doing things. And that's because just we is, all know that Boy Thunder will be quickly forgotten after this is all said and yeah, done. Never well, mentioned again. And that's again. also the thing. Once he gets grabbed, you're realizing, okay, that's why he is here. You're going to have that. We'll see. I, there was a little twist here, so maybe it will change. But you also have what you usually get with a world's finest, a lot of cool Sidekick rat catcher that we don't see often. He's completely disgusting. I don't need to rat see that much of him. Taking but... a man into the sewer to feed him to the rats and stuff like that. I'm sure rat catcher's going to have a piece of the weirdest part about this. Like I'm not the biggest rat catcher fan. I can't think of a lot of rat catcher stories off the top of my head when I think about the character stuff like that. The weirdest part of this whole thing to me that we start out with Batman and Boy Thunder chasing rat catcher down to the sewers to stop from kidnapping and cannibalizing him. Man, that's all well and good for some reason. The lone henchman the rat catcher has, this tubby overweight freaking, you know, man, this middle-aged man just sitting there like with a gun pointed out, I don't know where he is, boss. I'm like, <laughs> why are you working for rat catcher right now? It just seems like you're hanging out in the sewers with a guy who wants to who eat people who hangs with out rat with rats. Catcher. Yeah, exactly. Who is working for this guy? Hey, boss, I can't see him. And It's the, not the even big- a bunch of henchmen. It's just one lone overweight middle-aged man. Rat catcher ain't gonna afford more than one, Eric. I got so that damn rat there. money. Hey, hey, I got the rat money here, damn mister. I, I, what if he called him like Whiskers? Would you like that? Hey, Whiskers, shut your mouth. But it's Batman sneaking up, and then you have David Boy Thunder. He ends up, you know, doing the electrical powers, and everything lights up. This is against what Batman would normally want, obviously, and tries to explain that. Yeah, he says it. He says, this is a metropolis, and that's a really good, there's a lot of good things in this. Where you're like, okay, I like the description that Batman says. Listen, and I love the idea that he almost seems like he's pissed off about it, too. Listen, guns are real here in Gotham. We in the metropolis where they're having parades for Superman. We're 
We're not playing with ray guns. We're not pew pewing around here and having parades with Superman because he stopped these, you know, over the top alien types. We're doing the hard stuff here. And he, he starts telling them and giving them little lessons. You have to do what I say. This is stuff we've seen him do with Dick Grayson, even in this book. But, you know, the general things. And I like that. And you know it the is thing that is too? I'm, I'm looking at what Batman's talking to with David <laughs> about the idea of Gotham Metropolis. And here's Batman. Superman generally fights in front of cheering crowds against <laughs> science best. criminals and world beaters. I'm like, what does that even, like, even the ideal, yes, if things are darker than Gotham, we got real guns, we got real incentive, just science criminals and science world beaters. Science criminals and world beaters. I wore my world beater shirt the other day, Eric, it's pretty cool. Honestly, I want a world beater shirt now. I just love the idea, though, that Batman has to throw in the idea that it's always in front of cheering crowds. None of that shit here in Gotham, pal. Nobody's cheering <laughs> We ain't got me. them there science criminals. What about uh, Scarecrow? Don't worry about him. Mr. Freeze? Nah, that wasn't real science. No, he's it was not coldness. science. That's nonsense. That's of the heart. And then they cheer. <laughs> they end up, they're banning masks in this town every three days. It sucks. It sucks. Actually, he's just telling David to get the hell out of Gotham. Uh, but it's a good transition. It's one of those transitions that you have where yeah, then you get the Joker, and it's it's a classic Joker. Hey, you know, honey, I'm home. Hey there, T. And he gives it to him. I just gross. really He is. Well, the Joker is, too. So is the we, you kind of forget that sometimes. Everybody's gross. Of, well, it's Gotham, so you have the grossness, and that's kind of a funny deal. Actually, when you're talking to David about all this, that's all he has to bring up. Listen, there ain't no rat catcher in Metropolis. Like, <laughs> this is real nonsense they shit got here. poodle catcher over there. Yeah, really. Look at them. They got, you know, get a sandwich for me catcher or something. I, I don't I know. I fight the rat catcher. Superman fights Toy Man. Yeah, exactly. It is kind of funny. I, I do fat like man plays with toys. And that's kind of what you usually, that's a, a neat little, you know, twist of what you usually get. And we argue, not argue, we, we complain sometimes in a world's finest where a lot of the writers think that this book is made so that each Batman and Superman could just pump each other up. Man, that's Superman. He's great. World. Batman's great. Superman's great. You don't need that. World like, beaters. This is actually pretty good world beaters. I, that's pretty big, world beaters. I know, hey, right? People cheering, I think, is what he's really pissed off about. I actually thought, and I'll commend uh, Dan Morris. He's especially. trying to be so condescending for the idea, because he has to throw in the cheering crowds, and even when he describes the bad guys, I'm like, I'm never going to get over this, because like, you could either be global threats, but no, world beaters. <laughs> world beaters. <laughs> You think at this point Dick Grayson's pissed off that he wasn't invited to this, that, the, you know, down in the nah, sewers. Nah, he's doing stuff. I really thought, and I was going to say this would have been kind of a cringy, you know, ah, why are you doing this? Almost like a one-punch type deal. I thought that David was going to light up, and then you'd have the spotlight of Batman or Robin in the spotlight. Honestly, to, that's like, kind of cool, too. Dark. I, I thought we were going to get it. And you kind of overplay that sometimes. But you even see fun. as this goes on, after you get the angler and you get that in the position that you end up having you know more fan service this book does do fan service well and it's not the full focus of it so i do appreciate that where you have flash and superman they're running racing across the racing. ocean yeah and that's i like that and even where you have barry say hey uh you can fly you know that and he's like yeah you know sometimes i like the exercise like, is flying not exercising? Like, does that not, does that not exert the body in any kind of way? Maybe not. It might deplete him of his solar energy, Eric, but it might not get the, the heart rate going. I'm not sure. But you end up where they go and there's pirates that have, you know, taken over. Maybe Somalian pirates, but they're in Guinea, so Guinean pirates. 
they end up taking a boat. They end up saving these guys. All of a sudden, Captain Phillips needs help. These guys are on his boat saying, I'm the captain now, and Flash and Superman have to get there in time. But you know what? It doesn't matter because we have the Teen Titans to come in there and save the day, including Boy Thunder. Yeah, and... You know, you get you get a whale come out in a, a really whale of cool a tail. way. I'll tell you that. A whale of a it's deal. A whale of a tail too. It is a fun scene, but in the meantime, while you have Barry and Clark watching the Teen Titans do this, the Titans they're talking about having a sidekick, having a younger guy, and I like that Mark Wade has thought ahead. How do you be a mentor, Barry? Because you're so good with your kid Flash. How can I be more like the Flash? You gotta let him be his own man. Let him give him room to grow. He Superman. says, "Don't helicopter. Don't be a helicopter parent." Yeah, exactly. And this is why we realize that Clark isn't talking to Batman. And he also says, "You had Supergirl," <laughs> and I thought that was a good play. And I wanted him to go. Well, she kind of got pissed off originally because I put her in an orphanage. And also, and cousins. Then cut her out. Yeah, he used to cousin. be older than me. It doesn't really work out for the power <laughs> it's such dynamic. Such a weird play. And but you have to have something said about it so that people. Oh, what about? And he says she was more mature. This isn't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you know a young kid like a kid Flash Wally that you dealt with. And he says you have to let them be their own people. And that works well for Superman. It doesn't work well for a lot of Batman. It's real tough because Superman can still be watching from wherever. I mean, you can not helicopter while you helicopter if Superman, and he will be, and he's like there, and he can save and get there really quick. But I just laugh that he doesn't ask Batman, but Batman's doing his own deal trying to, you know, get things right and try to figure out. So you go and get the Titans I really like to think for the most part, he's just passing off like Boy Thunder is supposed to be Superman's sidekick because that's the whole idea of the Golden Age aspect. Or was it Silver Age? I don't even remember. I think it was Silver Age. But the idea of it, I just assume that Batman's like, all right, Robin, go off and do your Titan stuff. I need some Batman time. And like, you know, Boy Thunder, go do some Titan stuff as well because I need to do the Dark Knight nonsense over here. Probably. And again, I think that Batman's one of those where I think he already did what maybe Clark asked him. Said, can you take him out a little and you take him to the sewers and show him a cannibal? Sure can, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I can. And then he like comes back. Hey, how was it out with Batman? He's a real stick in the mud. He's a real hard ass. But it it ends up where he is learning. But there is something off with him. And I said this last issue. I told you I thought there was going to be some darkness to him. It got a little goofy. I think that Mark no, Wade doesn't want to get too still. dark. Yeah, but he did end up kind of killing his parents in a goofy Spilled way. Soda on the rocket console. So. You end up there, and he's with the How do you think Titans. he messed up the rocket? How do you think he actually did it? I, I think that you're right. Just I think he might buttons? have. Yeah, they <sighs> didn't have a coaster setting, like one of those things, the cup holder. And he ended up, he was drinking his pop, and he spilled it, maybe <laughs> so kicked cold. something. I actually thought what was going to happen is, oh, no, everything's going wrong. But he was messing around. He hit a button, and off he went to Earth. All of a sudden, it autopiloted the first yeah, ship. Yeah, that's oh, what no. I thought was going to be the case. I thought that that was what was happening. but. He just then, it, it is a weird play. Like, what really did he do? How did he mess it up? It's going to be one of those things where you'll eventually be right. Like, this is a little bit of opening up. Like, I had this terrible survivor's go. Turns out I killed my parents, but don't, it's not what you think it is. It's really nonchalant, innocent until later on. All right, now I'm really going to open up with you. I got a hatchet and gave them 40 wax and then stole their rocket I ship. I was thinking about the idea that maybe we'll find out more. It, it, that would feel weird after this issue. And then all of a sudden, oh, by the way, yeah, all of a sudden he's Lizzie Borden. And, you know, you're like, oh, my God, I don't think you'll get that. I think that this is it. Turns out in my world, I'm the rat catcher and I ate him. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, my God, the rat catcher. I'm hungry again. But he is a little over the top. And you get this play where Roy thinks it's the greatest. Like, those two are going to go 
if, that's if because you, he's over the top, and Roy's best friend later in life is going to be a Jason exactly. Todd figure who's just type. like Boy Thunder. He has a type, and it, the it, bad that boy. plays out. It made me smile, and I thought, boy, if Boy Thunder, that's they, th- they get in a lot of trouble together. These two. I just know if Roy's listening to a boy band, he's always going for the bad boy aspect of that no, boy that's band. True, he's, he's Marky Mark's going brother, for Joey. Donnie Wahlberg. I'm Marky Mark's brother. Why did I just say I said Donnie. Joey? It was Donnie and not yeah, Joey. Yeah, Donnie Joey was, was the, the bad guy. I love the yeah. bad. The bad, bad guys boy. always rap. Bad That's boy. always the thing back in the day, at least. The bad guy wrapped and maybe set hotels on fire, right? That's what the that's what he did, though, Eric. He can't escape that. You end up here where also so wasn't, than his wasn't a great dancer, but you know, he did his thing. Yeah, really. Uh yeah, his brother did some really, really bad things. So in all that, you have them hanging and it does feel like we said this before, anytime we advertise on here, like this should be a book. This needs to be a team. This is really cool. But you end up where Donna realizes there's something wrong. He's not telling us everything. That boy got a darkness you got to watch out for. Because he is a little bit over the top. But the over the top, when you find out, I really think Mark Wade wants you to not think he's a psychopath. It's just more about I'm not going to let anybody. That, Mark Wade. I think everybody's yeah, exactly. a psychopath. That is true. And anybody with a mask like that, I start to think of Valmont. I think of Ghostmaker. I, I think of all these things. I'm like, they're all psychopaths, Eric. So he's a little over the top, but it's because he Iron doesn't. Finger. I'm thinking of Wu Tang. I'm thinking Iron Fist. That's what I, they used to call me in college. Eric, old Iron Finger, they called me. Uh, I wasn't subtle with it. I don't know no. why I'm saying this. It's very sus. Uh, but you have this. He's not gonna. He's not gonna leave anybody behind again. He's not gonna let a little goofing off. Come between him and his living friends, and he is a little bit over the top. And they are giving him some leadway, and they should. This guy's from another planet. Who knows how they say hello there, Eric? He can end up with a punch in the face. Might actually be sending him. Oh, that was Batman. Yeah, so he might kick people in the nuts. But yeah, they're getting along, and I love that. I'm telling you, I love Roy. (laughs) He has his arm around him. They're they are fast friends, but it really does show you that if and when. Something does happen with it. It's going to take Roy a while to get his next best buddy come down the line. He's looking for a bad boy now. So it does make sense. But when that happens, you do end up having Superman come. And yeah, about the, Sexy. About the meanest looking or, you know, very angry and like, come with me, boy. And he grabs him. I love there where. You know, can't Grayson. lose control, David. We freaking we take one life and it's all over and stuff like that. We can use force, but not excessive force. Yeah, yeah, and that's a good talk. I love where Dick Grayson's not here. Take him off with, but the way he takes him, it's just the same. I mean, it goes away. It's oh, oh my god. It's it really feels like it's when you sleep over a kid's house. You know, your buddy. Why I said stop doing that. <laughs> you know, you sleep over a kid's house, but you sleep over your buddy's house and he gets in trouble. While you're there and he's getting yelled at, it's like the most uncomfortable thing ever. And I'm so bad with small talk. There's been times where this has happened when I'm there and I start trying to make jokes. Oh, you're that guy. Yeah, but I can't. Keep your mouth shut, Jim. Just do it. No matter what. Or the worst is, too, I end up Eddie Haskelling. Yeah, you know, Pete, you should be listening to your mother. (laughs) The The dead silence that happens the most really throws me off, but. But you keep doing it. And I did it yesterday. You know, I slip over that kid. So you end Stop up where it. him and David are talking. And that's where David, you know, comes clean. Listen, I, I have to tell you that everything I said about what happened to my parents in my world, it's not completely true. They made a rock. And it's one of those things where the big joke has been a lot of times. Why did, you know, Jarrell make a rocket for one? 
Why didn't he end up? Well, the, this guy, David's dad and mom, they made a rocket for three. They were going to go, and he was goofing off. But you see him in there. I mean, look at him pressing them buttons and stuff. Why didn't they lock the door to it? Why did they let him in the lab? He's a prankster. He's the Ashton Kutcher of, of his world. He's punking everybody, including his mom and dad, are now dead because, yeah, he had to go off. They only ended up having time to make a rocket for one later. Again, kind of a weird play, but you go to downtown Gotham. Now we get back to the main thing. Now that and now we, end we have up- a gigantic door that's larger than life that's going to release the Gotham River into downtown Gotham. I'm like, a bunch of things. I know we're doing some magic dimensional doorway kind of stuff. How did this thing get here, though, to begin with? I don't know. And then the people, it looks like a Stargate. It, it does. Up, it's but then there. on top? Yeah, it's there. And then there's some wackadoos in town. I know that weird stuff happens in Gotham, but they're like, hey, what's that? What? You mean that big slab of metal in the middle blocking the road? I think it's an advertisement. Really? Like, wh- wh- what do you think they're advertising? <laughs> I want to ask that guy. What are they advertising? Come on now. But yeah, all of a sudden it opens and out comes the water. And it is this dimensional gate that is taking the water from the bay and the river into downtown Gotham as what the key says. You know what I call this? I I thought there was going to be a riddle here. I really thought it was going to be some sort of wet pun. Something like that, and he just says it distracts. He's not an asshole. I know, it just was weird. Like, you know what I call this? A wet Thursday. I don't even know what he'd say here. But yeah, you end up where him and Joker. Yeah, you know. A wet blanket. But Joker says a work of art. So you end up having that. You didn't even get one like Cry Me a River or something. It would have been cool. Speaking of boy bands, that's a Justin song. So you end up where they have to stop this. They have to figure it out. And this is where I said it took a little step backwards because this whole thing, it didn't feel big or smart. It didn't feel much of anything. It just felt like they were doing things like I didn't quite get the concept no, of I, everything I agree, that was happening. You have a dimensional doorway that's flooding Gotham. The way we're going to fix this, uh, we've got to think fast. Superman, he's going to go and do a cyclone on the, at the Gotham River on the other side and suck it into the clouds. So everything that's been flooding Gotham right now is going to be reverse sucked back through the door somehow and just stay right there all fine. And we're going to close the door by just launching the Batmobile into it. And for some reason, that closed the door and everything's easy peasy, lemon squeezy, good and over. But the problem is, during this whole time, we'll have to like man. a big old distraction for Batman and Superman for the Joker to come out and grab, you know, grab Boy Thunder. And for our big old cliffhanger where Boy Thunder is lost to his heroes, looks like he's been jokerized right away. Yeah, he's in Piece trouble. Piece of shit. Piece of shit. Nerd. And when the Batmobile went, and this is kind of the uh, charm of this book and the appeal. So I don't want to say that, you know, I think it's the most ridiculous thing. But seriously, that Batmobile launching up and hitting that, like, it really feels like just a kid there with a place that making things that, that are Robin, really crazy. Movie. Yeah, it feels a little too much. It feels like it's almost to the point of, Really? Like, that's a little fun. And I do like you, you get that play still of like, no, you can't drive. That's a classic. That's a classic. Pretty deal cool where car. Comes down. Can't drive it. Yeah, yeah. So you have that going I tell down. You, at this point in time, you can just have George Clooney saying, it's the car. Chicks dig the car. Actually, no, that's freaking. good. That's even Robin says that about Batman. And that. Yeah, exactly. But it, it does feel like a little too hokey, a little too cheesy the way it played out. But it, uh, to me, it still does feel like you have a matchbox car. Like, boom, and that works. And there you go. And they hot end wheels, up. Jim. They end up. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> it's so funny. That I, the hot wheels are the better. So you end up where they're there. They're trying to recoup. Okay, what happened? 
And then all of a sudden the Joker grabs David And like you said, immediately into a room filled with Joker talking And it looks like Joker gassing his Joker eyes That's not good That is not good at all It looks like there's some big problems for uh, David So we'll see, we'll see what happens See how this, you know, kind of goes uh, But what would you give it? Ultimately, I think the art in this is the biggest Like, you know the best part of the book overall, this book will always look amazing. You can give ourselves the most ridiculous dialogue, the most ridiculous concepts, the most ridiculous plot. The art is always going to make this book shine brighter than most of DC comics that they're putting out right now. Most of the book is fine, but the idea of like, you know, just jumping scene to scene for the, oh, we're still training old David Th- Boy Thunder, and we think he might be dark, but it turns out just more of like, you know, survivor's guilt. I don't know. It was a pacing issue to what's going on here, but the scenes you have with characters, the characters really shine out like the art. I am here for that. The art and the characters for the plot can go wherever it wants. Ultimately, it doesn't feel like it's going to go most places that I want it to go. It's just, you know, we go from point A to point B in a way that doesn't really matter. Ultimately, it just happens. And I'm okay with that because I can still enjoy the book for how it looks and how the dialogue works with the interactions of the characters. So 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'm a... I'll go 7, 8. Uh, Maybe I could even go to an 8. I really do like the art and coming up. Dan Moore will be leaving the book, and even Mark Wade, maybe. Nope, I don't know how it's it. going, but because they're going to go off and do the Shazam book and things like that, but he already Double announced duty. that his time is coming. He's also doing, I think, art on something else. It might be that uh, Brave and the Bold as well. Uh, but Yeah, I don't remember which one it is. I know Dan Moore is doing something. Yeah, Degrino. he's doing a couple things. He is, what it he's is, definitely but... doing the shazam with mark wade but i okay. think he might be doing also that's gonna look amazing uh, a bit yeah it'll be great i can't wait for that that's gonna be you know great and like you said i think that you have to get into that mode and most people are but when we're reading all these books and going the way the plot progresses in this it is kind of a secondary thing of okay what are they gonna fight this week or this month to get to the character moments and to get the thing going and a lot of times it isn't the most important thing in the book. Like, you end up going and you see a pirate, you know, I was going to say pirate ship, but pirates take over these guys. Really, that doesn't really matter. You get to see Flash and Superman together. You get get all that wrapped around that bit. But sometimes in an issue like this, there's a little bit too much of that. We end up having a couple different scenes that you're like, okay, that was okay. But the whole thing with the water and the deal, I know it's a distraction, so it's not supposed to be the greatest of plans, but it kind of threw me off. But yeah, I'm going I'm to actually be Mr. Positive. I'm going to go eight. I want to know how you set it up and how we actually defeated it, because I have no idea how any of it was done besides for some magical angler. I mentioned the idea of why and what, why did they want to get a hold of David? What's the thing about that? But also, like, how did they get, get this thing started together? You know, there's Joker, there's the key, we're there, hey, everybody, let's go. And, but again, you know that's just You know what the Joker there. hates more than anything? Locks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... I'm going to go eight, though, because the art is so good. And some of those moments, I, I love the Titans in the book. They they are so good to the point where I love when you have a book that characters in it are so good that you want a separate book with just them done when you read it. So I'll give it that. But we'll move on to the next book, which is what? Stargirl, The Lost Children, number one, written by Jeff Johns with art by Todd Nock, Matt Herms, and Rob Lee. And for this, we're picking up where we left off in the Stargirl Spring Break special because we have lost children throughout the ages, Jim. We got to go out there and find Wing and the person who's keeping him who could possibly be the child minder. Oh my God, a child minder. Yeah, you end up with those babysitters. If you ended up not reading the Spring Break special, you should read it before this and even some of the Flashpoint Flashpoint Beyond. Beyond. Yeah, because. 
you end up having. But these you should characters. even read like one issue of Flashpoint Beyond before you read this week's Flash. Exactly. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. Uh, you end up where again, I think the art's great in this. I really like the different styles. I, I'm telling you, it's weird because I like the way things look. I just wish it would have gone for a more contemporary style than actually like trying to look like the colors of the era no, kind of thing. When you come back and we talk about the age, little. I want it to be brighter for some reason. I want it to have that slick, clean look and it just yeah, it I looks really great. Like Don't it. get me wrong. It's just dull looking at times the way the color palette well, is. Well, I mean, some of it is going back to 1942 and that stuff, exactly. I think it works out well. I want it to shine. I want it to have the shimmering. But you do get the shimmering a bit more when you get to the regular deal. And it does feel even like a, a Young Justice art from back in the day in my mind and even a Starbill stuff. So that makes sense. But I, I liked it. I thought it was really good. And I get to the point where at the end, I'm really excited about this book. I'm excited to keep going. This issue is just the setup issue. You're going and you get everything kind of set up. I like everything that you is set up. You want everything right away here? I, I didn't get as much of a wow feeling by the end. That I thought I would, but I think that yeah. that's going to end up where it's more of a slower burn six issues. Just than for just some reason, out. because of what we've dealt with with the Spring Break special and talking about the Time Masters and what they're involved with with the 13 and the missing characters throughout time and what it means with the children that are missing on the in the periphery. But it still seems like it's, you know, connected to like we're talking about Dr. Baxter and the Flash book talking about hyper time. It feels like it has to do with one another, like the Flash, this and Bat, uh, Batman or Flashpoint Beyond have a lot to do with one another. And even the idea, and so because of that, it feels like we've been dealing with this whole idea a long time now. And my, you're done issue number one of a six issue mini, like, I don't feel like I got anywhere. Well, that's the, pro I think that that might be the problem. First off, you end up where not everybody's going to read everything, though. This never felt like it was really, you know, bogged down by recap. Uh, but you are really forcing that idea of sidekicks, the children, like you said, because they are going to go out and kids, trying David. to get them. It is the kids. And so I think maybe I wanted a little more of Stargirl or so. I wanted to get a little more of a feel for her in it, of Courtney, especially because I don't have a ton of background with Courtney. Get to read in general. I know. Well, I, I ended up where at one point I was going to do like a reading club of that thing. I'm like, I already have too many things that I'm behind on. But I, I want to get more Stargirl. I don't mind that she's hanging out. With Red Arrow, though some people question why that was and how that it. came about, I thought it was good because that we was a great thing that, that was explored too. in the Spring Break special because of what we had with the Seven Soldiers of Victory, explaining how Speedy and Green Arrow that we know today, a modern day one, went back in time and they were also the Golden Age heroes that everybody remembers from the Seven Soldiers of Victory. And because of all of that, you have Emiko Red Arrow, who's the newest sidekick and sister of Green Arrow. She came to the most latest meeting talking about what happened to TNT. I'm sorry, not TNT, freaking um, Crimson Avenger. So you have all that going on, which, you know, brought Courtney and Emiko together. It was a great little, like, uh, combination of bringing Stargirl and Emiko together because, you know, Stargirl has been in the background for the longest time, not really anybody doing anything with her. I don't know if this is because Jeff Johns called dibs because it's his character. Nobody really got to play with it. I don't know, but Emiko Queen as well, because there's no Teen Titans book, she doesn't really have a lot to do. You know, she's not going to class. It's school in July. Nobody's yeah, going to class. She's got no class. But right? these two together, it's a great combination that I never saw coming, and I like them working, especially because Emiko, who is really she was almost like a dead mother type aspect to the Teen Titans that we had before because she seemed the most mature out of all those newest recruits to the Teen Titans. And here, she is the bad influence on Courtney. I like this dynamic. I do too. And uh, it's also, if you're going to go with that, you can almost assume that you might get some of the other characters too in that that might pop in and out and whatnot. Nah, so I think that'd be cool. to herself. You think she's keeping it to herself? She's I not don't blowing know. this friendship by bringing we'll around. We'll have to see around. what's going on. But I also like this idea where 
Now, Kid Flash, do that. What little I have with Courtney, I know one thing. She's always getting in trouble. She's always getting grounded. She's Poor always teenager. in detention. Yeah. So, but I do like this idea where you're playing sidekicks. You're playing, you know, this whole play, but you're also giving good character work with Courtney and Emiko with that play of, hey, I don't have friends and I want to hang out with Emiko. And then her parents are, well, no, I can you be have myself friends. around her and I can be Stargirl around her. I don't have it anywhere else, mom. But you also, your grades are slipping. So you don't get to hang out with the Emiko queens no more. And I like the reverse deal where they actually say, no, that's not really true. You actually have a lot of people you can hang around with both. And she says then, well, Emiko doesn't. You know, that's really the deal. She Boom. went, I'm telling you why I loved Poor it. It was, it was such <laughs> a good, I know. It was such Poor a good crush. teenager moment, though, with the idea that you have that on the ready Mom, excuse. Have you seen her friends, the Titans? God. Yeah, really. I mean, one of them ended up killing a guy. I mean, seriously, he dresses Which up one? like a robin. But you end up where I love the idea that she did just blurt out the deal. I don't get that. Yes, you do. And she, well, actually, the real reason is Emiko. But yeah, Emiko being this bad influence. Is pretty cool. I think that once you get through the beginning, and I thought that that beginning art, it really wowed me. I really well, thought it was is, great. I'm I know you're you saying you didn't great. like it as much, no, but it looks great because it really reminds you of the era that it's trying to portray and stuff like that. For some reason, I always just like those bright, vibrant colors, and I wasn't getting it here because it was trying to be something that, it, like, you know, like outside of time, that it was had to be a dull kind of coloring. And it works. See, I'm telling you, this whole thing where you have, you know, Dan, the dynamite kid, and you have TNT here just taking down robbers who are dressed as the crow and the fox, you know, just who look like just Disney characters. They're just monsters with like Halloween masks on. And it's great. It's great old timey greatness here. And then it just leads us to the idea that, you know, the idea of what sidekicks back in the day, all heroes had sidekicks. And that's what made, you know, Sylvester different because he had an adult sidekick going into the legacy, bringing us as a good bridge to where Courtney is now as Stargirl and Stripe, her stepfather, Pat with Pat, yeah. This whole thing, though, was like I like it because the way it's being told, we're getting to see how things used to be through the eyes of Dan Dunbar, who was, you know, the um, who was t- uh, the the, Dan, uh, the Dynamite Kid, Dan Dynamite. I, I keep getting all messed up because I keep going to say Wing because that's our big thing that we're going for. But the idea of this, you have him going off. You know, he's still living there. And it's a great callback, too, to that Young Justice back in, like, uh, I think it was the year 2000. When they did the, uh, the Sins of the Youth storyline and you had old justice versus young justice. So you had all the old, like seniors type, you know, original sidekicks and stuff like that. Like even Doiby Dickel was there and stuff like who were there trying to say, who do you get off being called young justice? We're old justice. We're going to police everybody. We're gatekeeping this old justice thing. And how dare you, Courtney B. Stargirl? Cause my brother Sylvester, he didn't allow this. And it was, I thought it was actually terrible back in the day because old, like, you know, but I was now a lot you get a kick out of it, right? Yeah, it's fun actually calling back because it's so funny to think of because where we are, we're like 20 years, over 20 years removed from that story. We have Courtney still in high school. I know. And it's weird when she's telling it and even going through this. But what I liked about it, you are going to jump around in this book. You're yeah. like, you know, jump around. Hey, jump around. You end up, your pants are backwards there. And so when you're doing all oh, this. Oh, they are. Yeah. <laughs> when you know? you're doing all this, though. I think that that's a better play than I think people would get confused. You do spell out, hey, this is 1942, but I like that difference. It's like a flashback type art. Why not do it in the back of the day as you're telling the story? I, I just got a kick out of it. It's something that I always do enjoy. No, so. you, it looks great, especially when you have the whole dynamite ring thing go to activate, you know, your ring powers with, you know, uh, with TNT and the dynamite kid. When you have that going on. It looks great, but the single piece of best dialogue, it's entire book that really made me upset because I actually want to see more of it because it's something I always want to see. But 
the idea when Courtney's trying to talk to her mother about what she's been up to and how she had to skip some classes because I had to fight Solomon Grundy with Red Arrow. When did you fight Solomon Grundy? Um, on Monday, and you get the flashback. This is it's a spread uh, page, you know, flashback of them fighting, and I want to see this entire I story. I want to see that. The, the it looks so ever. good, right? I'm like <sighs> Grundy's oh always God. born on a Monday, Mom. <laughs> and that's the funny play is there are those lines, and yeah, that's a fan service deal, but it made me laugh. The idea. No, we fought him on Monday, Mom. He's, he's always born on Monday. Like, so it's like, you should know I'm this, Mom. You, Come on. That make, I'm telling you, I read that. It uh, took me back to what we used to talk about with that one story I wanted to write where we were trying to wrangle Solomon Grundy. Every time he's killed and then reborn, you have a task force that's like appointed. It's just like a bunch of stormtroopers who have the little like name tag on there that says, I hate Mondays. Yeah, I hate Mondays and go after it. And that's the name of the story. Eric. It all works out. But yeah, I, I like that. And I like the idea. Again. Where Jeff Johns is already showing you right away that there's the family aspect, which you do get in this, especially with Pat. And that and that is the play. But will here we get too. the family aspect? Because they're off doing, you know, they're thinking they're doing good parenting stuff. You gotta stop the superheroine and actually go to do schoolwork. And as soon as, you know, Courtney's sent off to a room, Heather goes right there. Time to go on an adventure. I got a new freaking like a line of where wing is. All right, let's go. And like, are we going to get a lot of Courtney's mom and Pat? I well, don't know. I think there'll be a lot of this. I think you'll get Pat. Well, and she even says, here. she even says, listen, you know, Pat, that's wing. I imagine you know, Stripe will show a full like robot suit and everything. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's your old teammate. And the thing is, you see the line that her mom gives that you realize there's trouble ahead because she says, listen, I can't really make you do this. Said, no, no, you can. <laughs> I'm telling you, this might be me as a bad dad, but I'm like, yeah, you got to get your kid to school and you got to get them. Inspired. There's none of this. Well, I can't really tell you or make you to go to school. No, there's ways. There's ways, Eric. But Are there? I, yeah. You end up saying that you're never going to leave this house unless you do. I mean, there's trouble if she doesn't. But I like the hot whole idea where she had been skipping classes. She even said, you know, I have calculus. I don't skip important things. <laughs> calculus is important. So no, when not. Emiko says... Hey, we got to get going. Oh, no, no. I promised my mom and dad that I'd end up, you know, focusing on school. School's tomorrow. All right. It doesn't take much. She's like, all right, as long as I'm back before, you know, sunrise. And so they go off. But you end up having all the stuff that we had in the special and things like that. This vision, all these things going on of the missing sons and daughters, the lost children. That does tie in well as you're reading this and really gives you that play that we had at the end of the Flashpoint Beyond as well of all these characters. And well, I it's do such like- a weird idea because I have to assume that it is combined because what we saw in the Stargirl special, you know, the Spring Break Stargirl special, when we had the idea of these characters, the lost children, the child minder, when all these original things were dropped on us just all mysteriously, like we got to go find Wing. Wing was a big one. But within those missing children was also Judy Garrick, which is crazy because then she became part of the 13 that the Time Masters had. So is the whole idea with Perdegaton, the Time Masters, and the Childbender, are they all connected? Yeah, I don't know because they're trying to do this unless this is like they think this is Childbinder stuff here, but some of it is, some of it isn't. And the weird you do part have is a lot too, of these characters that we saw in those tubes that disappeared. Oh, exactly. You ha- you have a lot of these characters on Dan Dunbar, the like you know old like TNT's like um I'm sorry old dynamites you know like his rape board right. It's not a rape board. I wish you would never call it that. I don't know why you'd have a board <laughs> Here's full the thing. of rape. I have actually had at least three issues in the past month that have this board. I will never say it when I'm doing board. it myself. I actually call it the crazy person board. That they end up with, once you have, I said, once you have string and tacks and things like that, 
anybody who walks in thinks you're crazy, I go with that. But when you're around there, it's the rape board because it piles you up. It. It's only with you. It's the rape board. But uh, you do have all of these kids, and I don't yeah. know how that's connected with the 13 that we saw before. The thing that I thought was pretty cool, it's kind of a meta thing, actually, where you end up seeing the rape wall. And you oh, have all it. of the pictures and things like that. And Children. They, they the start wall, talking. They start talking, you know, cherry bomb. John Henry Jr., like, I don't remember these. Why don't I remember these characters? This is weird. And a lot of people had that reaction when we saw them at the end of that Flashpoint Beyond that I actually, it threw me off where people were like, this doesn't make sense. I looked up these characters. They're not real characters. They weren't there before. They were taken from time. The way that it said it was taken from time. And I thought that it played out really well with that here where they are, you know, they're experts. They should know these characters. And, like, I don't really recognize which them. Which is weird, and, though, because they've been taken from time, which makes sense, so nobody would recognize them. But even when we had before, when somebody mentioned something about, you know, Jay Garrick's daughter, he's like, Judy, or something like that. Like, they still seem to know, but even when, like, you know, Red Arrow's talking about, you know, how Dan Dunbar has all these notebooks filled with stuff, even the idea that he has pictures of these kids, it's not exactly like they are erased from time, because is it the fact they were erased from time, but now they're newly reintegrated, so they're still here, but then lost again because yeah, of the child well, mind are trying to take them out of time once they've been reintegrated. It, I, it reminds me so much of the convoluted way that Wally ended up disappearing, coming back. They kind of remembered him or even the idea of rebirth. I kind of remember we used to smooch there, Dinah. Hey, I remember that too, Oliver, but it, maybe. And it, it felt like that. It felt like, hey, I kind of know that these are there and they were right. But then you say, like, where did they get the pictures? But th- this might be all, you know, it's timey-wimey stuff. It's going to end up being things because some people were lost out of time and even had little jumps where you even had Pat talking about that earlier when Courtney said, you know, that's your old teammate. The way it's so funny what all these characters were talking about because really, no matter what, we're going after Wing, who was the sidekick of the Crimson Avenger and stuff like that. That is the main driving force for Courtney and Emiko to get together and find these missing kids. Essentially just that one. Like, you know, we had Judy Garrick involved with all that as well. We even had Spirit in that one panel that we saw before, who was in Young Justice, Spirit, that Secret, who was in Young Justice before, who's gone missing this entire time. But now out of nowhere, it was like, out of all of these characters that we've talked about, we've seen pictures of, we had a whole spread at the back to tell you the who they were, what time, you know, but like back in the... The golden age that's a mystery to us because they were never in time until they reintegrated and taken out. But now here's this one. TikTok. We have the, 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 the uh, sidekick of our men. He was investigating like a miracle ship had gone. Then his, the ship that was on him and the ship disappeared. I'm like, now you're adding TikTok. Why was that TikTok involved in all these other ones? TikTok. Uh, we'll have to see. And yeah, in that they end up getting this message. It did seem like. Kind of like convenient deal. It oh, reminded yeah. me, actually, right away, it reminded me of that movie Frequency. Exactly. Where getting the deal. Dad's I'm like, talking oh. in the past? Yeah, I thought, oh, that's cool. That's Dennis Quaid deal. wants to talk to you from the yeah, 1960s. Dennis Quaid, he wants to talk to you. And uh, yeah, you end up It is weird when you had that because you had this mysterious voice coming through and we even saw the idea that the Spectre might be involved in this somehow. But he's like, Danny, next up the weather, we're all here. Did you hear that? It was. It said Danny, and the idea of like when it goes, and he's like, "You got to find them before." I swear it says, "Where's it at?" Um, she's coming. Find us before we're and Zold. I'm like, are we selling the children from I don't the past? Know. Oh my goodness, they're selling the children. Maybe. I mean, Zold. there you go. Zold, Zold, indeed. But yeah, you end up where he's, you know, giving this deal, and he ends up finding this island, and he's remembering everything. We have our two girl characters, our main characters, these teenage girls, breaking the Dan Dunbar's house because he has a lead on where the kids are and they want to take his lead. Dan's not there, so they just break in and look at his 
mystery wall. Well, Dan is already on his own on a freaking like a boat trying to figure out where this mysterious island, where the shipment of Miracle and TikTok went down. It seems that old Danny Dunbar has found it. It's just once he gets on the island itself, it becomes a reverse of that M. Night Shyamalan movie where it's not old, it's young because all of a sudden Dan Dunbar becomes young again. He becomes once he young puts again. on his TNT ring. And it's funny because when he sees that, he puts the rings on and he ends up, oh my God, look, I'm young again. This is great. I'm cursed. And you're like, you shouldn't have come here, Mr. Dunbar. Well, I'm no. like, Ooh, and then he yells, I do Which like that. Which is so funny to too. call back on old Justice and stuff like that because the whole idea that the sins of the youth crossover we had there, all the young characters became old middle aged people and all the old people became youngsters and toddlers and stuff like that. But like Courtney had to be the responsible one to take care of like a Jay Garrick and stuff who were just running around just like being mischievous. Okay, and that's cool. And I, I did like the ending, but I said before, this is one of those books again where I really wanted, but I don't know. I mean, I wanted more. I wanted to see more of what was going on. It has we to be intrigue, and don't, I really no. had fun. It's all about the intrigue, but you have still have no idea what's really going on here. Yeah, yeah. but like we just said about The World's Finest, the idea of Emiko and Courtney I thought was great. I really liked them oh, together nice. trying to solve this. And again, they're going to try to do this in one night so they don't get in trouble, things like that. They but then gonna. even... You know, and then you end up where that's where I think the Crazy basis grounded for life. I think Pat's going to have to go to her and find out because he's definitely involved in this. And she even threw shade at him. This is your old teammate. You don't care. He seems to want to move on. All that. But old Mr. Dunbar, he can't move on. And Look, he did find this island. I mean, Pat, you end up to where Pat's, he found you know, defense here. He has seen the grave of Wing. He knows that Wing is dead and buried. So there's nothing more that he can do at this point in time, except for this ghostly message that she had during the last like pseudo, not hyper time, but a displaced time adventure they had during the spring break special. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because as we were talking there, I saw him like, is that another guy? I think it's just his costume that is washed up. I'm sure I'm like, is that a mangled up guy over there? But yeah, he ends up not there yet. and there's somebody else. You know, you shouldn't have come here. But that's one of those where you shouldn't have come here because now we're stuck. You shouldn't have come here because, you know, we're in big trouble. Whatever. Or or it could be even more. Yeah, yeah. And it, or it could be even more like, you shouldn't have come here now. I'm going to kill you. We'll have to see how it is. But he does look Turns concerned. Out, this is the island sad. of Lord of the Flies and you're piggy, Danny. <laughs> yeah, he's like, and I'm now going to crush your glasses on purpose. Boom, done. My glasses. I can't see without my glasses. I hated Lord of the Flies so much because of, I know, I, I, of those glasses. No, you the just thing is, I was a fat kid with glasses, and I'm like, if I'm anybody on this oh, goddamn island, I'm always going to be picked. They started yelling out to you. You weren't Balthazar Getty in that no. situation. Uh, but I do even like the progression, and now Jeff Johns, he's really good. I mean, obviously, he's a good comic book writer. But you have that deal that it doesn't feel forced. Like, the idea of them, like, hey, here's this X marks the spot in this map, but there's nothing there. And then you go and see dunbar doing that i thought it was a really good play but at least they know where he might be at at this point they're gonna have to figure out how to get there all and that what. queen industries money to get a jet a speedboat something yeah, there. i mean really every anything they want so you'll have all that but what did you think by the end what would you give it well even with my complaints about the idea where i wanted the colors to be brighter and not as dull i know what they're going for and it still looks great even with my complaints in that aspect and i like the story a lot because i've been waiting to pick up this story beat Ever since we got done the Spring Break special and even going into Flashpoint Beyond, I've been excited for even the JSA book for the most part. I'm really looking forward to this. I just wish ultimately we got more here because as a number one, it's kind of weak sauce exactly for what we're going for. You know, if you haven't read the rest, even though I have, I'm like, 
I wanted just a little bit more because it feels like a carrot that's been dangling in front of me for the longest time. And I keep reaching for it and it still keeps dangling. And I'm like, we have six issues of this. Yes, this is the first issue. You can't have everything all at once. You can't be a gym warning no, about this I all the time. I just was going to say, what are you? You're not but, me. I'm sorry. I, I just wanted a little but bit more. But it doesn't feel still, like the first issue. That's the, does, There's yeah. been some setup. So exactly. you kind of do want some but more. But I still liked it a lot. A 7.8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going 8. I'm going, I could even, again, I could go up a little. I will. 8 two. Because I really like the art. I'm really intrigued with what it's going. And it did have the feel that I was hoping it would. I ended up liking while I was reading it. I had a smile on my face. Again, like I do with World's Finest for the most part. And a, a couple of other books this week. It's one of those. I haven't had a bunch of books like we had this week that I actually had a good time reading. And I had a good time reading and it continues this. On, I was, right? And yeah. Well, not the next book, but oh. the next section there are. And it's one of those things, too, because I'm reading this. And obviously, when we're doing the podcast, there are points and books that I'm going to have to rely on you more on. And this would be one of them. I told you, I don't know a ton of, you know, the whole deal with Stargirl and some of the, you know, All-Star Squadron and the Jet. So when I Seven went and read it, though, yeah, all that. And so when I'm reading it, though, I didn't feel as left behind as I, I was afraid. I have read the books going into this, but even no, everything, the character exactly. stuff. Like the character stuff, you've already known because I've been dropping those throughout I know the it no enough. time you've been reading. Yeah. But I like the idea where that's what I think Jeff Johns does well at points is he doesn't just rely on, hey, look, dynamite, right? That is not going to go. No, I end up getting a look at that character as if, you know, I did read something in the past or I know enough about it because I got the character work from it. And even the idea of Emiko and Courtney, I think that that was a good play because a lot of people either know either or and you're getting the other one. So you get a combo. So I was really liking it. I liked seeing Courtney with that whole juxtaposition of Emiko, Emiko being the bad girl. And yeah, I, I had a good time with it. I even liked the family part where it was real quick, but we go off. I really liked it. Now the next book is not good. This huh? is not good. Eric. It's a big what Dark is Crisis tie-in, Jim. It's Dark Crisis, Young Justice number six. Our finale, written by Megan Fitzmartin with art by Laura Braga, Luis Guerrero, and Pat Brousseau. And in this, we finally come to the conclusion of what our team tit- our team titans, are, which should be the team titans, our Young Justice have been up to during our Dark Crisis storyline, where. Mixelplick Jr., Mickey Mixelplick, has taken our heroes away from all the action, all the darkness of the great darkness in Pariah, and put the trio of Impulse, Superboy, and Robin into their own dream world of 1999, because that's where they really shine, and that's where Mickey likes it. And we have to be beat in the head this entire time. The entire series has been all this toxic nostalgia, all the stuff back that you liked in the 90s was terrible. These versions of the characters, they have grown since then, and the problem is, they're telling us that in the series, but the problem is they haven't grown since then, especially in the last decade, where you have stuck them pretty much where they left off in 1999 with the portrayals of Bard Allen, Connor Kent, and Tim Drake. Tim Drake has a new direction because he has a new sexuality that he's exploring outside of what he had throughout the 90s and in the 2000s. We're doing something new with that, but even Connor is stuck in his same look from like 1998, 1999. Impulse, he became Kid Flash. He had grown up to a great point in his career. He'd actually grown up to become the Flash, died and came back as Kid Flash. There was a lot of stuff. Now he's just regular Impulse again, and for some reason it seems like this book wants to yell at the fans because this is not what the great part is. They can grow and do different things, and I'm like, yes, they can. They did, but for some reason, DC, the people that Megan Fitzmartin is working for, decided... Let's erase all that and just go back to square one. And now we're being yelled at for it. And for some reason, Cassie Sandsmark, Wonder Girl, and our finale to this Dark Crisis tie-in 
We're just going to be told over and over again how the characters that we how love, the trio is. of Impulse, Tim Drake and Connor Kent, they're all assholes. And they Cassie Sandsmark has been the best all along. I'm like, that is a weird way to go for all of this. And it's it's such a weird combo. Here's, here's the feelings that I get from this. You're getting a bit of what I hate and what me and you have talked, and I don't think you like it as well. The idea of let's really shit on somebody or a team or a character by the end then. We'll show how great they are so that I'll make everything great. We already thought they were great before this nonsense. Again, this is, again, where you have the stuff with, you know, with Wonder Girl, it feels a lot like what Tom Taylor's been doing with, say, a Nightwing. The idea of, hey, everybody, look, but everybody who would like now, you've already shit on old fans so much, you've given them the middle finger, that they may not be around. But you know, as a fan, how great she is. There you go. So you have that. You're also... Trying to do a weird play of solving things. She's answering questions nobody ever asked. These things have been solved way before this. She has no idea. So you keep going back to things like, oh, that kiss and all that. Those were all resolved up until now. And the real big play that I hate with this, what I hate about this book so much is you can make the play, you said it, where instead of saying that. These characters were awful back in the day and they never got away from being awful, which is not true. You can go with the idea that it's it's simple. You have them in this world where they can decide if they want to stay in the glory days of old Yor or they grow up like they have. And they say at the end, we've grown past this. We don't need this. You don't have to be toxic about this whole play. Like you said, you agree with the overall concept. These characters should have moved on. And, yeah, should, and that's they more did the writer's the problem. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's a whole, you know, that's what ruined it. Not the idea that they were pieces of shit back in the day. You don't need to do that. Yeah, they, you could have a little fun of it. Like, oh, man, did I really say that? Oh, my goodness. You know, you could have. But not center your whole entire story on it to get to well, the even end. The to idea say, where we're now apologizing for the way that we treated Cassie, because the thing is, when Young Justice started out, it was a boys' club. It was Connor, it was Bart, and it was Tim. They did all the stuff. They they reached out after that as things started growing, and they did give a bit of hazing and like like you know like cracking wise to these new recruits like Arrowette and you know and uh, Wonder Girl and stuff like that. Because, that. Exactly, and they even fell in love. And the point that we have to have Superboy. I'm so sorry that I was your first love because you deserve better. I'm like, yeah, we, we did a lot of that. We moved on. We had Connor die. We had Connor come back. We we resolved all of this until the universe shifted after into a new 52. I don't know why we have to talk about how terrible we were, even though we had talked about this and lived through this. And they are the best friends that there ever had. But at this point in time, before everything shifted, now we're just going back. Like nobody read the 2000s at all. Nobody like, okay, shitting. Yeah. And, and that's the problem is this is what it gets me. And you're more of a Young Justice fan and read all this stuff, all that. I prefer them as Teen Titans, personally. I do, too, actually, now. But you've read more than me. So you end up, what this feels like, and this is just how I feel it, it's this is the person who shows up and starts working with you. They end up getting hired. They're going to work with you. And two days in, they start throwing shade at you like, oh, you, you're bullshit. You don't know it. Like, this person has no idea what this whole job is. She shows up like this and starts throwing Shade at people who are fans when she doesn't even know these characters. She's telling you she's the one who seemingly either doesn't know or can't move on from something that nobody else had a problem with. 
that is so long ago and the people who like these characters are for that them loving each other and being a family and being fun and all that and yeah there was parts of the time and, and stuff like that but again i said it's the question nobody asked she's answering that and there's no reason to do that you just move on if you're gonna well, do just, this have them go into this world and actually say well, you know achieve we're, we're something this. in this go. whole thing because when bendis decided he was going to come to dc like i want to do a young justice book whether it makes sense or not and then we had this whole thing dangling in front of the idea there's something magical or something along the lines that made everybody forget that young justice was a thing and oh my god how could maybe explore what happened there and why nobody remembered what happened before or even the idea that you did have a teen titans group during the new 52 of different versions of these characters, maybe talk along those lines and how people could forget Connor Kent when he went to Gem World, something along those lines, because you brought them back in that Bendis Young Justice just to replay 1999 all over again. So are you yelling at us, Megan Fitzmartin, or are you yelling at Bendis, or are you yelling at the people who are yelling at Bendis on Twitter about the stuff he's doing? and that's the weird play. Like you said, you could end up having it where Oh, my God, you did it. You ended up explaining that all along it was Mixie Jr. You know, he was there doing this. He was kind of behind the scenes. Hey, I threw him there in Gem World and that dude. And then show, you no, know, it's tell, glory a sto- somehow. tell a story, though. In this, it just ends up where it's like, why come into a Young Justice book with an agenda that ends up really turning off everybody who are fans of this team? I said it. I say it every issue. The, it, the biggest issues that she has or seems to have with this are the issues that every fan from back in the day have. They weren't allowed to continue. They ended up being pushed aside. These are all the things. But yet she centers on toxicity and the idea that they didn't treat Cass. <laughs> all our heroes are pieces of crap, essentially. And now they have to apologize for it. I'm like, Why? And they're apologizing at the end. I mean, there's so weird a play in this. And I'll just ask you at one point. Where I think, like, who is involved and who came up with this. But you end up because you have Mixie there and he reveals himself. I'm the villain because I hate it. I'm going to end up making you do what I want. He ends I wanted up to making- be your hero and give you a world like, you know, I tried to play off what Pariah and the Great Darks were doing by giving the other Justice Lakers a dream world. So I was going to give you a dream world and be your hero where you could always be a hero. But if you don't want to accept my gift, I guess I'll be your villain. I'm going to freeze our wet in time. I'm going to make Tim Drake not have a mouth. I'm going to turn Superboy invisible. And I'm just going to not do anything to Bart because Bart, he can't do anything. But during this whole time, he decides Bart's going to stop time, lend Cassie some of the speed force so he can have a plan about creating a quantum entanglement to trap Mixie in it forever to get him out of the, the like the way, like, you know, it's going to get out eventually. But the idea, we're going to create a trap for him. But Mixleplex, such a jerk, he thought that Bart Allen was a joke. So he didn't even decide to take away his speed force powers. I'm like, that's the stupidest shit ever. But and in order Cassie for this, is a girl, so you know exactly. there she is, right? And in order for any of this to work, so we also have Red Tornado here. We're going to turn him human. It's pretty much all Red Tornado ever wanted because even this version of Red Tornado moved past this way well after his time in Young Justice to the point where he was human. It was great. It was you know the what the hell was it? The Tornado's uh, path and stuff like that that we had. I think Brad Meltzer wrote that. Such a great Justice League story. But this essentially is like okay. He's going to give us back our powers because then we're going to tell him that you couldn't face us with our powers. And when we do, with our powers combined, quantum entanglement. But even when you have the idea where they're trying to fight off, you know, Mixelplug Jr. here, and then Connor's invisible and he can't do it. But then he's able to hold him like, I know you're there, Connor, even though you're the invisibles. And when they're (laughs) fighting Mixelplug, you know, Robin is stuck into like a, a amber shell, so he can't do anything. It doesn't matter. He doesn't have a mouth, and it's such a weird situation. But we get to the point where he's it like looks Arts like, Face at one point. He is like Arts Face, 
But it, this looks like all of a sudden, like, okay, Red Tornado as a human is going to slap Mixelplick in the face while Wonder Girl flies down and uses her heat vision? Heat vision. That, that what was happened? what I was going to point out. I was going to point out the and idea. even when Connor is talking about who Cassie Sandsmark is and how great she is. Actually, I'm not sure if it was Connor, but it's one of the trio talking about how great she is for the fifth time. Then she's the daughter of Zeus. I'm like, well, she's the granddaughter of Zeus now because we changed it since then. She doesn't know. A heat vision. Right there, you're like, when the fuck did and she again, get that? Is this is that the artist problem or is that a writer's That's problem? That's where I said earlier I said I want to talk to you and ask you who you think done messed up and, and did that. And yeah, I actually think that maybe it would have been the idea of in a script and then she shoots it with the heat vision. I don't know that an artist I we don't know. We'd have to see the script, but somebody done messed up. And somebody should have caught that. That's not one of her powers. And then I got, I'm thinking to myself, like, did he say something that he didn't know? He just left her alone because she's a girl. Now she has powers that she doesn't normally have. They're solving problems that were already solved. You end up where all of this leads into a big piece of shit book that ends up being a tie into the big event. And you can't even get out of your own way. And yet. You're there on a soapbox talking down to everybody who was a fan of this book and you don't even know the characters or what they have done. Obviously, you're going to think that everything was toxic because you have no freaking clue of what they ever did and didn't do. All that stuff was solved years and decades ago. And you're here to, oh, I'm so sorry. Also, the idea where, oh, my God, there's Connery disappears. You're not even playing with the idea of. Oh, there he goes, Superboy, always running uh, off. Or I'm whatever. invisible, he just turns, and I don't have any of my powers. Yeah. But I can also catch Cassie when she's about to fall and tell her, "You didn't. I didn't deserve to be your first love. She's strong, like, independent. That's not she, even a clever thing, we right? Didn't, we didn't deserve her, but she chose us. I'm like, maybe get your ass together because you can carry, catch her and maybe punch Mix will put in yeah. the face. Just don't yeah, have this introspective him. moment just about how great Cassie Sandsmark is because your two other friends are going to have the same thing. And then you just have RT, like she read that. She knew that Red Tornado, tornado. RT, RT, RT. And you end up where he's like, I don't know about this being human. He's just standing there. I'm like, you still could do something. Go I and admit tackle being a somebody. human who is not useful at this moment. This is not useful at this God, moment. God, I hate this version of Red Tornado. Because the thing is, this was the version of Red Tornado in the late 90s and stuff like that. And I just hate him because he was just so android-like. And I just wanted – I always like the idea – of him being that android that wanted to be human that had like all the human features like you'd see when he was a part of the Just League. Like he looks, you know, like a man in a suit, essentially like a costume. This is just over the top android with the android dialogue. And I always hated that version of it. Yeah. And, and so at, at points even, and I know that at one point you get into the speed force deal. Hey, I, I gave you a little bit of the speed force. We're talking real quick. He doesn't know what not. But even at other parts, they're just standing around talking about mix. He's just standing around. Hey, you guys down there? Hey, what's going on? And then you end up, you know, the big deal, the big twist is, oh, we're going to get him with the thing we were going to get with him before. But now, now we're a team. What are you talking about? How can you get me with the quantum entanglement trap? I got rid of that. Energy can't be created or destroyed even by a fifth dimensional imp. And we're all just going to hold our hands out with the symbol here and you're going to be trapped away because reasons. Yeah. And so you, you just think of this whole book. You end up all this nonsense, the idea of this trap. Oh, you can't do it yourself because you don't have the power. Thank God you don't have a team around of other people, right? You know what I'm saying? You're not a team yet. Then they become a team, which goes completely against everything. Oh, the only way to stop him might be to say his name backwards. 
I don't know, but oh no, no, we have this. We're still going to use that. It, it's just so basic. So and the just, thing that I would have preferred to see is where we actually get a DM once we like you know trap mixy mix will click and a quantum entanglement trap. We actually have red tornado. We better get going because there's a big fight at the Hall of Justice, which he's been saying this entire time. You know what? We're going to go there. And we're going to show the generate like make sure the next generation of heroes doesn't have to go through what we did. We're going to be there for them and show them what justice can do. I would have rather seen how Young Justice in this incarnation, whether it's a, like a, a throwback to the past, that's how we're dealing with this team now, or just a, the iteration actually growing as people, I wouldn't see them in this fight and actually see them interact and do something other than have their own personal dream mode that's not connected at all and tell me how much of a piece of crap I was because I like the 90s. Yeah, I love when, when Mixelplick is Mixelplick Jr., uh, Mikey, he ends up. You know what's great? I, I ended up getting this idea because, you know, Pariah put all the Justice Leaguers in those crazy dream worlds where they got all their wishes. You mean they're I'm not like, dead? Yeah. No, they didn't. <laughs> they were that sense, too. And so you just there's there, there is a concept here that I think could have worked out. It just didn't because she ended up coming in almost like she came in with a vendetta or a grudge. I mean, she came in with this idea of just going toxicity. Old fans, you just Toxic don't nostalgia. know. Everybody was, you know, t- yeah, yeah. You don't remember how awful they were. You don't remember that you were a piece of shit for liking them. And then at the end, it almost feels like she either wants to weed those fans out, or by the end, you're going to be like, oh, you know what? You are right. They are a team now. And by the way, Robin, he feels bad for kissing Cassie, and they never worked that out, but God they did. <laughs> they did. Like, you end up where I so want somebody ago. to go, this was so long ago when we worked it out. We already talked about this. We already dealt with it because she obviously, and this is what it really worries me. Megan Fitzmartin is not a, a, a comic book writer by trade for the most part. She is new to comics. Somebody in the editorial has to be there to tell her, no, 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 that already happened. Are they the afraid to say really something? Editorial really dropping they, the ball a lot They've lately. dropped the ball on everything. They are supposed to be, that's like, they're on the, the goal line stance here for these continuity like, I, I, don't, I don't know if we were talking about it in our um, in our Thursday Night Spotlight or if we're actually talking about it later on because we're out of order of recording this week. But the idea that, you know, the the Clune Rats for their Wonder Woman, I'm not the Wonder Woman, the Batgirls, had no idea that Clue Master was still alive because it was something ridiculous that Bendis wrote. And now they're doing the same story over again. Like, like, uh, Steph has no idea that her father's still alive because nobody editorial nobody told, them. told them. And you can sit there and say all you want. Well, they're the writer, but they are like, there's always going to be the newer writers at DC. There's got to be somebody there to, that knows what is happening. What else are you doing editorial? It, it's it's a terrible word, but where's the gatekeeper? <laughs> it is. I mean, I say the goal line stands, I'm the key master. You know. And you're, the gatekeeping is nonsense getting through. Not the good thing. You have to have somebody there who knows these characters. It's, it's the same as what we say about some of these writers. It doesn't seem like you go with a pitch and say, Hey, I got this great young justice story. They just assign it. So if you're going to do that and these people don't know, somebody needs to know. It's like the, the whole thing with the Hellraiser series. Once it went direct to video after Hellraiser 4 Bloodline, the idea became through Dimension, you know, which is like Miramax's horror division. So it's Miramax. It's going to be terrible. But look, we got this Hellraiser license. We got a Hellraiser story. No, we'll just take that random one, put a pinhead in there and say it's a Hellraiser story. And that's how and that's how three so movies I were won. made. Yeah. And if you go with the thing, I mean, yeah, Bendis came to D.C. He mucked it up on the Young Justice team. We'll just keep it within this book. And he ended up even with that Clue Master had to kind of 
retroactively change do that. I saw, I saw his ass's throat get slipped by Lincoln March. I don't know yeah, how exactly. he was coming back from that. But he, he slipped away and he wanted to get away from the, of the Bat family. But the grind of Gotham. At least I can say there, hey, listen, it's Bendis. He's a big deal. He's getting paid a ton. You have a younger editor, maybe, and they're afraid well, to say anything. Time, I was used to disappointment from him. Yeah, but again, this is somebody who's a big, and they may say to him, Hey, that's not it. And hey, screw you. I'm Bendis. I, he seems like a nice guy, but didn't you see Bendis is here? Or Megan Fitzmartin needs somebody, and and you shouldn't be afraid to say to her, "Listen, I don't know what you're writing here because these things were resolved." And then if she comes back with a legit, re- okay, well, I'm playing this to do this. Okay, that makes sense. But what are they doing? I mean, nobody is letting anybody know. Jack shit about Jack shit. I mean, Just, they don't seem you, to know do the, the writers of DC Comics not have a DC All Access pass to the app. Yeah, well, like that or the one thing where I told you before, and it kind of seemed like really they're doing this now. A couple months ago, they did have a leak that somebody said they're putting a Bible together. They're actually getting the characters doing that one. thing that you think that they would have had all along. Maybe we just have to wait for that. But the continuity stuff, especially going out of an event, this is the stuff that you can't keep doing. You can't keep messing up. And this book has that extra caveat of, hey, I don't know anything about what happened before, but I think it was toxic. So I'm going to give you the middle finger and tell you your nonsense. And this is how it's going to be. And almost like she wants to be applauded for Tim Drake saying, Hey, uh, sorry about that kiss. You know that? No. How are you getting applauded for doing a repeat of something that happened before? Which is even That's crazier nonsense. because we did a repeat of it during the New 52 Teen Titans where Raven was manipulating their <laughs> minds. Yeah, exactly. I mean, seriously. But even then, when you end up where, you know, in the background of the one play, you end up having uh, impulse. But it's like, I hate snakes. Like, there, there's your little point there. And then you have Tim Jack. Tim Drake's in amber with vines around it. I'm waiting. I'm trying to figure out something like, does that mean something? Is that something like, no, it's just there. Connor's invisible just to be invisible. His powers aren't there. Cassie suddenly is the daughter of Zeus again and ends up having heat vision. I mean, how many more things can you fuck up? It's so Did ridiculous. Did you read the rest of the series? A lot. Well, yeah, so there you go. We end up having all this and this. Art looks great throughout off. besides for some of the continuity fuck-ups, like we said, with the heat vision and stuff like that. But ultimately, the art looks great throughout here, even though you're not going to get a lot of backgrounds. But the characters themselves, they look great. The art's vi- bright and vibrant, so I'm not going to bitch about that like in the last issue. But the story, the story and everything about it is so lacking. You want to read about this story? Go back to 1991 and read Young Justice number one. Just continue that series. Just pretend. Continue the series from graduation day. Go into Teen Titans. Just read all of that because there's no reason to read this because you're not going to get anything new out of it except for Mickey Mixelplick. Do we really need another fifth dimensional limp? Because we get three this week. 3.5 out of 10. I'm giving it a three. And a funny play is this week, if you look to see what was released by DC, they did release that, you know, first bunch of trades of the Peter David deal and things like that. That just go and read that. Go and read those. Just skip this shit. Or just and go on the app because you can read them all right yeah, there. Yeah, if you have the app, you can read them all there, which, like you said, I, I get the idea that some writers, they're hired, they don't have the time or whatever, but somebody has to do that legwork for you at least, where you hand in a script and they say, well, no, no, you're going to have to change this a little because this was resolved here. I remember this. Let me check it. 
nobody's doing that. Nobody's I'd be a passive aggressive asshole editor where they send in their story idea and I just send them back a bunch of links to different comic books that exactly. they should read. There you go. You send like a, I just want right, you to right, send look, them read these and then, re- and then think again if you should send me this story. But again, I mean, as an editor, you're there to make sure. And maybe there's even more people. Maybe there's a continuity kid. They kind of need it. But yeah, somebody's got to check Does through these children things. Work? Somebody, somebody's got to check through these things and, and they realize. They got a child minder over there. A child, Eric. It is. It's a <laughs> child. But I'm a three, uh, and that's with good art. I do like the art, and it just is a shame because I think that some Best people. Young Justice book going on right now at DC. <laughs> I don't know anybody because yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't have as much of a background as Young Justice, and I still hate this. I want to know somebody who never read anything, Young Justice. If maybe I just, they like I love it. these characters so much, like a Kyle Rayner and even the Ray when that became a thing. With the people have forgotten the Ray for the most part from the '90s when he was reestablished, but all of these characters were new and fresh when I was a kid, and I kind of grew up with them to a degree. So it really just kind of irks me when they're treated poorly by people like not even people who do it because they're doing it poorly and reestablishing stories that was already been finished for a long time now. But everybody else just like, you know, the idea of the story where these heroes have been forgotten, that irks me as well. There's a lot of things that irk me in this. I'm like, I just want these characters to be able to go out there and be the heroes they used to be when I was growing up. Yeah. And, and like you said before, just to reiterate, the whole play is you have a way going into this. Are you going to play it that? These heroes weren't given the justice they needed and they were forgotten. Or are you going into it saying, oh, they're forgotten because they couldn't get over their damn selves and they're toxic. And she went that route. I mean, they end up feeling route, like really. they re- they end up feeling like the, the friends that you had in high school that you end up seeing again. They still got their football jackets barely fit and they're yelling about Not what happened in friends. study hall. Right. So you end up where. Why do that? I mean, I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. And it's, it is the best of no worlds because I don't see this as getting new fans and it's really turning off a lot of other people and it's not helping the big event anyway. Shape or form. I mean, really it really is. is doing nothing. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I know. And that's part of the event's fault itself too. But we're going to go off right now. We had enough of that. I said we would have a pretty positive first section. I think we did until that book. I'm telling you, though, Jim, the thing is, you got to know how disappointing this book really is because you have four reviews on Comic Book Roundup with this, and the aggregate score is a six. And with all the high scores that all these reviewers give everything, if a six is your aggregate score, you got a problem. Yeah, and when you only have that few, it's the people, the usual suspects that will give everything a 10, and you have an aggregate score of six. That That is trouble. Geek Dad gave it a seven. Trouble. This must be Holy the biggest moly. piece of shit he's ever seen. <laughs> yeah, that's how you, you cut it in half and get your score. That's I think that you're the, the half the score version. You're the <laughs> Earth 3 version. Half the score, we call you. Now, the user the user score is a 3.9. Yeah, and, and you know, people end up jamming that. In, but totally. what happens, though, and I'll give the user score a little props at some point. Usually that happens when they've had enough and they're just like, screw this and, and really go. But I, that score is kind of accurate. That's what we gave. It's just not good. It just gives you that weird feel. It's not any sort of celebration. You no, know, it doesn't have to be, but still there are books that we talk about, like the two before this that really have that feel of celebrating, having fun with the characters. And then when you go into a book, six issues of being told you're a piece of shit. For liking great characters, that, that's not how I want to play it. But it doesn't. It's just bullshit. Why is it reverse psychology? <laughs> it might be. Well, I I think that what she Give tried. Me the I double talk. I, I'm telling you, at the end, I think that she thought that she ended up proving now I that they're did great, it. and this is the yeah. I, I'm telling you, patting herself on the back of see, I told them that they were bad. Now now they're great. And you're like, what? 
Like, no, you, you she can't didn't get do all that this. with her Tom King styles of storytelling. That's what it is. It's the deconstruct We're ruin these characters them. and bring them back to their status quo, and then tell you how great we made yeah, them. Yeah, these characters are an eight. You deconstruct them to a three, bring them back to an eight, and think you're going to get celebrated for getting back to the status quo. But no, you you fucked it up all the way. Bullshit. <laughs> We're going to go off now. Uh, we'll go off probably to some mail. I don't know. My computer is really having some problems. I ended up getting a new computer. And I'm almost at the point where it's a ticking time bomb. So we'll be back with something in just a moment. Decreased. The future was kind of shitty. Tom Taylor showed up, made everyone glad. Gave Dick a billion, and he's rooming with Babs. He saved a three-legged dog from boys who were bad. The sky. Was the limit Now it's the great Dick Grayson Fans service through and through Here is the great Dick Grayson So much better than me Ah, the boys who were bad, Eric. You always love the boys who were bad. And yeah, this, just like Donnie. This week, yes, yeah, exactly. The bad boy, the boys who were bad. You know they're rapping, Eric. They'll be the rappers <laughs> in that boy band. It always is. So you end up where we do have this section of books. And I said a couple things earlier in the podcast. The idea Hateful that things that would get him canceled in the yes. moment. He edited those parts out, but yes, now he has something new to talk edit about. Those out. Now, one of the things was the whole vendetta play and, oh, and whatnot. Man. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to start disregard with everything I said previously then. Yes. We're going to start with Nightwing. Now, don't disregard that. Just realize Keep that things out. go behind the scenes. Where's Jess to edit that out? You end up where, you know, that when this book came out, when the Nightwing book came out, and that's what we're going to start with, obviously, with that song. Uh, when it came out, I was really into it. You weren't as in, and we kind of flip-flopped, first, second issue, whatnot. But very early on, and I'm not 
patting myself or tooting my own horn here, Eric, uh, in a sexual way. But I ended up saying, like, there's something off here. The pacing's off. And people gave me a lot of shit. I'm telling you, I got a lot of shit. And then it was almost like a vendetta. But I love Tom Taylor. I love Nightwing. And I said uh, early on. You love Dick. Yeah, I do. I love Dick so much. And so early on, I actually played it off as the idea or maybe the explanation of it was, okay. And it's it was a funny thing because I got exactly uh-huh. what I wanted. <laughs> I'd always say to you, and the, my big joke was my favorite character of all time is Dick Grayson. All the iterations because of superpowers being a great guy. He's a great guy. He's a nice guy. And as we kept going, I just I kept saying to you, like, this is all we're getting. I, I understand that he's a great guy. It's what you ended up having Megan Fitzmartin trying to do about Cassie in that Dark Crisis deal where it, it had to move on. And you end up having the Heartless. He disappeared for a while. Then he shows up. Then he disappears. All this stuff going on. So I keep saying it today. I ended up being on the show and people were talking about this book and they ended up and I think they were coming to the epiphany of that. This book is just showing you the great. And it just made me think like, oh, man, people are giving me shit. But now it's cool to say it. And then we get into this issue, which is full out fan service. It's full. And I loved it, Eric. I'm telling you right now, I had a ball with this issue. It was so fun. Just it even doesn't the idea. change anything. It, the, no, whole play the whole play is. Thing is- you have a new character introduced, Olivia Desmond, the daughter of blockbuster Roland Desmond, who we've never seen before, who her soul was sold to Neron the Demon, you know, by Blockbuster years ago, probably even before she was born, to renegotiate the deal during like, you know, Hell Unleashed and stuff like that, uh, Underworld Unleashed. But it's just a, a young character who's just here and she's gonna go off and that's it. She is just here as a, a prop and then gone. Yeah, she is. But cutest button, Eric, and has some powers, right? But not only that. You end up where fan service of a wedding that isn't really a wedding. You end up having Bitewing who can talk. You end up where I Not actually, bro. I actually got a little ch- got choked up at points. I'm reading this when the dog and talks I'm here? sitting. Yeah, yeah I, I'm telling you. And in that, even the whole play of having night might, and it's something I thought I was going to get angry about. I kind of saw it coming. You know, we had all this going, and so when you do see what it is, I thought, oh man. That's a real lame explanation for Rick Grayson. But then even later, though, where Nightmite shows that he's a great, you know, imp. He says all those other imps are kind of annoying. And we've dealt with a bunch of them recently, and they do all suck. And, I love and, Nightmite. And, and Nightmite's great. And so at the end of this and reading it, I ended up having this real weird deal of you are giving me exactly what I've been bitching about from the beginning. But yet in this issue, I loved it. I, I actually did love it and had a lot of fun. Even the little sexy jokes that we, we were making on the podcast about that. Oh, man, what are you having sex in front of the criminal boss? and things? No. It just was a lot of fun. And it's just weird because by the end, I still you need to get going. You need to have yeah, a story. Right. But if on you're going to gonna the end review. up. <laughs> yeah. And well, yeah. And so even then, as I'm reading and you have this like wedding deal, I'm like, oh, Eric's going to mention that. It did kind of look a little like that whole, you know, death metal wedding as well. well even the, the idea where you have zombies, though, like right? Telling you, like, are, night, it's, it's so funny to me that Night might ship Starfire and Dick Grayson. Yeah, it's such that's a dick funny move that too. He, he brings her to this, you know, like pseudo like magical kind of wedding where. We just have Dick Grayson in a tux and his Nightwing mask. It's great. Then you have Barbara Gordon in her cow and cape but a white dress. I'm like, this is actually what I want out of this wedding for them. That's the weirdest thing. I, it I really- it's just a white dress, but it, for some reason, 
the juxtaposition between the darkness of the cow and cape to the white dress, I thought it looked really good. Now, if this actually would have went and they're like, oh, screw it, we're here, and they uh, they went with it, would you would you have been upset? Would you have been, oh, that lessons? Uh, I think it would have been fine. No, they should have just I'm, gotten married I'm already here. talking about the idea how they did this in death metal. I was fine with that. This is better than that. Yeah, I think that they should have they just done it. But it is Nightwing 98. Written by Tom Taylor, art by Daniela Adia Nucuello, Adriano Lucas, and Wes Abbott. Man, it's this thing. I've been bitching and moaning about the fan service over story, the idea that everybody's there to help Nightwing out. You get all of that in this, but this I don't mind. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was a really neat play. I was a little upset. I wanted a better explanation of Rick Grayson, maybe. I don't know what better one you could have had anyway. Uh, but when you end up where... Honestly, what did, what did you want out of the last cliffhanger where Rick Grayson shows up in his cab? I don't know how you, else you can explain it. I'm no Magical writer fifth here. dimension imp. Yeah, all of a sudden, or it's a multiversal thing. He's come because of... I've come from the past. I need your help. Something with Dark Crisis, maybe. So. But it works out. Hyper and you time. end up where you even get fan service because, hey, you know, you can't be here like that. You know, my identity, why not? Well, how about this? And you get the disco wing. And it's just fun. So, it's one of the best Nightwing costumes ever. I wish people would stop giving a I shit. I know. I like it. And, uh, but it has to, luckily, makes fun more of the ponytail. And like, how about Which this? I have right now. Yeah. So you have that. But I do like this I play, too, where it's kind of a cute little thing with Barbara. Like, oh, my, you have a nip now. They're all laughing at it. And he's embarrassed. It plays out really well. What's well, even funny, it seems like, for some reason, I know it's been here the whole time, but it really takes notice of this book and the art style, this whole thing. Once Nightmite appears, like I said, it's going to be before that, but it's when I took notice. Once Nightmite appears, the art still looks great, but it has more of a cartoony tone to it throughout. Well, it does. Once it's we a different artist. It's, yeah, not, but, it's not Bruno Redondo. But it so plays I think with that... the idea of playing with this almost chibi Nightwing kind of character with fifth dimensional cartooniness and the silliness of it. And the rest of the art plays out pretty well with that, even though when you do have the rest of the Titans and the Bat family that are magically snapped back into like not, not existence, but to where this is taking place so Nightmite can officiate the marriage between Nightwing and uh, Batgirl. I wanted it to look more serious for some reason. Like I wanted this to be something that you could put on a post on a post. Maybe that was thing, because they're going to do it later for real, and we'll see. I, don't I, wa- know. I wanted that like amazing art where everybody shows up, all the fa- like friends and family of Dick Grayson show up for this big wedding, and even the idea. Look, I know you got to play some things, and like I know that Jim Gordon knows that that Barbara's good. Why didn't Jim Gordon get stabbed here for his daughter's wedding? Yeah, it's weird. There. And I do like, though, where everybody's there and half of them are like, what, what the hell happened? John is, like, freaking out. He's like, "What? where am I? Well, the best is when Batman's like, I got a triple homicide to take care of. Well, you got an imp already? Like, holy shit, you're real? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. And even when you see that and when you go back and look at the beginning, you're like, there is Batman right in the middle. Just, like, really. And I think he's pissed because he... So you've developed an imp, huh? <laughs> he, he was the official deal in the death metal and now all of a sudden the imp's going i think he's upset but i like where he's just like really he even have flash they're like huh uh but i liked it i i thought that that was kind of cool and a, a kind of a, a funny little play to try to you know have some fun with this the rick race linda's stuff gonna be out. so upset that she wasn't invited and even yeah really and i do i do like as well not just having Corey there but even where you end up having night he's like i really do kind of ship 
you know, Starfire with him, you know, forgive me, but that's kind of what, what I do. dick move, though, for the idea of Nightmare being the biggest fan of Dick Grayson and, and Nightwing and stuff like that, where he's going to officiate the marriage between these two because they are love burns and the whole will they, won't they situation's getting a little old. It's funny that he ships, like, Starfire and Nightwing, like a lot of fans do. I see it on Twitter all the time. Personally, I'm a Batgirl, uh, like, Nightwing yeah, guy. Yeah, I like Batgirl. But yeah, I'm why would you? I, I'm telling you. There's no way that you can't in, not invite Starfire when the marriage actually takes place, but it seems really weird to put her front and center right here with Batman to see, hey, here's your ex-lover who you were just hanging out with. You know, while Teen Titans Academy was going on and this book was going on, at that point in time, Dick Grayson was both seeing Barbara Gordon and Starfire at the same time, and it seems really weird. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. are we ever going to dress that elephant in the room? No, I'm ch- no. We won't. And I think that it might be one of those if we ever saw Night Might again and you had that play next time he'll I mean, be shipping we? he'll be shipping Babs and, and Dick. I think it might change back and forth. He also has merch. You ain't gonna talk about Tarantula, that's it's for sure. funny too because we just talked about this with the creeper and his shirts and then all of a sudden you have Night Might with the shirts. Now, the one thing that I was hoping and it wasn't gonna happen, I always think this we thought this a couple of times. I really want it, though it's Blockbuster's daughter, she's there. I wanted it to be that girl from the end of the new 52 run that found out that Nightwing was actually uh, Dick Grayson. It would make no sense. Which 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 end of the town? The one from Spyro or the one in, like no, his, the one, his the Chicago original roommate? one who was in Chicago. When he okay. left Chicago, there was a, a little yeah. girl who ended up going into the, you know, the floorboards and finding the stuff. Every time I see something like this, I'm like, oh, it might be that girl. It's not. No one's calling back to Chicago. No, I don't even think anybody remembers that where he's sleeping on the couch. But I do like the girl, too. Yeah, you don't get a lot of it. and But it makes sense. It is that idea of such a piece of crap. Blockbuster, he sold his soul to Neron, and this has to be resolved. And that gives you the good reason why Nightmare well, isn't the just there. He sold, just... His, he sold his soul to Neron for more and intelligence. Renegotiated, right? And then renegotiated by selling his firstborn soul as well. Yeah, and so you would sit there. I actually thought that the play... It might have worked out a little better if before this we were told something about a firstborn because then you, I know you, you would have been like, what do you mean? Like Blockbuster had a, a daughter or a son? Like, where's tell this? Tell me more. Tell me more. And then getting into this, this would be the reveal of that. Then that would have been pretty cool. It is a little too quick, but I do like her. But I love, you know, yeah, get bite, bite wing. Uh, to go and help out, and I thought it was good. We see, like, we don't know who, like, you know, Olivia's mother is. We don't know if, you know, Blockbuster was even in the picture. Like, you know, Daddy Blockbuster's coming home. We don't know anything about this character except for it's Blockbuster's daughter, and her soul was sold to a demon, and now the demons are coming to collect. And that she has a little Blockbuster strength, which is really fun. But I want to have the moments leading up to this big moment here where you can see Roland Desmond going home after a long day of criminal careering, and his daughter is the biggest Nightwing fan there is, and it drives him fucking nuts. That would I be want fun. Those moments. I think that he's playing with that idea. I don't think that he even knew. We'll never know, or we'd have to no, find out, whatever. Not. But I don't think that he didn't. Because he had gold. no idea. Yeah, I, that would be great. Like, hey, what are you doing? Uh, oh, I'm playing with my. <laughs> the real <laughs> reason that, like, Roland Desmond hates Dick Grayson because he's trying to take Bloodhaven away from him, but he really hates Nightwing because his daughter loves him. Now, seriously. That could play out well, but I also would have... It, it's a great thing, and it, it actually shocks me because it's a Tom Taylor thing, and maybe we'll get this eventually. You know, you'll end up having Blockbuster come back somehow or whatnot. But that's what I said that he's really good at, Tom Taylor, because what if you ended up having Nightwing going and he ends up finding Blockbuster and he breaks into this house and he's there and he's playing little Nightwing dolls with his daughter, <laughs> like being a really nice dad and playing, though it drives him nuts. 
And then almost like that idea of not in front of my daughter. Okay, and then, exact. You know what? It would almost be like the whole deal with Kill Bill, where the girl comes oh, home yeah, and definitely. they're going to fight. Oh, where yeah. they're going to be like, okay, like, and there's Nightwing. They're having a tea party. That would have been hilarious. Roland's got a knife behind his back. Just go in the other room, sweetie. And then, hey, sweetie, can you get me that? They start fighting, and then they have to stop again. And each time the girl comes in and just out, like that. the room's destroyed. It'd be awesome. It would be just like that. But you don't get any of that. <laughs> the thing is, by the end of this, and that's where I, I loved every While I'm going through it, I actually was getting a little choked up with the bite wing, like good human and stuff. I don't know. It really got to and me. And not only the idea of a bite wing, but like, you know, a fifth dimensional imp, you know, magic to up bite wing, where now he's like a dynamite where he can talk. He has a mask. He's got a cape. He is an old school ace of the bat hound, but he is bite, bite wing kind of thing who can talk to Dick Grayson. So it looks like he even has more powers because his eyes are glowing at points and they're going to take on the demons together. That is a lot of fun, and it's even just it is fun. cartoony silliness, like, you know, 60s Hanna-Barbera kind of nonsense, but it works here because you have a fifth-dimensional imp. Yeah, it works the with the fifth-dimensional imp, and so when you're doing that, Ruh-roh. we, we let, yeah, that's all it is. That's how, yeah. If you don't, even I can kind of go with that, and I don't hear those sort of things in my head, but I did it myself, so I would hear it, but <laughs> just that play of, and we talk, we laugh all the time, the boys who were bad, these yeah. boys who were pretty much abusing. And you actually get a chance for Haley slash Bitewing to actually thank you. You feed me, you save me, thank you. And that was and really nice. And also then nice. see, you know, Haley use her lightning powers to shoot a demon with. Oh, it's great. <laughs> yeah, that's great too. But then the, this is the thing. This is the Tom Taylor that I do love because then he goes a little step further is when they are saying goodbye to Olivia, you actually then get night might to actually give her a hug too because they're the biggest fans and it actually makes it seem like both of them are very happy about that as well you kind of get that extra oomph but it i like but then by the end on top of everything else with this whole thing because you have dick Grayson doing normal stuff where he's protecting a mobster from you know being assassinated you get a fifth dimensional imp out of nowhere really putting a freaking you know a pause on our current story to do something completely different out of nowhere you have a fun adventure that brings up a lot of fan service, so like the stuff we'll talk about with Tom Taylor whenever we talk about Nightwing. But by the end, after all is said and done, you have a little funny thing with, you know, Bitewing and Nightwing taking out demons with magical screamer sticks that are activated when you say Nightwing is awesome, which is kind of funny because it reminds me of like what you have with uh, with uh, Jakeem Thunder with like so cool how to activate the genie exactly, and stuff yeah. like that. So it reminds me of those things. But by the end, with all of these things said and done. You go back to what we talk about, what, why you're a fan of Dick Grayson, and what we talk about in the song that led into this book. Because when it's all said and done, we keep Olivia safe. We're going to bring her to Teen Titans Academy of Raven, where she'll probably die. But we'll worry about that later <laughs> because everybody's in trouble over there. But then you just have the idea that Knight, Knight, like, you know, Knight Might is a fan of Dick Grayson. And Dick Grayson wants to know who's behind the mask and stuff like that. You get the, the greatness that is Dick Grayson, the great Dick Grayson, because that is his power, where he gets to talk to the split dimensional imp and just talk to him like, hey, I'm Dick Grayson. Who are you? I'm Dixel, and like you know, I just I just love be, like you know being around you and stuff like that, and seeing the things you do, you inspire me. Yep, and what's great about it, it almost is the imp version of what I love when Batman takes the cow off when he's going to get personal, and they take the masks off. He shakes his hand. He is a great guy. With that, even in the play, you have Tom Taylor, I think, almost playing that joke with this whole run. I'm sure he's seen some people or heard some people say it's all fan service. What now? This is the ultimate fan service, even to the point where. You're going to end up doing this. It'll activate this whole magic, but you have to say, you know, Netwing sauce to and That's that's great. And you end up, and it's just a lot of fun. And I guess maybe 
to me, yeah, it's still all fan service. I say all the time, oh, man, we get it over the stuff. But this is what the story is. This isn't just like, oh, we're going to save this thing. And all of a sudden the Teen Titans come in or the Titans and this. And it's like, oh, why? Are th- this is set up to be this. And it ends up where I thought it was played out very well. But by the end, as I said, I'm conflicted because now I'm loving something that I have been bitching about for a while. We have to get on you with the story. Flip-flopper. And when you end up, but at the end, when you end up, remember at one point I said that Dick Grayson definitely will try to be the mayor of, of Bloodhaven at some point or something. I thought we were getting that too, because he ends up saying, you got to, you know, step it up. There's a hole in the city. You got to be the thing that and fills it. needs it. you because Nightwing is awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, is that what Next up, the next issue of Nightwing, Tony Zuko's back. I'm like, okay. The return of Tony Zuko. Now, again. We got to move things on. You can't just keep parading stuff Are we going to talk in. about Tony Zuko's time in Chicago? Yeah. Are we going to talk about that? And also his, you know, half-sisters raised yep. by, you know, and there's a I'm lot of sure things we will. that will tie into that. So that's pretty cool. And Was there another Tony Zuko arc that I'm not thinking about right now? No, not like in this book or yeah, like overall. I'm saying like, like after the Chicago stuff, did we no, bring I Tony think Zuko it's just back to Chicago again? when he ended? Okay. No, because the book ended and then we go. Because you had Sonia Zuko over there as well. Yep. Yeah. So. You get a lot of stuff here, but I like mostly all of it. I like the fan service, I thought. And even little things. I, as an idiot, at one point I said, when they have the wedding, do you think that old Haley will be the flower dog? And you're like, no, it'll be the ring bear. How does a flower dog work? She's the ring bear. I don't know. You said that then. I'm like, I don't know why I thought she'd be the flower dog. But yeah, you have the ring bear, and it's so cute. And even Barbara points it out. So it's really neat. And even Batman. While it's just like it doesn't mean anything, but I got to triple homicide. I got to go. It's so Batman. But yeah, we'll see. And this, it's a weird play that a lot of people thought I did that issue number 100 would be a wedding. And now at 98, you get kind of a in and out dupe. Uh, I don't know that maybe 100, because they say it's not the time yet. Yeah. And you have that fun play too. Well, so that's we'll the see. thing is a will they, won't they? They're still doing it here where Nightwing says it's not the time yet. And Barbara's like concerned when she hears yet, like, oh my God, he's thinking about it. And it is funny where you even have, and I like the way that Night might, he is a little like, he's not exactly the, you know, most innocent. Cause he's like, you know, they're always saying, will they, won't they? Well, obviously you have. And a lot of the things just seem like maybe Tom Taylor was even. You know, playing it up and poking fun at himself for some of the fan service stuff, too. So I thought it was really well done. And that, that Bitewing stuff with Haley, I thought was just great. I loved <laughs> it. And just, I thought, I, I, nobody would have known because I really let you talk then. I got choked up again. Oh my just God. saying that, that the dog ends up being able to say thank you. I mean, I was abused. You ended up saving me. And you're there for, I thought that was really great. That's the kind of fan service that I really do like. Dog abuse. <laughs> it's very quick. I mean, this goes really, yeah, yeah, that part. I wasn't talking about that part of it. I'm, I'm talking about the part I really half. like about fan service. We talk about hurting dogs and they have an ability to tell me thank you, you egomaniac. When everybody gets, like, you know, blinked in, mm. boy, Damien is pissed. <laughs> He's ready to, to kick ass. He's ready to hit somebody. So that was pretty funny. The most chill besides Batman. It's Jason Todd. He's just yeah. there, and he's like, all right. And also, he's in the proper uniform that I like and not the newer one they have. Isn't that good? He's back there, and you're like, and, and you can even go with the idea that Knight might made sure of that. Yeah, and when right. he blinked him, and he's like, I want him to look good. Uh, so what would you give this? thing is, I like the art, even though it's a cartoonier style that I like for this book, but it works with the story there, too. Like, 
Overall, there's not much to this. I'm telling you, you have a tie into Underworld Unleashed, which I love. I don't know if there's ever going to be any ramification to this. Olivia, she may never come back. It, she's a prop, essentially, throughout this whole thing to tell us how awesome Nightwing is. But I swear, every issue of that, that's the purpose of every issue, because that's mostly what we get. This is a fun little romp, though. I'm going to have a 7.8 out of 10. Yeah, it's I'm not a nine. great, but it's, uh, it's serviceable. I love it. It's very fan serviceable, Aaron. I, I really liked it. For some uh, deal, I was really worried and about the Rick Grayson like, stuff. I'm and upset the- about the imps because we have so many. We have Mixelplex showing up in DC versus, I'm sorry, Deceased later on. We had like a Wonder Might show up in Wonder Woman, even though it should have been Wonder Tot. We had, you know, um, what was in the last, what was the, oh yeah, Mixelplex Jr. and stuff like that. We have so many fifth dimensional imp bullshit going on. I'm tired of this, but I actually like this one because it's an even saner version of Batmite, and I like that for Dick Grayson. It's like an, it, it, you know, a better. I don't know. It just ended up where a less fanatic fan, and yeah, it is a less fanatic fan who is there to instead of the almost like over the top, you know, oh my god, you're obsessed. It's more of the hey, you're so great, and I like you, and let's have some fun together. It felt more in tune with that, and even that idea. Where Tom Taylor stepped least, it up at the end that they ended up introducing themselves and you end up having that like Dick Grayson's kind of embarrassed throughout, but he doesn't seem by the end. He's he's like, okay, hey, Dixel. I know it's a great name, too. And at least here we have a fifth dimensional limp who, like, you know, wants to have fun about the old versions, the 90s saying. versions of Nightwing and not call him a piece to, of shit. To, yeah, it's not there to be assholey about it. It's there to really celebrate the character and give some things there and actually end up where by the end. Actually is there to save a little girl, too. This wasn't just, you know, hey, we're going to play some fun things. We got demons doing shit, Nightwing. We got to go bounce. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. So all in all, I really did like it. Like I said, I'll give it a nine. And I, But I need to get back to the mode of let's get a story going. You got to get something heartless. What is he doing? And then you get to Tony Zuko, Jim. We don't I got know, heartless. And that's, that's the big play of this. This almost feels like what I say about a Batman book. You have a bunch of the minute Joker shows up, he even did it in the world's final. We have the key. Well, the key is going to get pushed aside for the Joker. You end up with the heartless behind the scenes doing his thing. Tony Zuko shows up. It's Tony Zuko. This is the big thing. And I don't know. I guess people like the book, though. I I keep being told by people that, yeah, I like this one. But it is. And I said earlier today on the show where people were saying it's oh i just started getting into comics and this is a great book i really like it it is more of that sort of thing if you have never read a nightwing book i think that you are probably still enjoying it but if you've seen and know that dick grayson is a great guy yeah we need some stories so that said and done a little reprieve from all that nonsense we'll go off to the next book which again i really like the flash number 788 written by jeremy adams with art by fernando pastor and matt ryan matt herms and rob lee and in this one we finally pick up post dark crisis because all that stuff that we had before with all the dark crisis times and before all that we had the flash annual where we found out that linda park was pregnant and that was probably the reason that she had speed force powers all of that was put in hold to do the dark crisis now we're post-Dark Crisis in this timeline. We can move forward. Well, Lord and Wolf is now Mayor Wolf. Linda Park is pregnant, and is probably the reason that she has Speed Force powers, and we can move on. This is the direction I've been looking forward to, and it all starts here. And not only that, because you had Jeremy Adams co-writing with Tim Sheridan and Jeff Johns on that Flashpoint Beyond, you have a reference to Flashpoint Beyond in the post-Dark Crisis world, where Mr. Terrific was on a talk show with Dr. Baxter, Bonnie Baxter, talking about hypertime and now mr terrific wants to get in on this He's hypertime nonsense it. and i'm like yeah there's a lot of cool stuff going on here on top of reintroducing the rogues as a threat and yeah 
And here's the thing. I at the end of the Young Justice review, I gave Megan Fitzmartin a little not credit, but I gave her a little reprieve saying she isn't really a comic book writer. She's here. She has to be helped. Either somebody's really, really helping, you know, a, a Tim Sheridan, not Tim Sheridan, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Adams. Adams yeah. Or he's doing the legwork because, boy, he's getting things right. He is getting. And it's not just like the idea that you go back and look up a Wikipedia or Wiki fandom. You can get some stats like we, we use them when, oh, I don't know that character's name, but that doesn't make up for reading a book with the context and getting the gist of the characters and how they work because Jeremy Adams. Well, talking about the idea of a Bible for characters, for DC Comics in general, for knowing the continuity stuff, I don't think it was anything better than him working with Jeff Johns who worked on this character for so long and like, you know, was a big Flash guy for a better part of a decade. I bet he picked his brain about a lot of things and it really shows. This plays out a lot of it. Now, again, if you don't like Jeff Johns as a writer, then just, you know, plug your ears here, but this is starting to feel a lot Jeff Johns-esque. And I said, I gave Tim Sheridan and Jeremy Adams a lot of credit. If they were the ones writing the script for Flashpoint Beyond, they were really doing a good job. Hell because yeah. it wasn't obvious who was doing it beside all those three. So I think he might have been picking his brain because this feels very classic. It feels very cool. And even the things, I was worried about it because me and you usually don't end up reading some of these books until we the day of the podcast today. And we had heard some things about this. Warden Wolf has powers. The idea that, oh, the rogue Those seem like there. new powers this time. Yeah, yeah. And then he ends up, and that's what I said. It must be something new. And when he says it in this, that's what it seems like. He's, hush, hush, I did something. But also some people were talking, and I kind of got this idea. Are you going to go from Flashpoint Beyond, and then you're going to go into this and almost have a Citizen Cold feel? The idea of a flashpoint deal going, and it didn't feel like that either. No, I it thought didn't. that this was really cool. Just even the idea where Warden Wolf was a guy who kept people in costume, like was all about corporal punishment to punish these super villains in Central City and stuff like that. And now he is using them, you know, with like, you know, money and power, and also his biokinesis, which seems to be ex- like uh, expanded upon at this point in time to do anything with the body because he can cure heat waves cancer to get him on board with the idea that, hey, uh, rogues. Y'all been a, a thorn in my side for way too damn long. I'm not really doing the whole warden thing much. as my, I'm a warden slash mayor. I care about the mayoral stuff more. I need you back out on the streets to be my secret police. Not so secret police because you're even going to get fancy ass badges. Just go out there and keep the peace and be the rogues. My, that's a bold move for you. But it is a very side, bold move, right? The, weird, the weirdest part was, though, it seemed like, you know, what we saw previously where, you know, uh, Blacksmith was sending Girder out to do stuff like we're, we're taking out individual people at uh at iron heights and sending them off to get money for you know warden wolf's campaign which was kind of just bypassed and now he's just the warden now i mean the mayor so we're just moving past all that but it's, it seemed like girder when we saw him before he was turned into a giant ball of iron he was robbing things he was doing like was it was a side piece but now it seems to be all this weird stuff where it was it's investments and loans from gangsters and mobs. More and, loans from gangsters. I think Gerder might have been doing his side well, thing, thing as is, well, I th- too. I think, I think Gerder did say that before, that he was going to go off. He didn't want anything involved. But it seemed weird to go off and do these with these different Flash villains and, and like trying to keep a low profile as well. Yeah, and it's weird because you end up where you talk through this issue of how to get the money and that kind of ties in. It ties in Mob enough for stuff. me. But when you start this out and you have him talking and he's like, hey, they're blacksmith, you know, I'm not going to pay those people back. Like, you Fuck thought that people. I was. He's like, screw them. You know, and that's what I like. I like the, the best idea. The is, at this point in time, that is a warden wolf with biokinesis that's out the ass for some reason. 
But let's say that the monsters do come to try to collect their money that Warden, the Warden yeah. Wolf and Mayor Wolf and I'm now sure they will. has learned. He's got the rogues. He's got blacksmith. He has any flash villain he wants under his thumb at this point in time. Fuck him. This reminds me of almost what I yell about my kids and Tanya and stuff like that. This guy has come out on the better end of a lot of shit that he's done. I mean, this guy should have never have again been warden. And they gave a He was acquitted. He doesn't think that he has any repercussions on anything. And when he gets that thing, he's like, screw them. I got the money. They're nothing to me. And yeah, like you said, when they come back or they come to collect this money, he's going to send villains after. Seriously. And so he doesn't care. But... <laughs> Hey, double down. Go be gross to them <laughs> yeah, over there. Exactly. Go throw pieces of your skin at them. <laughs> Nonsense. No, you have that. eyes on tar pit. He's pretty gross. Oh, yeah. All these things. And and that's kind of what he has behind him. It's almost like he's, you know, the even more sus Amanda Waller. He has his Agreed. own bunch of things. That he, is a, he is kind of a low-rent Amanda Waller because yeah, he's he just kind of flash shows. But you know what? It works. It works. And it works for a, an idea of. He's there in Central City. Yeah, the road Out of nowhere, like, I'm not nowhere, but, you know, out of nowhere for the longest time, Warden Wolf or Mayor Wolf now is coming out looking like the Lex Luthor of Central City. Yeah, and that's the fun play is that Central City, a lot of times, I mean, you talk, hey, what city would you live in? I live in Central, Central City. Yeah. And now he's stepping in here, especially with a Wally, a fun-loving Wally who finds out he's going to be a dad again. And all of a sudden, he's there like, this is right for the picket here. And he's doing this. And I'll tell you, you talked about the whole Nightwing issue and how you wanted that wedding scene. Holy crap. When I turn that page and you have the rogues there, that might be one of my favorite spread pages that we've had in a I'm long time. It is a great spread. There, there are so many things to like about this issue. Just the idea, Wally is so flabbergasted, the idea of being a father again until it all yeah. dawns on him like, oh my God, I'm a father <laughs> again. And, he ha- and he's, he's happy as hell because he is, he is just a lummoxed here. He has no idea what to say. He's not hearing what anybody's saying around him. And then he realized, holy shit, we're having a baby. Happy as hell about that. You have the Warden Wolf stuff where you just have that great display of the rogues. Like, holy shit, all of the rogues are here in gigantic glory. But then when you go off in this whole thing where Wally and Linda are talking about what it's like to be parents, like, what, like at least to a baby, you know, what it's like, you know, so much poop, so much screaming, all this different stuff. And he sees Captain Cold, what he believes, holding up a jewelry store. And he's going to like, I got to do flash stuff. <laughs> Finding out that, that Captain Cole it's is there so to stop two kids from robbing a jewelry store and Flash lets them go and he holds up the badge and then it feels like, I'm telling you, it's, I'm t- probably exaggerating, it feels like two pages of Wally laughing at his face because the funniest, and I'm laughing as Wally's I was laughing, laughing and so much. getting so annoyed. And I'm telling you, it almost plays, it's not the same play, but it almost feels like when Lex ends up in the body of Flash, I'm going to see who this is. I don't know who that is. It's such a great thing where just, he looks at that squint, badge and stares the squint of the badge, looking at <laughs> oh, this thing, so and then breaking out laughter. And like, he has to do it. It's Here's the best play. This could have been something, and I think some writers would end up just, ha, 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 ha. It's great because Wally at points, he's starting to try to talk, and then has to put up a again. One minute, one minute, and he laughs again, and he's trying to talk. Whew, let me stop a minute. And he's like, He's laughing so hard, and it's just getting Captain Cold more and more pissed because it's legit. And the only thing, this only thing that I found a little odd with this entire issue was the idea that the, the rogues being police officers and going around, it was not actually news that people were like, holy crap. You know, news at six, the rogues. That should have been something. This is along you the lines of the city of Bane where we had Batman's rogues gallery going around as the police officers are like, you know, harassing people There'd on the streets. There'd be something going on. This and is there the, been, the yeah. more blue collar version of that where it's still kind of okay and respectable. And people, for some reason, 
I guess they all voted for Warden uh, Mayor Wolf, and they're like, you know, whatever he says goes. Hey, the rogues, even when they're bad, they ain't that bad. Yeah, uh, whatever. But, and we always say that, you know, they at least have honor among thieves for the most part. But I did like maybe you could have played the idea because this is a big thing with Linda and Wally, the baby. And maybe in the back screen, you have the news report that they had turned it down. So you know that it is being, hey, what the hell's going on? But they aren't aware because of the big news of the baby and things like that. But I do like that where he's like, oh, my God, Captain Colt, this is so, you know, in the past. You're doing this again. He's like, no, I'm the cop. And then turns it to the next step of you're under arrest. Like you ended up just coming in here. You're a we vigilante. Don't deal with here. We're we're funded. I like that idea because a lot of times when you get this play of a villain kind of in this role, yeah, you have them. Oh my god, I can't believe that they're the police. But you, Jeremy Adams goes the next step of not only are we just, a, but we're legit. You aren't. You're in trouble. We're arresting you. And yeah, he has to run away. And I'm glad they don't really mire down with that like you know get real dark or whatever because you just linda saves wally ends up grabbing him and go but they're not going to chase him to his house it's kind of funny to me too when you have the explanation about how we're government funded you know like stuff like that you're a vigilante like you you have mirror message he's right we can't have costume vigilantes running around without government oversight now can we that would be un-american like you're not American, Scudder. <laughs> it is fun. I'd love if you had the accent going and all that. It would be so funny. Uh, but yeah, you have all this stuff going on. The only thing that's the worst is their boomerangs off going, what the hell, mates? Like, Nobody's trusting boomerang with a badge. I know. Batches. We don't need no stinking batches. Boomerang. But I even like the idea that they want to end up trapping Wally. And what they do, again, Dick Grayson, great guy. Wally's a great guy. And so... Even with Wally wanting to know what the what's up, and he goes to Mick, he is also going and worrying about him as well. It's not just a pure out and apologizes because he was supposed to go check up on him. We know that he's been busy. You have all this stuff, Dark Crisis, all that stuff going down. So he ends up, but he does apologize. He was whisked away by Amanda Waller to go do Swamp Thing stuff. Yeah, and he said, "I came and you were gone. I didn't know. I wish that maybe, and it's a, a weird play." I like that he has a baguette or a big thing of French bread or something bread. in there, right? Bread. Uh, I wish that there was something where you did have, Savage. you know, you end up having Mick like, hey, the Suicide Squad. Eh? And Wally, remember when he was in jail, and we even thought at one point he almost was on the Suicide sure Squad. Was. That was a rumor and stuff like that. I, I actually thought that maybe. I like the idea that we're like, oh, yeah, and he, he was almost on the Suicide Squad, by the way, that was a rumor. So we're not really yeah, sure, but that was a rumor. But supposedly it was going to be the word on the street that that's what was going to happen. But I wish that you kind of made that play that Wally opens up like I was in jail, too. Like, you know, I know how hard that is. I'm really sorry. I feel like everybody's forgetting that aspect and everything that happened. We don't deal with him breaking out of prison either. Yeah, they retroactively say it really wasn't his fault. So really, that prison time, it's null and void now. But yeah, he was there. Time Getting a flash forward, they came and broke his ass out. <laughs> they still have wanted posters all over that area. We're looking for that Tempest Fugina. Exactly, that Tempest Fugina. looking for that Tempest Fugina. They ain't finding him. The Fuge. So might find I love this idea. If you're going to grab Wally, if you're going to get the Flash here, you know how you get him? You get him because you know that he's a good guy. He has a heart and he's going to go to Mick and that's he's what they do. They take advantage of it. And Heat Wave's going to betray him and all the rest of the rogues are going to be there waiting. And Even the idea, though, when you have this, because you have essentially a set of rogues who are the good guys. It's crazy to think, but you have that. But when you have the good guys here, 
when James Jesse the Tricks is like, I'm just going to cut his Achilles tendon. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. You know that's the worst thing. That, worst. that and cutting the back of somebody's knee are the things that weird me out all around. When he said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, you are a piece of crap. <laughs> oh, my God. What you everything doing, is going to be A-OK because we have the Pied Piper back. Old Hartley's coming on to town to hopefully Another continue being a good guy. Out. Because he's been a good guy for a long time now. I'm hoping that that continues here. And maybe, maybe we could have a, hey, where's Barry? But uh, he hasn't been the job of my, <laughs> my yeah, boyfriend's really. pissed. His boss. I gotta go talk to Singh. He, he has no idea where this Barry guy is. And I actually thought it'd be cool if you continue this a little. They get done with the dark and Barry can kind of come back and they can go. Because this is more Barry's thing as well. So when you end up having all that, there's still a couple other things where you do have Warden Wolf. He had powers. These seem to be different. They seem to be upped. They seem to be a deal. And you do have Blacksmith in a cool way. And that's why I think that, you know, these are new. He's done some deal. He's done something because you do end up having him do something to Blacksmith. He ends up, you know, going all out on and her. And Blacksmith seems shocked. And she seems shocked. And then he says, yeah, you but don't have to worry about that. She knew he could do that. stuff, but not affect her as bad as he did right there. Almost like a lightning. Like, you know, yeah, it was like a body. lightning. I thought it was like Palpatine. You end up lightning her ass, and then she's like, so what the be fuck? it, Blacksmith. <laughs> and your problem is your faith in your friends. You end and up where... Your problem is your faith <laughs> in your rogues. <laughs> exactly. And so that's when she's like, well, this is bullshit. We have to pay these people back. This is my deal. And he shocks her. I mean, he shocks her more ways than one. And then she seems, you know, surprised. She seems shocked. Oh, I got you. And then you end up where you have Mick who says, hey, listen, I'm doing cancer. this. And and it's it's one of those things where Mick was a sympathetic character when Wally ended up helping him earlier, and I like that call. Kind of, he was still burning hospitals though with people. He inside. was, but you know, you know, they weren't children's. They might have been children's hospitals. Mick will be Mick. You know, hey, your heat wave. You only have one thing. You got to stick with your brand. Hot but head. it was because he was going out. We did question the idea. Why are you going out like that, Mick? But once his cancer's cured, Wally didn't check in on him, so he's kind of pissed. But get over that, there, Mick. But. He ends up having his cancer cured and says, my loyalty's there. I mean, I have a new lease on life. You wish that he'd kind of go on the up and up. I think that there's still going to be that play that at a point, maybe they will say, take care of him. And I think Mick will end How up about? being okay by the end. Not not a good guy, but I think that he won't go full out bad at a point where he might have in the past. Because of how Wally did help him. And how about the him. really weird, slow key as hell call out the idea that yeah, you arrested me. You're going to look in on me. And then Amanda Waller grabbed me. I was doing Suicide Squad stuff until she left and I was put back into Iron Heights. Amanda Waller is still on Earth 3 with her Justice Squad. I'm like, I really thought that was going to be a big deal of Dark Crisis and, or something. And it's just Amanda Waller's gone with her weird ragtag group of Suicide Squad members. She's off doing whatever. We don't know. It didn't seem to play out. Maybe it will play out later. I'm sure at some point. Because it's it's mentioned here. And again, I give Jeremy Adams full credit. Now, there's the other play here, too. There's a lot of fun in this. Oh, I, I like said this I had a ton of fun with Nightwing, but that was more in your face. I'm telling you, when Mr. Terrific and Wally are walking around the lab. Terrific tech and all the different crazy nonsense. It reminds me it looks of. looks like Q's freaking lab and James Bond, all the weird shit going on in the background. It reminds me of the Simpsons, where you end up where. With Scorpio? With Scorpio, where Homer just with goes James in Bond, to get. Yeah get freaking you know sugar 
And the whole shit's going on, and he doesn't <laughs> even realize he's just oh, that kid for sugar. But it's exciting as hell while you have the fun stuff in the background, knowing that he's trying to experiment with hyper time and what that could hold in the future of the Flash and Wally West in general. At one point, they go by, and the whole place is on fire. The next deal, there is a I don't know, a, a dimensional monster, freaking blob monster that's attacking. Could even be like a weird parasite there looking. At that, that, but yeah, then it looks like Doc Ock's got one guy, then you got Terrific tech, it looks like Terrifier tech. Yeah, it does. It looks so crazy, but it's so funny that that's just in the background, and this is just Tuesday for them, that, oh yeah, this crazy stuff, let's talk about it. But it's, you know, talking about everything that's going on with Warden Wolf. How did this happen? You know, Mr. Terrific's there to say, yeah, it is weird, we'll have to look into it. Bonnie Baxter, she was talking some shit. (laughs) So, yeah, so are we going to use hyper time to just grab, like, different versions of characters? Are we going to end up having a team set Is there going to be something going on with the one-minute war? I don't know. Yeah, or that. So it, it is very exciting with all that. And then, yeah, at the end, it's when they it's do... Essentially, hyper time. You can do whatever the fuck you is. want. And I even like the, the smart little... It's kind of like a... Not a caper, but it kind of is an, the Ocean's Eleven plan to take down Wally, where he gets blown out the window, then he's through, a, you know, a mirror, then he's there. And they have him at the end, and then when you see Pied Piper, I just pray, and I even said it in the Slack, I don't. I want him to be the good guy. It seems what he's saying it is. He's right? great hey, Flash, Looks like you could use my help. Even using that musical note to stun everybody, so like they're free, frozen in time, essentially. It's so cool. He's got the pamphlu. That's my flute sound. Did you like it? I gotta find that What's flute that, guy's that I used name? to have. Oh, Zomfear? The, the king of the pamphlute? Oh, Zomfear, there he is. I... I ended up where, remember uh, back at the jazz flu that I used to have, and the jazz I lost flu. that thing. I need the jazz flu again. No, you don't. Next issue, I promise that somehow I will get that jazz flu, and uh, I will give you don't. all of my play of all the songs. Every song on that episode, I will do with the flu. So we'll do that. But it's- I said you're just going to grab sound bites of Willy Wonka with his little flute calling the Yeah, that'd be good, too. I just was going to get some fear and pretend it's me. I used to, there used to be the commercial if people were old enough to be the, he's the king of the pan flute. You'd have him there <laughs> and he'd be doing the stupid flute shit with all the wacky backgrounds going. Nowadays, it would be like a coyote in the moon. <laughs> the flute used to be a great thing. <laughs> I'm like, look at this fucking guy. Uh, some fear. <laughs> uh, him and Heino. You don't really know Heino. I don't know Heino, no. That's a German singer that it really looks like Andy Warhol. And just sings very great. That's high now. Uh, But yeah, by the end there, I'm excited. And that whole deal with uh, Pipe Pipe looks great. I mean, the the character points of that looks so good. Looks really, really good. What would you give this? Ultimately, I had a great time with this issue. We're introducing so many exciting and interesting things into the series that I can't wait to see pan out. You brought the rogues back. You have something new with Mayor Wolf going on. Can't wait to see how that plays out. You brought Pipe Piper back. You talked about Linda's pregnancy. I mean, it feels like I've been waiting forever for this whole thing. And even with that, you have time to, for them to go home and see Irie going off the freaking couch with a pillow off the top rope. She yells to hit Kid Flash Wallace West, who's babysitting them, but not really babysitting them. Just watch because he's not a babysitter. Just little moments like this. And it feels like so much was crammed in this issue, but none of it felt like it wasn't supposed to be there or it was shoved in and it was a bloated issue. Everything felt great and it felt like a full issue that I... I, it feels like it's your goddamn money's worth because everything looks great as well. 8.5 out of 10. Eric, I'm going 9.6. <laughs> I liked it so much. Even like you even brought it up. I was actually a little lower, but the idea 
You didn't get the one play I thought you were going to get. Usually in this with a kid with that spacing in this sort of issue, you'd have the idea where Linda, Linda and Wally are finally like, finally, we got the kids to this age. We can relax. We can have a movie night. Then you find out you're pregnant again. That's And the we also deal. have to worry with another side conflict where the idea is they don't know where our speed powers are coming from. And if no, Linda that's, it, it can I affect like the that. pregnancy. I'm like, that's another little freaking like problem we have to deal with in the background. And she's still there with her speed force powers to save Wally at one point. I'm like, we just told you not to do that. I know it's going to be addictive, but come on. And they say, you know, the problems you had with Prince. But I even like the play. Where there's and you get like I said, usually you'll have that play of oh man, let's have movie night. We haven't had that in years. Oh, the kids are finally old enough. We're, it's easy street now. Oh, I'm pregnant. Oh no! But you have that almost with Wallace, who's there like I'm not babysitting anymore. But oh, there's good. a baby so coming, and that's the funny play of the pay deal. That's right in my front street. But I like the idea where oh, by the way, we're having a baby, and that gives you that. And then Wallace is excited, and I like that. But I also like that Irie is so excited. Jay's upset. You get yeah. this back and forth where it, it really felt real. It felt natural the way it was played well, out. Even the way it's said as an aside to Mr. Terrific. You know, it's not like, you know, playing over the top, but like, you know, we're having fun stuff going on, talking about this while we're introducing hyper time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything just felt The pacing good. is magnificent. I'm going to throw nine. You're right. This yeah, is good. Yeah, I, I had such a good time with this, and I even had a great time with Nightwing, but this really felt like, you get all the fan service was here and it was not over the top and everything felt like it was fan service to be here. actually pushed the story for this is how you do it right and i i commend it i i think this was a great issue and there's points where we have we've always been a fan of this run yeah. but there are times where we have said yeah that that part of that issue wasn't that great hey we like this but this all came together and i really do think that you nailed it and i didn't even think if i had the hot take sound there right now Right, right. Now oh, I Jesus. say, now if I had it, I would have hit it because I think you're right. I think working with Jeff Johns with characters that Jeff Johns did so well, I think that he ended up using that time to and help I, out himself. I said a better part this. of a decade, but he did, he was on the run for like five years. So is that the better part of a decade? Yeah, it's a half a decade. The good so, part of but a decade. That's, but people look back at that and say how great it is. So I'm sure that they have talked about it and kind of went with things. So that's a really cool deal. We're going to move on to the next book, which. I'm I'm actually interested to see what you think. Catwoman number 49 is written by Teeny Howard, art by Nico Leon, Veronica Gandini, and Lucas Gattoni. I, uh, uh, I blame editorial. This this story was cut off at the knees and nothing makes sense anymore. And they just went into another direction for every punchline. Issue. Yeah, what we need at this book to basically, it got cut at the knees before. Now at the point, it almost feels like this soon in a run that you got you got to reset. I don't I don't know what the focus of this book is. Like we it's had so, so many unfocused. loose threads that they're trying to do stuff, but nothing feels like it comes together at all. We had Dario in the trunk for issues. Now somehow we got uh, Catwoman and Balmain back to Gotham from Tuscany. How even long has he been in that trunk? Forever. Like, really? And I, what should have happened? This entire issue should have been Ico in the Catwoman suit doing Catwoman stuff. She does it too late. They go back and Ico's like. Hey, cool thing that I was being Catwoman. No, you weren't. No. It would have been so easy to do that. Then we would have had, oh, my God. We just have Selena back. She saves Dario, and it really means nothing. And all the plot, I don't know, like, tell you, it even feels like Tom King's run where Batman went off with Selena during the City of Bane for no reason whatsoever, except for Clayman, I guess, wanted to draw Magnum P.I. Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I don't know why Selena had to go to Europe. I know we have a subplot of taking down, you know, the extended family of the mob, but it doesn't go anywhere, especially when you have Dario kidnapped. Yeah, Dario's kidnapped, and you know, 
and are relying on Iko to be Catwoman in in Alleytown Gotham when that and yet didn't get a hold of her to do anything. She really would have been easily the person who would have tried to stop this. And, and it could have gotten her in hot water. And so instead, first off, you have Punchline on the cover. That's that's a dupe. That is almost like a, insert you know, insert All sound. this is is to set up maybe Iko to be the villain again in the Punchline book. But it's not doing any favors here. You end up having just weird plays where... It's almost like Teeny Hours grabbing, oh, I know this happened in the, the strays. That felt weird. Even at one point, I think Selena started singing Running with the Devil by Van Halen. It made me laugh <laughs> so much when we get to that. I'll point that out. But even the idea where Dario's like, man, what took you so long in that European vacation? No, no, no. This was something you knew about and made them go somewhere else. And there's the timing makes no sense. No, no. And I'm telling you, this is where I ended up. A vendetta versus the thing. It's starting to feel like every other book by her that I end up not understanding is, the progression. It gets wonky. I and like then I a don't lot care. of aspects to this, and I completely blame editorial for this because there was Maybe. a story taking place that I had enjoyed. It felt weird going to Europe, but at least in that we got to see it was an expansion on the original plot. Of taking down these mobsters to their European families, the extended families, and the, like you know the bosses over there, it was working out. Soon, but as soon as you have Dar- like Dario, he was that ticking time on. We got to save Dario. How are we going to do that? Now it's just all right. We don't have time for any of that. Uh, Ico Catwoman would have been great, but we don't have time for that. Just bring Selena back because we have to introduce Punchline, the I Royal agree. Flush Gang, and that's it. And for some reason, by the end of this, you still have Black Mask and the rest of the mob boss. I'm like, why are you freaking throwing back to that? When can we start? Saying it's editorial versus Teeny Howard, Teeny Howard versus because what you just said was exactly what we said in the fourth issue of this run when we ended up starting really smart Genevieve Valentine things just to then introduce Harley. Yeah, I agree. It feels weird. Was and that, that editorial, like editorial or- as well to me? Because even when you bring Batman into this, so you have that love triangle of the sexual tension between Valmont, Catwoman, and Batman and stuff like that. How is that going to play out? Especially when you know, I like that we're tying into the punchline book because it feels like an expanded universe. Of things going on at the same time in Gotham that feels like it makes it bigger, more important. The way we're handling it here is goddamn awful, though. Yeah, it's awful. I I don't. The thing is, if it if Teeny Howard is doing this book, she has to be writing some of this. And in this issue, like you said, I think that maybe both her and editorial, they felt like they got desperate very early. They didn't give it enough time. They ended up where it seemed to be selling, but a lot of people told me there was a lot of variant covers, and they thought that, but. It felt like we had a, a slow burn smart story. You know, I always love my whole thing is I always say I like when Selena's the smartest one in the room. I think yeah. that it plays out and it was doing that. She ended up, she's duping things. And then all of a sudden, boom, we just end it. The wacky stuff with the end with Black Mass. And then we kind of push that aside to get to Harley. Harley's there for goofy issues. Then we get back to the, okay, we're back. And then boom again. I mean, like you said, you never get to a point where you can fully say, Oh, this isn't working, or it is working. It it has potential, and then changes. It just gets when I see stuff off. like this, I always go back to uh, Steve Orlando's run on Wonder Woman. We're out of nowhere. Phantom Stranger had to show up. It made no sense, and we found out later on it was editorial that forced that to be in there because because the guy saw a variant cover with Phantom, Phantom Stranger, Stranger didn't even cool. know the character exactly. And said that character so when I see cool. stuff like this that feels so out of place, so out of nowhere, I have to say. I, I, I tell you, I want to give the writer the benefit of the doubt because this is their profession. Editors just come in and say, I demand this, and they have to do it, so I have to say it's an editor problem. The whole play of all this, there's a lot of books that I've read of Teeny Howard. 
they are a little bit like it didn't have this fit, but even the stuff I stopped reading the X Men stuff because yeah. of Teeny Howard. That was just because I was bored. Things didn't make sense. You had these wacky things. It just is odd. Also, it is pointed out, and this was pointed out to me today, that you will never get through a, Mar- a Mariko Tamaki issue of anything or a Teeny Howard issue of anything without somebody eating something. And there you go. Yeah, I'm like really? I oh, there's Tori eating spaghetti. But I'm like, why is that? And He's hungry, like, Jim. Been something He's that? been in a trunk for a while. Like, the boy the weird play is it's um it. This reminds me a lot. Uh, and Teeny Howard's going off to do the Harley book then at, at a point. This reminds me a lot of Stephanie Phillips Harley as well, where I like the characters. I think that there's things that you can go. I think Dario's really good. At the end, he's there doing the seamstress stuff. I think he's making himself that costume he yeah, wants. He's making a costume. That's fine. I like him. I think it's a cool play. But the overall story just always seems to be a mess. And this this issue makes this whole book a convoluted mess. I mean, it's like everything that we like is kind of pushed aside at points, and then you throw everything else in this goulash of things, and it just threw it really threw me off. Yeah, goulash. (laughs) And even when you get like, again, it's almost like you're, hey, look, the strays. Come on, everybody, read it. You like the strays before. Come on. Well, even that was like such a strange co-op because now we're just going back to Alley Town, which we got away from. It was Gotham proper that we're doing this Catwoman book, and. Now we're back to Alleytown because Punchline's there. That's what the Punchline book's doing because the Hasegawa like warehouse that she wants to use to create the XO. And we have the Royal Flush Gang, just, you know, kids freaking. It pretty much is the, the foot soldier clan, like uh, in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, where it's just kids being brought in and they're being putting on uniforms. And that's what happens to one of the strays, Billy, here. And when you have the little talk, like, you can't do this. I know, Selena. I didn't mean to do this. I'm a victim of circumstance. All right, well, I understand, Billy. Make sure you say hi to skid marks and fucking shoes. I'm like, yeah. are we ever getting back to Leanne Harper and what her she's doing? Because that's really just a dangling thread that this just reminded me of. But even that conversation, it just didn't feel right. It didn't no, it did. feel like that. But it's, it's because it's Alley Town. We have to have it. Yeah. And, and there, that's just to get there. The whole deal, we did have Punchline say, hey, I'm going to go and do that whole warehouse of Emiko. Then you have to throw in that was Ace Chemicals, Ico. I mean. And so you end up where this is going. This is just a little aside, because I am a Catwoman fan. The idea that this really feels like the weird play that here's Punchline to elevate the cat. I'm like, how dare you? How dare you have Punchline show up on the cover to elevate it? Catwoman's not elevating Punchline's book? But it might be the idea, but I would have rather. It it just felt like the idea. Especially because Punchline's not here. It's a bait and switch. Yeah, and it's on the cover as if you, you need to get people to buy the Catwoman book. So Punchline, I'm like, you better stop it, you jerks. Like, Slow you really roll. think that? I like the idea. I'd love for the idea of Ico and Catwoman to elevate the punchline book. We like the first issue enough, and that seems interesting. But this book isn't the one that you need to stop and have punchline just show up just so you can have things going on. It felt very odd. But it is that connected deal, same writer. And so, you know, it's nice enough. But this story, what is it doing? What is going on in this overall story? It is story trying to wrap up everything it did in one single issue, whether it makes sense or not, so we can move on to the idea of punchlines coming to town, and we have to get Batman involved, and oh my god, does Batman know about Valmont? But it doesn't really matter, because Valmont's a now thing, but Bruce, he's more of the future kind of thing, so we don't got to worry about it right now. But this is one of those things, too, where the idea that Catwoman is coming to t- like, you know, take control of everything, asking Bruce whether or not she, he can follow her role and stuff, because Punchline's entire plan is based on the idea this is Alleytown, and if Catwoman's doing Alleytown stuff, 
she's going to make sure that Batman doesn't step on her toes. I like the idea. And I didn't mind the idea. Like, listen, Batman, you let me do this, this and this. And then you could do that. And he's like, no, how about I do that, that and that? And I, all right. But there was the point where I think that they are. And me and you talked about this at one point. I don't think they were making sweet love. Yes, they were. No, they weren't. And then they kind of I think that they were testing the grounds of it, because even in this, it's almost like they're like, well, they kind of do this, but then they don't. But they do like, let's see what people say about this. And it just felt weird. A lot of the things. But I do like seeing Valmont without the mask. I'm like, look at that guy. Look at them tattoos. But this is where Selena says where she's talking about her life. She goes, everything I have. I had to steal. I'm like, this is totally wrong. That's straight up from wrong. And I thought they'd they play with it. Like, what are you talking about? She stole the night, Jim. Yeah, yeah, she did. She also stole the silverware. But yeah, and that's the whole play. Oh my God, what's Batman going to say about it? Because he, he is just like watching everything through those binoculars. Like, look at you, you horned dog. Ah, uh, but. The world's greatest voyeur. It felt like a lot of these things, like whether or not you love the Ram V stuff, but yeah, the strays, that felt like you're grabbing stuff from him. You end up having the Batcat stuff from Tom King. You have all this, and yet... You have the Genevieve Valentine stuff to start out The Genevieve Valentine thing to start out with. This book, it doesn't have an identity yet, and and we're already getting to the point where it should. We should be going forward with something of, oh, you know, that, like, later on, you would love to have it where, like, a Genevieve Valentine or even a Renvy, like, oh, man, yeah, they're, they're going back to that. But what would you say later on? Because everything that... Kenny Howard's doing, she's grabbing from somebody else. It doesn't seem like its own run yet. And then you just you muck around and do these weird things, the strays. And then hey, the, the Ico stuff. Yeah, she has Valmont. That would be the deal. Oh, but Dario. even that felt like it was just the own Ghostmaker or something, Dario. And Dario looks like he's making the thing. But even then, Batman's like, hey, listen, you got your own friends. And you I'm got all you, this. You said that Kenny Howard's going to be on Harley Quinn going forward at some yeah, point? Yeah. Okay. At least this tells me, though, that she'll be, if she continues on with where we stepped off with Stephanie Phillips, it's it's Phillips, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That she'll be able to write, you know, um, now I can't even think of his name. I'm fucking joking. Who's, who is the big goof of a man oh, that hangs oh, out Kevin. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin's just a Dario. I mean, it would be good. Uh, you um, know. I had a brain fart for a second. But the idea for how Dario is here, I think that if we continue on with the Harley that we know right now with a new writer, She'll be able to handle Kevin, no problem. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite parts of this entire issue, though, is when Selena starts talking. She's talking to Iko and like, hey, did you hear that that punchline is in town? And I swear to God, it's almost the idea. You mean Alexis K, the newer <laughs> girlfriend of the Joker that had a big part in Fear State and then yes. went off in the back of a Joker no, no. and Joker then walked War. free? Yeah, Joker War. And then walked free of the trial of the century and now has a solo book by Teeny How. You mean that Alexis K punch? Like, yes, that's the one. It's such a weird, you know, over the top deal of, oh, now I know. Yeah, I heard that she's in one of my warehouses. I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, but overall, it was a disappointment, especially after what we had just, you know, it's the two a books jumbled we mess about. to try to get everything that was left on the table thrown out real quick so we could start our new thing. And it like it just left so many dangling threads. And I'm like, you had so much to work with. And I don't know if it was editorial. I'm personally going to blame it because I'm going to get the right of the benefit you of the doubt. Because with, you could go with editorial because this it does becomes seem a like mess that. to move on to something new. And it's a punchline new. Like all of a sudden, like, you know. Punchline book came out. We have to do some tie-ins with that because we need some synergy going on, and that is the direction you need to go right now, no matter what you're working yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. I, now again, that's you know she's writing punchline as well, so it makes a little more sense. But these things that happen, especially the Harley before, this seems like 
It'd be weird for a writer to go in and say, hey, editorial, you know that story I'm doing now? I'm going to end up really screwing it up by adding a guest star because that's usually something you have to go through channels to even ask if you can even have that character in your book. And that seems like a lot of hoops to jump through. I think that you're right. The other way is, hey, whatever you're doing now, make it so Harley's in there. Whatever you're doing now, let's get this punchline because we have more of a potential for that book to elevate a bit. And and even that felt like it might be a little past. But we like, again, people, I think we had it on the Patreon spotlight. We liked that first issue enough. We thought that there is a potential for that book to be pretty cool. And I actually... Went into it thinking, okay, what are we going to get here? How does and I Alexis was K intrigued. elevate herself from the Joker's girlfriend to the queen of the Royal Flush Gang? Yeah, and, and is that, I mean, you have it here. You mentioned Royal Flush Gang. You see them. Hey, you're doing the drugs. You see scumbags and freaking jackets with a freaking spade on them. And that, my whole play then is, does that really get you inspired? Like, what you get here with Punchline, does that get you inspired to go read the Punchline book? Or, or are they trying to get Punchline fans to read? Kevin, I'm going to tell you how dare you again. How dare you? I just know that when Clown, Clown Hunter comes in and seals his royal flush up, he just might t- change his name to Card Hunter. Damn right. I told you, he should end up where at that one point where Ghostmaker, what, do you want to go back to Gal- Yeah, I hear this shit going down with some clowns and shit. I'm going over there. That punchline and all that. Uh, but, yeah, that's what you get. Dario still, I like. And I just, I don't know. Maybe the next phase of the story. It's one of those, I'm going to end up like World's Finest in the New 52. You kept telling me, I'm done. Uh, one more issue. Maybe they'll have this time. Look, the World's if Finest with Power Girl and Huntress, there's no reason that book should have failed. And it did each and every issue. And I kept waiting for it to get good. This, and I don't know the exact, you know, issue number deal. But it does feel like you end up getting two good issues. And then one starts getting wonky, and then you get that weird, okay, I'm just ending this, and I'm going to convolute it at the end. And it seems like we're getting that progression each time. Let's hope it doesn't keep happening, because there are some cool characters. I think uh, Selena and Dario could be really good. Like you said, uh, Harley and Kevin kind of play. There's some interesting things going on here. It's just not. It doesn't come across very well on the page. The pacing's all over the place, and things are just thrown away to move on to the new hotness, which is punchline. And because of that, I like the art, but it's a 5.5 out of 10 for yeah, me. Yeah, I think I'm a 5.5 as well. And it's a shame because, like you said, there are some things maybe she just doesn't realize, you know, what is hitting and not hitting. Somebody's telling her something I don't know. Or it's just editorial and they keep mucking it up. And that's very possible. What I heard about Teeny Howard is she's a very nice woman and she really is not any trouble. If they say to do something, she'll do it. If they yeah. say not to, she won't. And she's always on time. That is something that is... You know, valuable at a point where a lot of people have left or got fired over at DC. They don't have, you know, as big a staff as they have. And, you know, we, we end up not really thinking about that, but that is something of a plus for them that she just does the deal and, you know, puts it out there. Just I wish that this was more coherent and made more sense overall. And there were some things that we really liked that have kind of got pushed aside, but we'll see. Valmont, he looks and he ends up looking like the, a little bit of like Machine Gun Kelly. You with me, Machine Gun uh, Kelly? Also, I think might have hepatitis. That, but I really don't know what Machine Gun Kelly looks like. And if you if you made the hair blonde and maybe it's shorter, but it it really I don't know. He looks like he has hepatitis. So that's what uh, I okay. say. Either that or done. Or Selena. I know. Yeah, I'm saying. Well, there you go. And did they make Sweet Love on the rooftops? Yes. Or did they fall asleep? Well, did not not only did they make Sweet Love on the rooftop, they made Sweet Love on the tarmac underneath a parachute last year. It was issue. weird that they were going to end up in this, and he's like, well, sorry, is, he fell asleep after? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's why any dude will do that. But I thought that in that, like, 
that's a little too much. That's your Batman thing. And I'm like, nope, it's Not just no a more. Selena thing now. Sacred. It's just a Selena thing now. And there's Batman looking, oh, my goodness. Go the other way. Like, really wants Selena out of the picture. Let me see more of that Belmont. Oh, my. But, yeah. We didn't even talk. I mean, the idea of this car chase, it just didn't even play out. No, but we saved Dario. Dario's never driven in his life, and now he's going through a high-speed chase in a car that ends up veering around. No way. It's like me when I first started driving. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> trial by fire. Yeah. That's how yeah, you do it. 5.5. 5. I don't know that driving is like throwing a kid in the pool. I mean, <laughs> you kind of could hurt a lot of yeah. other people. The kid drowns. Ain't no, Why do no you think I don't no drive marks. anymore? Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, it's a shame. But we're going to go off to a little break, and then we'll be back to finish up the podcast with a bunch of books. You've heard his hauntingly beautiful music in movies, on radio and TV. He's sold over 20 million records around the world. His name is Zom Fear, master of the pan flute. That magical instrument with the unforgettable sound. Now in his magnificent all-new collection, Zomfir plays the world's most beautiful melodies. He got his first real comic, got it at a five and nine. To his fingers plan Been reading comics Most of his life Him and some guys From school They had a book and they tried real hard Jake quit And Knuckles got married Youngest was never gonna Get far When he looks back now Did he ever Fight forever And now that he has A choice Eric has read comics most of his life, and some people listening have as well. Welcome, you never all. will. Most of your no. life is over already, most old man. Most of my life is uh, almost <laughs> over since I looked into the future. I have a week left, I think. Oh, no. I did. I did end up going to the Pretty doctors. Weak. I went to the doctors this week for my, you know, checkup. Oh, it's yeah? my medicine checkup. It was. Oh, you need your sweet, sweet drugs. I got well, you. That's why you it's, went. It's more of my heart stuff. And my and blood pressure what's the, stuff. What's the lesser part of that? Not, well, there is the Adderall involved, okay, but I don't, right. I don't think I'm getting it. I ended up talking to him, and he's like, ah, We don't it, give it to users. And no, what, what he's doing is he's using it as the carrot to try to get my blood pressure down. Yeah, he knows how to deal with junkies. I should have said to him at this point, what you're doing right now is raising my blood pressure, you son of a gun. Give me my sweet, sweet pills. Yeah, so the, the funny play, though, is, and, and you'll know. Right away, some people may not know why this is going to be so funny to Eric right away, but you'll get it. I go and they they, they tell me to get on the scale. <laughs> is that the funny part? Because no, actually, they also measure your height at the same time. So it they just keeps that, getting right? better and better. So, oh, yeah. So all this goes, and then he's typing out his five, paper. Five, six yeah. and a half. No, no five, five. What is going on? I sat there. I legitimately, my, my appointment was over. I was leaving. They handed me the papers. Hey that there, are, short stuff. Guess what we found out about you? <laughs> they handed me the papers, and it just says, like, okay, here are things to get your blood pressure down. It says you're down. unhealthy, tiny. It's a weird thing to put on a paper, it said but whatever. about the whole deal. So then I'm looking, and I'm like, 
I actually demanded a recount. I wanted to have, I, there's no way. I ended up, I go out in the yes, car. I, there I is messaged Tanya. I said, what the, what's going on? Five, seven and a half. You're an old man who lives in a world with five, gravity. Five. I end up because she, Tanya legitimately has gotten shorter know you're than old, me. You're t- I don't know if you're tall enough to ride all the rides anymore. I, I'm not five, five. And I went, I got home. I said, Logan, where's that tape measure? I had look, to measure look, he, me. This doctor went to medical five, school. And I trust half. this doctor. And it wasn't him. It was a nurse. And that was the other thing. How that dare really you screwed belittle me. a nurse in their well, jobs? They're the real heroes. screwed me here. And I don't even know if they're really nurses. Most of the people who are mean? doing that, they're more of Look the, at them. They're ladies. I don't buy that. Jim Winter's five, seven and a half. It's a doctor's office with one doctor in there. And there's like what I consider the nurses, but there's like seven of them. I don't think they're really. I think that they're more organizational deal because they <laughs> take the calls. Mean? They set up the appointment and staff? they'll do that stuff. Yeah, the staff. I did want to say secretary because I'll get canceled, but just they're not staff. even, but they're, yeah, it's just the Assistance. staff, but, but they could be nurse. I don't know, but okay. they always mess things up. They always do. And when I get my blood, I go in, right. And they, they weigh me, they get my height and then, and it's said to be continued, Eric. I don't know what was going on. And so they started groaning, get this thing off me. I ended up then they take my blood pressure, which I don't know why. So everybody does. No, the doctor does it anyway. When my doctor, when I go, he goes, well, let's really see. He even throws, he goes, let's really see what your blood pressure is. Okay. He's a chauvinist. I get you. Well, I told you before. Well, you feel if you remember back and it was funny because Reggie ended up saying that with my blood pressure, I was certainly going to die is what he told me. But. I ended Reggie, up getting yeah. I ended yourself. up getting it down a little. I think the karma in them. But you end up where I got my blood pressure taken back then, and legitimately it was like two forty over one seventy. So it was so bad. Yeah, you gonna die soon. That Reggie thought that it was like there's no way they must. Yeah. I said no, that's it. Because then afterwards I thought that. And I went to the Walmart and did their machine there. And the thing really should have gotten Trust up. these machines way more than women. It should have become a transformer and taken me right to the hospital. But I've gotten it down. I actually have gotten it down. And I thought because I've been somewhat exercising now that it would have been even more. But they ended up, she takes it and says, oh, do you realize that your top number is real elevated? I'm like, here we go again. What is it? And she goes, it's 135. I'm like, baby, That's all right. that is low for That's me. Good. And it was yeah. it was 135 over 70. Perfect. So I'm like, That's pretty good. At one point, I actually had it down to 124 over 80. And I said, I'd like for some reason, 120 over 80 sounds like the perfect generic score that you would want. I was almost there, but it got so then I go and the doctor says, Oh, let me check again. And it ended up being 128 over 70. I'm like, all right, now I'm going to talk to him about this old medicine. Like, hey. And he says, no, I really want to get it. I'm here, Doc. He goes, I really want to get that top number under 125. I'm like, really? Good for you, Doc. Stick to your guns. I think he just doesn't want to give it to me. I already saw us all riled up. He saw this short kid guy. I'm telling you, he obviously looks at you. Obviously, you're a child, but you look real haggard. Obviously, you're a drug user. Oh, no, I was going to say, are you saying I'm a youthful looking man? No, no, a real short child who's really haggard. Obviously, a drug user. A child. You end up where if he saw me in the car looking at that height, he never will prescribe that medicine. I was fired up. I was fired up. I mean, I sat there and really, it took me like five minutes to get all of those books underneath me to get in the car. And then I had to attach those <laughs> blocks. Heavy. 
I had the blocks on my feet I so I could my little down. self out. <laughs> I really, I, Someone's going to need a nap today. Oh my goodness gracious! I was so upset that five. This it is the really, best day ever. It really upset, and I thought to myself, "I'm not going to tell Eric about this because he's going to laugh because you're going to say that's what it really is." Though I did end up seeing something this week that I was going to send you too. Wasn't too high for you to look at? No, no. It was it was some NBA was it on players. The top shelf? It was NBA players, and they were talking about players that are like six six and six seven and calling them shorty. And I wanted you to just realize there are people that look, are Jim, way, way taller. You know, I used to be six foot five. I used to be taller than my younger brother. And now somehow he's six foot five, but he's taller than me. So obviously gravity's a bitch. It's weird. I'm never going to be five five because, you know, I'm out of middle school, but whatever. Exactly. Well, five fine. Uh, what beats down on you more, gravity or, or some of these books, Eric, that seem to want to get gravity. fifth dimensional imps involved or Elseworld stories? Now, as we're talking, there were a bunch of books. I got weak ankles, Jim. It's always going to be at gravity. Exactly. That is true. Uh, that's a problem with a lot of tall fellas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we end up, we have a section here that the theme of it, besides you laughing at me for being Elseworlds. short, is the Elseworlds thing. And that's something that you usually don't God, really I want a enjoy. Theme for that now. Yeah, I know. I Actually, I thought today that I should have done it, and then I kind of lost. The only thing I could think of is Devo's <laughs> then Beautiful I lost World. I hope in my future No, once life. you said that, and then I'm like, <laughs> I'm too short. I can't even reach the mic. So I, I was going to do, but the time, it was short, Eric. Uh <laughs> No, I was going to do Devo's Beautiful World, and I'm like, not a little bit. <laughs> I don't think people know Devo's Beautiful World enough for that to be a really own. good deal. Oh, okay. Well, I'll do it. Uh, but yeah, it's an Elseworlds deal, something that you don't typically love. Depends. So we were it's, talking- it's a chance to do something new and exciting, but usually it's just humdrum stuff that slightly different from things you know while playing the same base and stuff you know to make it readable and enjoyable on that fan service kind of level. And so just as an aside, before we got on, we were talking about a lot of those new books that were announced, creative teams and things like that coming up after the Lazarus Planet, even before, during all that, all those books. And we were trying to figure out, are these going to be in continuity? Are they going to be Elseworlds? Are they going to be kind of between? Is this a story over continuity type deal? I think that my play with the Elseworlds, which there's a lot of classic Elseworld stories, sure. right? You end up having, say... Gotham by Gaslight. You have Red Sun, Superman. Dark Knight oh, Returns. Dark Knight Returns. You know what's different, though? Is those kind of came Time. every bunch of years, right? And now in this, you're just getting a lot at one time. And I don't know that that's the way that it should be done. These are starting to be less and less special to me, in my mind. Just well, to, yeah, you know, especially because we there. have an Elseworlds section. <laughs> and so when you get it, it used to be the thing of like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what this crazy Batman's going to do, or this and that. I mean, these things aren't even all the Elseworlds books that we're dealing with. You have Dark Knights uh, of uh, Steel, things like that. It's just there's so many going on right now that it might be a little overkill and on it. Really it loses the flavor. I want to call them that because everything matters, Jim, but really a lot of these could just be solid. Out of continuity books that are just there that will never have their own. Or we could even call it <laughs> hyper time because it doesn't really matter. Like like our final book in this section, the idea is like, here's the Titans United. It's kind of like that HBO Titans, but even removed from that. So what's the point? Was also just we have a section here, like you said, but isn't that one bad day kind of that as well that we ended up doing on Until the Until people spotlight? like it enough and it becomes canon. That's the thing. I was going to say that. I'm glad you led me into this, Eric. Thank you. 
The idea where By the hand I let you, you small child. I need somebody. This is not my dad. <laughs> Erica ends up where I will say at some point, well, you know, this Titans United blood pack, it's not in continuity. And you'll come back all the time now with, well, neither was killing joke until it was. These aren't that big. No. And, you know, Titans United blood pack. It's a nice little Kevin story. Scott, well, people might have be fans of him, but he's no Alan Moore. That's for sure. No. Yeah, exactly. And so neither is Alex Pachnadol, where you even get the vampires all out war deal. That's just a side book to an Elseworlds that may be looked at more favorable down the line. I think that no. if and when that is, I don't think so either. But people are saying classic there. But if somebody ends up later on down the line saying, oh, that DC's versus vampires, that was really cool. I don't think they're going to think about all out war. I don't think that that's going to be on the tip of their tongue. They it's will all about avoid hunters that. and killers for me. And I think that maybe when all is said and done with Deceased, I think that there might be that play of, hey, listen, it started out really strong. I think Deceased has way more legs than DC versus Vampires. Yeah, but it does. Oh, it does. It already has. You have a bunch of these books. But I think that when it's all said and done, people will be more. It's almost like Injustice. When people end up talking about Tom Taylor's Injustice, a lot of it is talking about. about, Zero? No, they're talking (laughs) about year one and two for the most part. And then you start even getting then Tom Taylor leaves. And then Brian Bouchelotta, and then it all hits the skids. And yeah, even when you get even further than that. So when eventually that injustice came back with Tom, nobody cared anymore. And people have actually revolted against that uh, series anyway, which I do like. I'm done with evil Supermans. We see it all the time. Like, do we? Really, this was kind of like the big time. Yeah, you'll have a few here and there, but this is just kind of our generation's evil Superman. You know why? Because it had a cartoon, it had a bunch of comics, and it had a video game. It's kind of fun because it's its own thing here, and we don't have to worry about it for the most part unless you really want to. Yeah, just as an aside with Injustice, I have argued with people about it where, okay, you say that, but back then, it really didn't – it wasn't that – crazy then i mean it's not that far removed but this is years ago that that came out now almost 10 years obviously if it's not nazi superman it's not for me uh, yeah really i know i should have For simon steel where is he i uh also you always have to remember i think people forget that injustice that was a tie into a video game because it was so good and got so big People end up thinking different things about it. But yeah, it was just a a prequel to a video game. And anybody who really cares about it should know that that timeline and world was destroyed in Convergence. It was in Convergence. And they (laughs) didn't they decide not to play along and they just got wiped out. That was hilarious. It's that world that decides. There they show us what you got. Hey, we're not going to get involved. Done. But just as the last uh, injustice deal, if you haven't read it and only went by the idea of people saying, oh, it's just bad. The thing is, you see what brings Superman to being bad. This isn't just, boom, snap your fingers, he's bad. There are parts in that first year of that where he, it's so easy that he could end up just saying, I'm not going to be bad anymore. And then something happens. Wonder Woman's the worst. She's whispering. Oh, in she is the, the worst. She's the main villain. The only reason any of this happens is because of Wonder Woman. Yeah. I mean, so many times, all he has to do, and then you end up where... He kind of breaks free of that, you know, whispering of Wonder Woman. But Bruce won't concede anything to him. This is all what leads everything. And it's really, I mean, seriously. Just like Superman versus the Guardians of the Universe. That is Superman one bad day. That's what you see. One thing that would make him snap. 
to go with all of that. And it, it works out. I really Still like way it, better but... one bad day than the rest <laughs> of the one bad day. <laughs> I know, but it is. I mean, that's the thing, you know, and then he blames that. But they... it's a better tie into the killing joke than any of the one bad days. Exactly. But here we go. And, and you said it deceased. That's the big one. That's the one that will continue. That'll be the one that people will read years from now and probably, you know, enjoy it. I like to read Deceased in Marvel vs. Zombies during the spooky season. I read it every year in the spooky season. That is April. Deceased War of the Undead Gods, number four, is what we'll start with, Eric, after that crazy trailer. Written by Tom Taylor, art by Trevor Harrison, Neil Edwards, Andy Lanning, Rain Barreto, and Seda so we're going to continue this whole idea and it does seem like the story to me it's being stretched out a bit we don't really have a full out okay let's get they're still planning on what to do with this continuing idea of a universe destroying now deal with the new gods going but i think that tom taylor really wants to keep in mind that he wants to have those personal moments he ends up wanting to have that because he does get applauded for those Death is spreading across so the universe. So is love. Is remember, that what Jim, you're going to say? So is life. <laughs> so life is still so there. So is love. Now, it's funny because- and when life is there, time moves forward. I think of this as, obviously, post-apocalyptic things, even if you end up going to an Earth. And so usually- well, in Yeah, post- we're on Earth 2 now. Not to be confused with the previous Earth 2, just yeah, another exactly. planet. exactly. It Earth does get two. a little crazy. Now, in that post-apocalyptic world- you really want to repopulate. You really want to get going. And I'm like, get I don't, down the I, I gotcha. don't need these two old people. They ain't going to do nothing. Like, that's my whole know. play. It's like, and there's no way that either of them are producing kids. They, they, I think Leslie you. Tompkins is like 900 years old. She's just like you, Jim. She's just a haggard <laughs> drug user. <laughs> exactly. So is Alfred, maybe. I don't know. But you end up. But Jim, get... procreation or not, you're telling them not to live, laugh, and love? Oh, they can live, love? laugh, and love. I just. <laughs> It felt to me like this is the fan service that Tom Taylor will put in every book, but it used to be different. There's something different. We talked about Injustice, where it had a ton of fan service, but it was it was better than this. It didn't feel like it was just, hey, let's show this scene so people will be happy and commend me. It really feels like this I just is don't just imagine basic. we're going to be spending a lot of time here on Earth too, in the regular like you know humdrum day to day life that exists on this version of Earth. Because our heroes are going off to fight the undead gods that are going from planet to planet and destroying it and turning everybody into more anti-life zombies. So it is nice to take a break from that, especially when our heroes are going off to see that life still goes on here and love finds a way. Even with somebody who is broken as Alfred Pennyworth, who just desperately wants to fight back his demons, whether it's in the arms of his lovely Dr. Leslie Tompkins love or on the battlefield to die with his, you know, son, Damian Wayne, because he's murdered the rest of his sons who became anti-life zombies. And there's some there's some of the Tom Taylor classic lines. Hey, you're just like your father. Thank you. Hey, you're so just you. like my dad. Thank you. Thank you. Right. In that I'm waiting to see. I'm like, where's Alfred? I thought he said he could go. Oh, he's not gone. Uh, no, I don't mind it. I said to you that this kind of annoyed me. The only thing that annoyed me, it's not the scene, it's the 11 pages that it took from a book. Yeah, it goes on a long time because you have to deal with a nightmare the showing you what happened with Alfred killing, you know, the bad family, that all the people he did with Tim and Dick and Bruce and stuff like that. Is t- reliving that just so you can wake up. Oh, my God, what a terrible dream. What have I done? Don't worry, Alfred. It's all over now. We can live. Laugh and love together. Thank <laughs> it's you. It's not Leslie. just about. Thank you. It's not just about anti-life. It's also about life. And by the end, I didn't mind it. I just sat there. I'm like, 
No, it went okay, on a little long. You're right. But it went on a little too long. And in a book that I think that the biggest problem that most people probably have along with me is the pacing of it and want to get to it. And it feels like, okay, you came back with it again. You have to have this huge story, which it does feel huge at points, but then you want to get the humanity of it, but it's too much. And okay, what are we going to do then? And what we really do is go to Hoa to talk about. Well, even before that, like I'm saying, the average stuff, it goes on a little bit long. I enjoyed it just to see the humanity of it all and the freaking destruction of the, the universe as we know it. But then when you go to the planet Almorak <laughs> you and you like see the you know, Princess. Well, you have Princess Maxima, which I think is great. And you have Prima oh, yeah. there with her. And the idea of the anti-life gods of forever people going ham on them, just trying to eat them this way from Sunday. And then you have a yellow lantern anti-life dark side, this doom tubing here to take over this entire planet. It's cool to see them, but really it's just more of like, this is well, what else is going on in the universe? And just the idea, like we had in the previous issue, the yellow lantern anti-life dark side is a little much. I would have liked to see more with us the idea of the ring coming out here because I don't know. For some reason, it just feels just kind of silly when you have no, a yellow lantern. A lot, of these like things, a lot of these things, we said it before, feel like just the, the ideas of people coming up with things. Oh, it'd be cool to have an action Like figure. I really wanted the anti-life to, to corrupt the AI of the yellow lantern ring and then also infect the rest of the yellow lanterns. And even if you want to continue with the idea of the sentient freaking virus that was created by Darkseid with the anti-life equation and cyborg and stuff like that. And then even have it go, but let's say it even goes to the antimatter universe and infects the Quartz and the Quartians. Then we even have another thing where the idea we could continue the story in another spinoff or a sequel, whatever you want to call it, where we have to go to the antimatter universe to save them. I think that where uh, I, I'll try to explain a little because there's going to be some people right now saying, okay, come on, guys, this is just for fun. You end up having Darkseid show up with the yellow ring. That's the wow factor fun. And that's fine if that's Over. if that's what you want from things the thing is, we've read these things, we've done this whole dance before, and we want to see smart and clever ways that that plays into this universe. And there are times where Tom Taylor 100% does that. There's some times in that Dark Knights of Steel that he really like, oh, my God, like, that's really clever. That's really neat. But things like this just feel like they are just over the top. Look at this. Oh, my God. And it's one of those where you're in a comic book store. Well, why is it so good? Oh, my God. There's a yellow ring anti-life dark side. That might sell issues. I better not, I better not get a fucking mega figure of that from McFarlane. And I think that's, what, that's the thing. I don't I even think have a proper Wonder Woman yet. <laughs> so when you get it, it's one of those where it almost feels like you can see behind the scenes where they're like, well, why would we end up doing that? Insert cash register sound. There you go. Ooh, it's for wish. merchandise. It's for the wealth factor. But I would way rather have an action figure of like a Cassandra Kane, you know, Shazam. You know, that sounds a lot. For some reason, it's just a Batgirl with a Shazam lightning bolt and a Shazam lightning bolt on her chest. Yeah, yeah. But e even then, I mean, you have this and it's the big wow factor. But just to point out, now after this scene, we're like 14 pages through the book and we've had and a recap and a nice deal. But then once you have... The deal with Darkseid, again, we've seen this, we know this. It To me, all this was, was let's see how people are getting on with their lives here. We are, exactly. But We're then let's the, see like the, the destruction that could happen exactly, later. Exactly, the, the love and destruction. We're juxtaposing here as our troops are going off to Oa to meet up with the rest of the heroes to see what we can do to save this universe. And once we actually get to Oa and have the Guardians being all bullshit guardian-y about the whole thing, where it's like, we are invoking lethal force in, in the pursuit of destroying this anti-life to save the universe. 
And I like this because you had this previously where it was a big deal when we had this idea going on in the Sinestro Core War when it was green versus well, that's yellow. That's why the- I kind of it kind of takes me aback. It's that when when are they ever going to play that the Guardians are just like you know what we have a plan? And they're like you know what? Finally, they got it right. They're always the evil. Not because well, the they is, don't have we, emotions, but that's the thing. I agree with them 100%. We went, we went with this before, and the whole thing, and everybody went with it because you had the Sinestro Core War. It was an actual war going on. But when you have the other heroes here, a larger-than-life version, like the, not version, but a larger-than-life Superman, along with his son, who's also Superman, who's of age now, they're not. it's an ethical question. I love the idea. We have a cure. We can save people because that's what we do. We're from Earth, and we're superheroes. This is what we goddamn do. And the Guardian's like, no, you shall execute them all. And then we have a standoff between Superman and the Guardians of the Universe while anti-life is going on in the background. I'm like, I'm invested in this and I wish more things would come to this. I actually, because I know that nothing will, they'll just end up going and doing their things anyway. But what I want is to somebody say, I think the Guardians are right. You look over, it's Damien. He's making a funny that's noise. That's you're a villain, Jim. No, it's because that's what you do. They are looking at the total universe. Yeah, you have these heroes, but they're only from one Earth. Some of them are from different I've but. seen them go to other universes, Jim, and help those people, but too. But again, they also could end up spreading it, and then what happens? you got to stop it. Now, you could quarantine them, maybe, you know, put a little construct bubble around something. them or something. But in the end, where they're this is going Jim. on, I, I just don't know any other way to stop it. But as we're seeing, I mean, you have to have Tom Taylor remind us right before this scene. Hey, look, this is what's happening. Dark side, because there hasn't been that much of that. Things are changing. We think that the big play is something, but then it's not. I just don't feel invested in the story at all. And I don't even feel like it's really a threat when you end up having them complaining. They've already stopped this a bunch of times. Now it's up the ante. But I think they're just going to get Brainiac. He's going to collect the infected worlds. Easy peasy, done, done and done. All we had to do was cure some people who are anti-life zombies. Now we got to get close up to cure undead anti-life gods. Man. That's going to be hard. No, you got to take them down and send them in the Phantom Zone as well. You got to cure the people on the planets like you already did on the wow. others. Now that's that sounds the thing. like a Nazism. What that the bed like Dark Side gets put into the you wanted the, the Phantom ultimate zone? cure. Well, you go. They say we have a cure. That's all they need to do. They need to cure the planets. And get rid of the new gods that have the anti-life, and then they're done. No, I think that we you get shall this. murder everyone because well, they it's want to way just make easier. it easier. That's what they want to do, but they also they don't have a cure. This is, this is the idea where you have a Superman though who will stand up because of the ethics of this and not do what the Guardians want. The Guardians of the Universe, who are the most pompous little assholes you'll ever meet, it's their way or the highway. I love that you have a Superman standing up to him to the point where like. We're going to keep you like, you know, locked away now while we do our work because we can't have you interfering. This is we said this. you got to go with it because that's what the rest of these Green Lantern jerks do. So why aren't you playing ball? And then when you have the Green Lanterns versus our heroes, stuff like that, and also find out that you have the asshole that's Ares, the god of war, who's just kind of bored with everything that's going on. because He is just an asshole now who is bored because what's going on with the anti-life is slaughter. We saw this in the previous issue, not war. So it's like. Well, it's going to be probably my last chance to do anything kind of cool or fun. So I better just fuck around with these guys a little bit to get that last little suck of war going on. And then really somebody should say, who invited this guy? Like he's just we hanging there. And they don't, that's what I'm saying, though. They don't even realize this, that everything's going. So basically. Well, he he promised that he'd be on the up and up. And it turns out he had his fingers crossed. So Ganthet might be dead because of him. Superman punches him Is right in the face. Is that even Ganthet? I'm telling you, I'm looking at these people. Know. I, that's I can't what even they tell say. that they're. 
that they're short at any point. They just look like regular five I'm five sure looking they're adults. Five five. They're tall. <laughs> they're I'm, I'm five seven and a half. How dare you, Superman? And then here's where crazy really, guardians I've ever seen. My eyes couldn't roll anymore. I, please, I just want to throw it out there that the guy Gardner one punch in no, any sort of, of way. It, it is not even cringy now. It's awful. It's something that really shows you that you are just basic bitch. When that Superman is, is in a construct bubble and punches through that construct and then punches Gantha in the face of all one punch, and then there's Guy Gunner, one punch, he knocked out a freaking Guardian with one punch. I'm like, I'm done. I'm, yeah. I'm done with this joke. I'm telling you, it was so good yeah. for 20 years, and then we just dragged it into the it ground. Just, it's every time. I mean, this joke comes up over. It's got to end. You got to end it for now. Let it sit for a while because it's not funny anymore. I'm saying this. People are like, I laughed out loud with that. But it might be that you just haven't read everything recently because this joke just keeps popping up and it's it's just not good anymore. But in that, you end up having, you know, Superman punch Ganthet right in the deal. Maybe kill him. And Ares. I, punch. I just love the idea. Superman that didn't kill Ganthet. I don't like the idea then that it's Ares controlling him because then it does lessen the entire Not argument they just them. had. Just give him a little twinge towards But they don't it. need yeah. the twinge. Push. The Guardian's doing this. And like you said, you like seeing Superman stuff. That's every Green Lantern story. Not even story. just Superman, but you have, you know. Mary Marvel, you have Cassandra Kane Marvel. I actually want to know what her Marvel I think family the Guardians, name would be. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, the Guardians at some point have to call a timeout and go. We're, I, they have to have chambers, right? We're going to go in our chambers. They have those rows. Oh, yes. And they do have so that, they yes. go up to the chambers and like, listen, what's going on, guys? I mean, we're supposed to be the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, we have some crazy. Universe. We have, yeah, we have some crazy, you know, non-emotional ideas and whatnot, but Nobody ever agrees with us, and they always do the opposite. We got to because this isn't just the first time Look, that somebody said how Jordan made a living out of it. The thing is, everybody's always agreeing. It's just those goddamn Earthlings. Yeah, yeah, and the Earthlanders included. It's all what's wrong with that Earth? They never agree with us because that's every story. Anytime, that's why I thought. Eh, you know, here we go again. The Guardians want this, but that's going to end up causing. So we're not going to take. I've seen this a million times. It's okay. The one punch threw me out. Also, though, I wish Ares, I wish that they said to Ares, what the fuck, Ares? Why are you doing this? We're trying to figure out the fate of the universe. And he (laughs) says, I'm not doing shit. I didn't do this. I want it to be not even pushed. I don't even want a nudge because this is an ethical question that we've seen the Guardians go with many a time. And Superman's going to want to save them. I don't need them to push it forward. I think that's only because there's Tom Taylor who wants to get his cake and eat it too. He wants to have Superman punch gas and something that. that he would normally not if I do. I got this cake. I would obviously want to eat it. He's doing it because I don't think Superman would normally punch Ganthet. Then you say, oh, Ares nudged them. That's why. I- Honestly, I think he would punch the shit out of Ganthet. I don't know. I mean, that doesn't feel like Superman to me. going to lock him up against his will. Oh, he may stop him, but I don't think he'd punch him right in the face. But it, he was nudged. in the face, Jim. He was nudged by Ares. All that, to me, then it does minimize that entire deal. And then everybody's just fighting. They're just going Until at the it. the idea when Batman does realize, Damian Wayne, that Ares is the one that's nudging everybody along with this. You better stop this. And the idea then that Ares is going to fight Batman, but, you know, Mixelplick shows up. Mr. Mixelplick shows up to say, I won't let you hurt Superman. You better do what the Batman says. So you have a fifth dimensional imp. Superman's, you know, I'm going to say fan foe kind of situation going. It's not like a fan like Batman. He likes going around, but he's always just there. 
I want to know because the idea of everything stacking and like the universe is on the brink of disaster. I want to know how a fifth dimensional imp is affected because of how we did. We have the gods being involved. Like this shit's crazy, right? And then you have the higher beings, the fifth dimensional imps. I want to know how you work this into it. And then like the idea of, you know, the anti-life, what I want affecting the yellow lanterns and then going back to the anti-matter universe affecting the Quardians and then going off and affecting all the anti-matter so universe. So much that you, you want, say, but I don't think we we're going to get it. a fifth dimensional amp who then goes back to the fifth dimension and then you have an even more superior godlike race who is uh, fucked up with the anti-life. I, the idea that they're going to have to go off here with Mixelplik, they'll have to face him down. He'll have to get turned... I don't think there's enough room for all that. It's a problem and then to when you have this it. stuff, though. Whenever we do this, because you have the stacks of the dimensions on top of the multiverse and stuff, because this is an Ellis world, we're dealing with another universe that's not around. But when you have higher beings like this who should exist outside of time and space, as we physically know, like we saw in like the Sphere of the Gods in the Multiversity Guidebook and have the map of the multiverse, there should only be one version of people like this, like Dark Side and stuff like that. But when you have multiple, like, how does that work? Yeah, yeah. And here's Mixie. I wonder if it's just going to be one of those where he says, why don't you just come to the fifth dimension and hang with me, Soups? I can't do it. Or maybe ta- I don't, want I don't that, know. It reminds me of what we did with the uh, death metal with this. What was it? The sixth dimension then? Yeah. Yeah. Nonsense. But yeah, it does remind the me. The World of- Forger took us to the sixth dimension and told us we could have our lives there outside Remember the of the cosmic judges. Of metal and the idea of Shane who we thought was the apex predator and that stuff. Look, but there's no reason he shouldn't have been. The only know, reason that he wasn't great. an apex predator is because Scott Snyder didn't realize that Kendra Saunders was human. Yeah, exactly. And we maybe we ruined it by telling him, and then he didn't want us to demand money. I don't know. People have no idea yeah. what we're talking about. But no. look up Shane. You end up where Mixelplik, I, I don't like his look either. He looks like a full-out goblin in there. He well, doesn't the look cute. He's an imp. There you go. It's an imp kind of thing. Goblin's an imp, so it works for me. You got some pointed ears. I don't but know. It's the same as Ganthet to me. It we've just been back and off. forth with the how this art looks. And actually, you know, with the idea of whether we like one issue or the other doesn't work for us, doesn't not. This one, for the majority of it, does work for me and stuff like that. And even the, I'm not a fan of Mr. Mixelflake. I'm not even a fan of trying to say his name because Reggie always told me I did it wrong and I refused to change. I, I like it all the way through with this whole thing. Yes, we get a lot of flashbacks and stuff that like, you know, revisiting the situation. Here we are in the middle of our series. Hey, Alfred did some fucked up stuff. Kind of gave him PTSD. Isn't that crazy? We got anti-life out here doing bullshit things. Isn't that crazy? And now let's move our story forward. And we have a little bit of it. And I like what we did, even though it's more of a let's talk about ethics kind of question instead of like moving our story forward. But by the end, we finally do get there with a mix of play, which raises my idea of what's going to happen next. Like, Oh my God, you have so much potential. Will you go for it? Or are you crap out of this? And this, you know, cliffhanger, like in our next book will mean nothing. I, I think that it'll mean, I think that it's just there. He'll just go off or get infected and then you'll have, but I don't think there's enough room for a lot of these things. But my big problem Again, is you have that Tom Taylor deal that we talk about even in Nightwing a lot, which, of course, we have an imp in that now. He, he's gotten imp crazy. He is. so. But when we end up having that book. Imps are everywhere you want to be. He Jim. gives the, the big deal of like, oh, there's Alfred and Leslie. Oh, my God, that's so cool. And then, hey, Damien, don't go off. Just stay here. But that's never like that's never a thing that's going to happen anyway. He's trying to pull the heartstrings. And then Damien just goes, no. And then he goes off. 
And then Alfred goes, I'll go with you. No. And then they go off. I, Don't it, you realize, Jim, the, the poetic nature of this all? There they were working side by side under Batman's tutelage this entire time. And it took the end of the world for them to finally notice one another. I could care less. <laughs> I really could care less because you don't them. know what love is. And I think that one of the plays that I have and go back to that injustice when I read injustice one of my favorite harleys of all time especially that first couple you know years of injustice and i really liked her and oliver and dinah i thought that was one of my favorite teams in a book i'm not not getting that feel anymore from his elseworld stuff it's more that he's going for these big moments now he's trying to get the heartstrings but it doesn't feel fully like i'm invested like i was in some of the other things that he has done where he makes me and also i think that there is a thing and this is something that we have an injustice podcast and i told you i had the best one going eric and then the power went out and i lost it one of the things that i think that tom taylor writes better and i think he's gotten away from he really writes bad guys and gals he writes villains or scummy scummy eric he writes them better because he gives you like Colin the, Bunn. He gives you the softer side of the villain, which makes them more sympathetic. But when he writes regular characters like an Al, they can't do any wrong, and it just ends up being oh, here it is, Alfred and Leslie. Oh, he great. murdered! It doesn't make his me entire family. Yeah, but it doesn't make me like those characters anymore, and it doesn't get me as connected as he did say with the creeper. In the unkillables, which I thought, oh, that's the worst. oh my God, you know, look at this guy who everybody hates and now he's helping the kids and what stuff. What was that catchphrase that he had in that? I think it's let's uh, do diddle the kids. Wasn't that it? What? I can't remember. <laughs> you love that <laughs> He's character? like, I'll take it deep. I'm the creep. No, no, they had, they had that whole thing with the like what, pizza shrimp or shrimp yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, it was something like that. But that that was fun. Remember, he had the, he had the kids making the oh, brand of shirts. Yeah, oh, I liked that. And I never would like the creeper, but he made me like the creeper and actually care when the creeper died. So in this, though, it, I don't get that. I just get the, okay, Alfred's a great guy. Oh, yeah, Leslie. Oh, that. I just don't get that investment that he usually has in these. And I don't know. I think he's also... I don't know. It's just big wow moments like the like we said, the idea of having the dark side, yellow lantern ring. It's just there to be there. And it's not really explained. But overall, I still don't mind this. I just thought that this was a real down issue. Here you go. The yellow lantern anti-life dark side, just like we have over Dark Knights of Steel. Here's the green lantern Joker Lex Luthor. Yeah, and we hate that part of it. But we actually like the Robins being explained in a little different way. Like when he actually delves into the things a little more, he's very It just takes me back to metal and death metal and how much I hated it. Here's the Batman amalgam of this character and then this character. You are so lucky you're not doing the marvel stuff with me in the past year or so everything's an amalgam but here's a venom something yeah overall what would you give this ultimately i think the art's fine in this and while it is some like you know flashback recap kind of stuff and doesn't move us along as much as i would have liked i still had fun with this issue overall like seeing the down like the downside not downside like um the idea of what happens outside of the war we have a bunch of war and then we have the plan going forward it was decent, even coming with the mix of quick stuff. It wasn't great, but it was decent. So I'll give it a 7 out of 10. It's funny. I mean, all this, this all comes down to how you view things and what you think, because I'm giving it a negative 7 out of 10. <laughs> I haven't listed all my deal. I feel like I'm saying this. I'm just a little disappointed with some of the things. And I think you got to get a bigger story. And that's one of those things that I put Tom Taylor and his Elseworlds on a pedestal where some of my favorite stories since we started doing the podcast and the site have been Tom Taylor's stuff. And so, yeah, lately it just feels like he's kind of putting story 
in the backseat and going more with the just fan service that doesn't feel like it's it's doing anything but being fan service. And I say fan, I'm saying the dark side, Yellow Lantern, dark side, and things like that more so. Just the wow factor. Or like the like you can go with. Can the, you believe it? And that's what's funny because I think that the emotional thing was Maxima more, but. Not many people are invested in Maxima. You know, we like she the character. Justice League, or how dare you? Yeah, I think she's great. And they he spells it out the greatest way because that's why she's fun. She is Superman without any morality. Like, and that's interesting of what will happen from here from that. But that seemed to me have more heartstrings, but most people won't think that because they don't know the character as well. So are you really giving a great Alfred deal or are you relying on what they already knew? And just kind of going and making it kind of that generic deal. I don't know, but I'm still a seven. I mean, I don't know how that works out in the whole deal. I thought you were going higher, but I do have no, the seven good, out of ten. Score. Yeah, I think that that is the score. I just I I hope that people realize that I'm not trying to be overly negative. I was just kind That's of. That's all I've seen from you today. I don't know what you're talking about. It is true. Before we started talking tonight, I ended up saying to you, you know what? All those books they announced, I love everybody on those. I can't uh-huh. wait. I can't wait to get all these. More Tom King, bring it here. It's like an all-night buffet. <laughs> Holy Nom, 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 nom. Yeah, num. I didn't say that. DC versus Vampires, All Out War number five. Now. Purveyor of positivity. I, <laughs> I was having problems with the deceased, right? So, and I said, I'm not that, I just wanted to point some stuff out and why I like Tom Taylor so much. So it's not as good as his best. And I think that you're getting diminishing returns with this deceased. That's just me. But. DC versus Vampires All Out War to me is straight up garbage. So that, I just wanted to start with that. Era. The main book or the spinoff? No, this, All Out War. This okay. book we're talking about now is garbage. And you know what no, no, kind of garbage it is? It's red-tainted, tinted, red nonsense. I can't red-toned. even read this. I sat there the whole time. My Who tone was very negative. I'm, no, I couldn't even see what was going on in the panel. Say, Why hard. are they doing this? <laughs> I, I ended up I'm sitting there. And Tanya was in the kitchen. Making her dinner nonsense. So I'm there. I'm reading. I said at one point, why are they doing this? She thought I was yelling about the kids and came out. Obviously. You have to understand that they're oh, allowed to. Do- I'm like, really? You're, you're real big no, on no, the Alex on. What are they allowed to do? I think she meant that. I thought she meant that. Uh, I thought they were yelling or something. And I'm going to be recording this. Th- those days are gone. I'm in the basement by myself. I can barely breathe down here. We got the, the heater going. I I think I'm getting gassed out. DC versus it. Vampires all have war number five. Can't get your drugs no more. Better start huffing the gas. Damn right. That's what I say. Something needs me to forget. I need the forgetter. You just really threw away your chances to be a really good alcoholic by not drinking. Yeah, that's the weird thing. You yell about this. I do want to remind people. <laughs> That I don't drink, I I don't do any sort of drugs, and I I don't smoke or anything like that. And I—that's the other thing. Now that you brought it up, the the doctor who the guy he's been this doctor has been my damn family doctor, Eric. Since this only only you'll know this since Doctor Shoemaker, Eric. I've had two doctors in my life. It's that long. So and every time Shoemaker was around a long time. How much do you drink? I don't drink at all. And I'm telling you, the look that he looks up from the paper sure, and gives me this like, yeah, I'm, I don't. I don't. <laughs> and then he's like, well, why are you shrinking? You're the kind of guy that goes to the dentist and tells me you floss three times a day, though. So come yeah, on. The, the, the dentist ain't going to believe that. <laughs> DC versus Vampires, a lot war number five, written by Alex Pacnadal and Matthew Rosenberg. We have talked about this before. I think it's more 
of that even where Matthew Rosenberg and James Tynan on the regular one, I think it's more Alex Pagnadol with a story by Matthew Rosenberg, but nobody's ever confirmed this to me because everybody hates my guts. Art by Pasquale Pugliano, Francesco Marcherino. Just, just nailed it. Red Tones by Nicola Rihai and Troy Bateri. These poor people. <laughs> These poor, poor, talented red people. Red Tones. You know what red tones? That's my face turning beet red when I start getting angry. When you go up the stairs. Oh. Or when they, you know, take my blood pressure. There's, what, there's the problem right there, Eric. Um, but this DC versus Vampires book, I, I mean, you first off, you're a side book that seems to be telling this weird story that isn't really connecting that much with the regular deal. That weird story, the weird spinoff story where we have, you know, a Deathstroke slash Azrael team going off to do get Weather Wizard to make sure that we can do like clear the skies of all this stuff. That is our story. Where we left off previously, How we had got you? Weather Wizard, but then Azrael had turned face, no, turned heel. And then the idea that he's going to like, hey, look, now that I'm human again, I appreciate all that stuff because it was pretty cool for a little while. We were together. We were pals. But it turns out that system's still in my head. The system doesn't like that I used to be a filthy vampire. It's going to take over. So I talked to the vampires and they told me if I was a vampire again, things would be swell. And I said, okay, so I'm going to freaking turn heel right now, backstab all of you cool guys that I was just powering around with. And now we're going to shut you guys down. That's a hell of a cliffhanger in my mind from the last issue. You jump into this. All the action of anything we have to deal with, it's already over. We have a flashback to what happened in between just to go – like I hate this kind of storytelling. Like, man, things were sure crazy. Let me show you what happened. Like, you could just show me what happened. And ultimately, the only thing that happened, the idea that our heroes did get away is because Dead Man entered Azrael. I think this is going to like not like not get everybody – it's not going to really have a, a way of letting everybody know Zomp and Fawn along very closely that this is what happened. It's just – yeah, for some reason, I swear, when Azrael decided he was going to buy us time to get away, I swore he had a Brooklyn accent out of nowhere. So it's just that. That's the only clue that you get the dead man that possessed Azrael, bought out the vampires while the rest of our heroes could bust out of here and just go and do inane stuff like, hey, underneath the Flash Museum, there's the one last Lazarus pit. And you know what? Even though that Weather Wizard was a vampire and then died, let's just throw his ass in there. Oh, my God. He's a Japanese blood demon now for some reason. Yeah. And and what you just said a lot of things. First off, I have to remind people. Can't trust vampires, Jim. You can't <laughs> trust vampires, Jim. Uh, and also, there's no Wolfman. The Wolfman. But you said a couple things there that I think really play out. The idea that one of the biggest plays here is Dead Man Possessed Azrael. And I guarantee you a bunch of people. And you're not being ridiculous or you know you're no dummy if you don't get that because it really isn't played out as well it's one line of dialogue and not even dialogue i had one line of narration telling you about a brooklyn accent i don't know what was going on and with all that the art in this with the red tones it's not helping anything it is it's a hindrance the way this art is and like i was saying and like you just said it's hard to follow exactly what's going on because some things they'll throw it right out there but others they're trying to be subtle for some reason i don't know why that had to be something they thought was like a, a clever little well they might get it because it's kind of a big moment it might come out to play and maybe they want to have it be more of a twist by the end but you already revealed it but in that you also have the idea when i'm reading this where i just end up reading every time I, all i think is I want to read the main story. I, I don't want this. Why can't you just 
have us have the main story because yeah this is just a tie-in but it's just telling its own thing and it kind of goes against stuff at points and even with that play where in the main story they're desperate to get supergirl to australia you're going to do this and then in the side book they're totally different plan but could save the world as well i wish it was more in that they had to do something to help out the main book just always feels off they're on their own gym them against a vampire them against a vampire world here and I don't know. This might rule, you know, get people pissed off. But you also end up having lesser characters. I was just going to say, you you don't even have the. I'd love if Mary Marvel was in the regular book instead of this one, more of the deal, because I think that her play and with Billy, that's kind of a cool deal. But we have one issue left and we finally get to. You know, the Billy stuff, it feels like this has really done nothing for five years. Even the idea of the Billy stuff, because we're in Central City. Like I said, we have to freaking, you know, bust the dead body of vampire weather Weather wizard to Flash, uh, Flash, to a Flash Museum in Central City. Take up the floorboards because underneath the Flash Museum, obviously, there's the last Lazarus pit with a freaking well around it for some reason. But we go down there. Like I said, he becomes a Japanese blood god because of magic hoodoo vampirism. Who fucking knows how any of this actually works? It's just more magical mumbo jumbo that is doing nothing for the story. Marco bites Deathstroke. Oh, oh, I thought we were playing we, the game. We, uh, we bite Deathstroke. We have Mary turn on the Sword of Sin, kill Marco, and then use the Sword of Sin to cauterize the wounds. Who knows if that's going to turn him into a vampire or not, but it doesn't I matter. Did, that's because- the thing I was thinking, and they don't tell. There's weird things they don't tell you, right? We don't have time to worry about things. Today. I know. we got to walk around Central City and talk about, it's snowing, but it's not the real snow. What's this about? Oh, my God. Captain Cold killed himself with his cold gun and like made himself into an eternal statue of ice. And it's also snowing because of that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, it's cool. All right. It's almost frozen. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we do enough cold yes, guns during did. one bad day? Yeah, we did during the spotlight. So you're going in and, and just little asides for storytelling things like that thing with you said with Dead Man. Yeah, you get that with, oh, man, he had a Brooklyn accent. You got to have to have a little more where maybe you see a little apparition of dead men there to really like solidify that. Yeah, like you always do. But I'm telling you, when you go into this, there are things where, say, Weather Wizard. I know that it's Weather Wizard, right? They're going. I don't think they ever say his name. And it's just something just tiny. But the way that you set these things up and progress from one chapter to the next you kind of have to remind, at least say, hey, throw Weather Wizard in there. Throw my. It, they never see It, it is to kind help. of weird. Because, again, I don't know off the top of my head whether they actually call out Weather Wizard's name. But even at one point, we're at the Flash Museum and we see the display of rogues. And, like, isn't this one the one we have without saying his name? The statue of Why Weather Wizard? Why aren't you like, saying his name? Like, it's weird little coy stuff that we're playing. You know oh, what? And- with the idea that, like, because, you know, Weather Wizard has a brother who is also Weather Wizard in this universe where we'd have two Weather Wizards exactly. and we can still the, save the day. Here's the problem. Is I'm reading this and I'm like, okay, they were, and when they say that, and that's actually the point, I'm glad you brought that up. The idea that they don't say his name, I thought to myself, there's a twist. There must be something that, and, and it doesn't seem like there is. And so no. when you do that, I'm, why aren't, why aren't you actually, I don't need holding hands. Like I'd like to hold your hand, but you got to at least okay. write an issue. Like a lot Walk of times, the street little guy. Yes, a lot of times. When you have things, I don't need every issue to have somebody come into a room and go, hey there, Eric Shea, are you like, that's bullcrap, but that's that's how I like to be announced. Like, oh my God, look, they even have a statue of Weather Wizard. Well, we're going to dump his, like, you got to at least let us know. And when you don't like that, it does feel like you're setting up a twist. 
but there's no twist. And the art, as I said, is so confusing at points that I'm sitting there like, well, is it? Can I tell that it is or isn't? He does look like the Dracula a little because he's the vampire version, but they just throw him in and then he becomes this, like you said, a Japanese crazy god of, of destruction. I, I don't oh, even he's get the whole deal. So you have that going on. They say, like, this is our last chance. I love the fact that before the other Lazarus pit was definitely the last chance. Now they have another. We'll throw him in. We don't know what a vampire in this does. Well, it, it powers him up into something else. They're like, oh, we done messed up. When you have the wow factor of Mary Marvel bringing out these sort of sins, I didn't even know she was holding a sword. You have the other play where we have to have every panel with lightning all over the damn place because you're going to play up the deal. And when she drew the sword, I didn't know that she had a sword until it was said the next page. A lot of the things end up making me go back like, what? Oh, yeah, I see it. Once it's spelled out, I do see it, but it's, it's not well presented. To get the wow factor when it should be the wow factor. When you have to go back and look, it's no longer a wow factor. Well, at that point, Jim, we we have totally shot the shit out of our plot now. We had the last cliffhanger just kind of thrown away. It doesn't matter anymore. Immediately in a flashback said, we further the idea of what we're actually trying to do with this plot. Oh, it goes nowhere. We have to zap, you know, the the Oni weather wizard monster. And now he's gone. Now just the idea... Now we're going to walk around Central City, talk about the snow. But when you actually get to the next big part of this book, and for some reason, there's a big part, when you have Billy Bass and Shazam show up, like, oh, you should have come me, sister. You know, Baron Cinder, you know, Superman. He's actually going to, he would have given you the world if you would have, like, you know, played with us. I don't know, joined us. But it's such a weird take because there's two people, well, two kinds of people in my mind, who uh, write, you know, Captain Marvel, Shazam, and how they write them. Either the idea that you have Billy when he says Shazam, be a the world's totally mightiest marble just exactly yeah. you have the idea where he just is in a grown-up body which i personally like the idea of what a kid would do with his pure heart with all these powers or you have him say shazam and he becomes the embodiment of this but it's a different personality completely i hate that version yeah of i don't it. like, I like it, either. it when billy is just in a grown-ass body because it has that great 80s you know body swap kind of it movie has the body it. swap it also makes it so that there's a little bit more ramifications of the things that he and does just the and fun things stuff, like even because this is like things like that i love it's why i loved he-man growing up prince adam he would say the magic phrase i have the power all of a sudden he'd be the strongest man in the universe and stuff like that very similar kind of characters i love them both here we're playing it in the way that i don't like it where when mary marvel when she or Mary Bromfield, when she is just normal little Mary Bromfield, she is a vampire. She says Shazam. She becomes the mightiest maid in Mary Marvel. She's not a vampire anymore. She is a champion of Shazam. In this, it seems that Shazam, Billy Batson, he was turned while he was powered up. So now Shazam, Captain Marvel himself, is a vampire. And when Mary is able to fight off her brother here in this great epic battle, gets him like gets the him to be hit by the lightning bolt of Shazam. He turns back into a little boy. Mary, what's going on? And then you have Mary, who's also a little girl at this point in time, because they're both turned back into mortals. Or um, they're always mortals, but, you know, just human. You just have the big thing. It's, it's, a kind of, it's the coolest part of the book, uh, actually. I just don't like the way we get there. It's not the way I like to play the Shazam family. But then you just have Mary attack her brother as a vampire to get him off the playing field because we have to kill Captain Marvel slash Shazam to get him off, you know, be one of the heavy hitters of Baron Cinder here. Even though I don't know why it matters because it seems like we're not doing Baron Cinder stuff anymore because we're playing with I the know. Pot. Yeah. And so you end up where they, they had a Lady Hawk situation going, Eric, uh, both of them and reverse. But you end up doing that. I just want to point out that when you look at the pages, if you are reading this and you see of the mind, Mary, Billy. With that black background, suddenly you and realize, again, you know what? I can see what's going on here. And you realize the that part? the other Is parts really are so crazy. Mind? I don't know. But 
that's like you said, that's the best part. The, the idea that they're so concerned that it's snowing in a planet that is not allowing the sun. This place should have been a freaking ice age from day one. And it really wouldn't have been anything that you'd bat an eye. But this is weird. It's it's real snow. And it's, it's coming from there. Snow. And it's that. And it, it just, who cares to just go to Captain Cold? I want to point out that this whole series right now, besides some of these little things that we do, like the Billy stuff and, and Mary in this, but. Even though I don't like the way they're portraying the characters, it's not my personal, like, uh, like the way I enjoy it. Almost other than that, though, this whole series is based on this concept for the most part. We have to go get Weather Wizard. They get him. He gets killed. Oh, no. Let's now take his body and resurrect him. Oh, no. Both times they and then they kill him. I mean, this this is what this all has been about. And they've killed him. He's died twice. He's become this. That's all we get. three times if you consider the yeah, vampire really, part. the vampire. But every time they go on this mission to, okay, we'll do this to get what it doesn't work because we're going to end this with Supergirl probably doing in the main book what they want her to do for the main thing. You can't have Weather, Weather Wizard stealing her thunder. You can't have so you can't have that. You get Billy and Mary with the, the thunder and the lightning, but you end up where you can't have that work that way. It's not going to go. So you end up going through a long time to get to him. Asriel kills him. Oh, we'll get the body thrown in a Lazarus pit. Oh, now we have to kill him because he came out. It's just nonsense. It, it really is not anything happening now at the end. Oh, now we have Captain Cold who allowed himself to be frozen this way. Look at him. He, I like he's in repose. Damn it. I'm like, all, Tony, right. though, all the Captain Cold background don't need stuff with Bailey and Mary. Great, okay. Even when we come out of the battle and there's just little Mary Bromfield covered in blood and goes to her, you know, fellow comrades here. I've done something real bad and I, I need you to do something for me. I need you to kill me because she does not want to be this do evil it. little monster. And I'm like, I feel for you, Mary, but hopefully like in deceased, we can come up with a cure. Hopefully out of Harley's blood. Yeah, it's just weird, though, when you play the steel. Like you said, I don't know the rules of turning and things like that. So, you know, as far as we know, Deathstroke could be turning as we're speaking now. I and want to say that his healing factor is going to be I uh, guess. Like, okay I don't think it. it's ever going to be mentioned. We have one more issue, and they already went by it. It already should have been something like, hey, we are you okay it. from that bike? You got you the sin out of yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. That's, you know, that should have been played up more. The idea, but I, I looked at that panel then when she's like, oh my God, I, it, she has the sort of sense you can't tell that she has anything. It's just all a mess on that panel. If she didn't say anything, I would have not even known. Where I realized too that the art's not helping me, at least when I go through it, is characters suddenly appear. It seems that like, oh, there's Booster. Like, I, oh, where was when he? It's like things just end up, they appear. do. They just end up like, oh, I didn't think he was still there, but there he is. And, it's not like he was around the corner. He was always there. It just all blends in. Then we have a backup. I'm telling you, everything that I was complaining about with this issue, it is 100% the bee's knees when you get to that back. There's nothing very interesting, unless maybe you're reading all this DC versus vampire stuff and said, where's all the Wildstorm characters where's at? Where's Jack Hawksmore? Nobody asked that if question. If you've been yelling for Jenny Sparks and Jack Hawksmore, then this backup's for you. The sad part is, like, we didn't do Wildcats last week because it seemed like a weird situation to do because, yes, it is in DC continuity, but I don't know any of those characters really besides for, you know, Wolf, they're looking pretty cool and what we've seen recently in Batman, like, you know, Urban Legends and stuff like that with whatever, you know, 
uh, Grifter's up to. Yeah, yeah, we like Grifter enough, but yeah, it, everybody likes Grifter enough. Just, you don't need to know he's much their, about him, but he's e- their breakout the idea, character for people. So yeah, he's always this. Even when you had the Wildcats cartoon show, he was just the guy that looked cool, and you wanted to freaking like gravitate towards him because he looked cool. You, you don't have that for this, and it's just Jack Hawks more Jenny Sparks. You know, a name mentioned for IO and things I recognize as. You know, buzzwords for the Wildstorm stuff, but it means nothing to me because I don't know these characters. It's written by Danny Lore with art by Haining and Troy Batiri. And yeah, you have Jack Hawksmore with Jenny Sparks and realize and there's again, a Jack kid. Hawksmore. He was in Swamp Thing recently. He's a breakout star. Yeah, really. And uh, yeah, there's mumbo jumbo going on. Danny Lore, not my favorite writer and, and really does no help here to explain things either. It's like right in the middle of something and. I'm not so sure that they even get what's good. It, it makes little sense, except for the idea of maybe they have a, a, a spark at the end. You got the Jenny sparks, the but the spark at the end might be the idea that a baby might be able to contain. I'm like, I don't know. This Look, this is a different thing than just, oh, we got to rebuild the world with a Jenny sparks baby there. There's Vampire more things. Jenny sparks took a human baby, hid it away, didn't want to show it to the Vampire King, Dick Grayson. And even though Jack Hawksmore went and killed Jenny Sparks at the end, he could kiss her because she had a baby that is possibly important, but I don't see it from the story that's been written here. And unless it's more Wildstorm stuff that I don't understand. Well, we have one issue of this, and we haven't seen any real backups really going full out being part of the deal. There was some, you know, little things to fill in prequels and stuff. For that. But that's yeah. Origins. I'm saying this. I don't know at the end. Jack Hawksmore and Jenny Sparks' baby is going to end up being the be-all end. We only have their baby. <laughs> well, we have a cup. We only have a couple issues left of the regular series as well. So I just think this is, hey, we ran out of characters. Just do Jack Hawksmore. Hey, Danny Lore, you got some time? Just do this, and off we go. And Danny Lore, who did that multiversity team, we're not big fans of. I everything is convoluted. Hard to understand, but that might not be just Danny Lore here. It might be the idea. It's also Jack Hawksmore, Jenny Sparks. The art yeah. isn't helping, and though. The art's a little better. And the burns of people as being the freaking savior of this little backup for whatever reason. Apollo <clears throat> shows up, and it makes me think that he should just be flying around, shining his burn, light baby, on burn. everybody. Like, that could work. Apollo's but, little light of mine. Yeah. I'm going to let it shine. Yeah, he's going to let it shine. What would you give this? Ultimately, the, the backup does nothing for a story that struggles, especially with the art department, because the red tones, like, it bothers you because you can't see it properly. It just bothers me because it looks like an uncompleted book, and I don't know why we just couldn't have a, a book in full bloody color, especially when we're dealing with vampire stuff. I don't know. It just, I'm telling you, until we get to the Billy and Mary stuff at the end, I was not interested because it felt like, you know, oh, shit, we don't have enough time to tell the story. Well, let's just do a quick flashback and make that last week's or last issue's cliffhanger mean nothing, ultimately. And then for the majority of this book, have it mean nothing. Hey, look at the snow. I'm giving this a four out of ten. Yeah, I think I'm giving it a three. And the thing about the Billy stuff, that is the best part of the book. And especially the repercussions of what Mary had to do now I that she's done it. And it's almost a deal, not even just a bad thing. It's I had to do what I never would do, an unspeakable Agreed. thing. I did my deal. I made my hero's choice. Now I want to die. Just get rid of me. I need to go. That That's pretty cool. But overall, even that, though, we had the Baron Cinder stuff that seemed really big, and he had Billy with him. And you're go, and then that kind of now is like, yeah, that's not a thing anymore either. So let's just get out of this and go read the ending to the regular book. And so overall, I didn't think that this this side story did anything for 
Wait till next issue. Maybe. I mean, I keep waiting. I keep seeing so it's this. It's all going to come I together. I think that maybe they'll hire, they hire somebody to do blue tones or something like that. People will tell you it's the journey, not the destination. But when it comes to all out war, it's about the destination. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And also, I hope you're not colorblind. So we go into that, though. I don't know what that would mean, like how this would look if you were. Maybe it would work out. Yeah, better. I don't know how that works. Yeah, it might work out better, but I'm a dummy. I don't know what colorblind really does or if you have hepatitis or not. I Eric, think it's those made are the up. two things you do. <laughs> now, my old boss, Bud, he claimed he was colorblind, but he always used to only bring it up when he ran a red light. I'm like, it doesn't matter. There's still a position. That's just an old man piece there. of shit joke. <laughs> There's still a position. But he was colorblind, he claimed. I, I don't know. You don't know. know that. He just liked running red lights and joking yeah, about it. Yeah, I think he had like a card that he had to have or it was on his license. That he said. I still don't believe him. But uh, what's the next and a last book for the night? Titans United. Blood packed. More blood to go with the vampires than the Elseworlds. Number three, written by Kevin Scott with art by Lucas Meyer, Tony Avina, and Carlos M. Manguel. And if you remember the last issue... We are in a world made up by Brother Blood and Raven. Everybody's mind has been... Re- you know what? Have you read House of M at Marvel? <laughs> right? Because essentially we have a House of M situation. For some reason, not explained, Tim Drake in this new Raven-esque kind of like world, he's the only one that remembers anything. And he has to get through to his friends. And essentially we just use Simon, the psychically zapped Dick Grayson, who then remembers the past. But the problem is we have a bunch of like, you know, Titans who are just the like the rogues who are out there trying to fight against... Raven's Church of Blood with Brother Blood and stuff like that to try to win the world back from this evil. And we're just going to go and psychically, at least is what I thought, we're just going to go and psychically like make everybody who's our friend remember what really goes on so we can go back and fight against Raven and get the world back to what it needs to be. Now, last issue was completely through and through House of M. I was really upset about that because it seemed like a really, just a, it's a, a really simple way to tell a story, you know, stealing. And in this one, I wish that we would have continued with that really simple because way of stealing House of Because you don't like the new convoluted Because they decided that, you know what, this is too much like House of M. So you know what we need to do? We need to change things up. So while Simon was psychically p- probing Dick Grayson's mind because he saw who Tim Drake w- really was and was able to show him what the truth of this world really is, now we're just going to do the stupid thing that DC versus Vampires did and have a magical Tameranian kiss to it. Yeah, yeah, and you know because that's how she learned the language originally. So, so you can read things. If we and, kiss again, she can she can understand the world that used to be in around her. Obviously, that's how it works. Yeah. So Tony, in DC versus Vampires, Dick Grayson was using Tameranian blood because it allowed the vampires not have to be affected by sunlight and holy water. Now we just have a look. You're in a whole new, brand new, made up universe by magical means. I just got to kiss you, and you're gonna remember our entire life together because you know that's how you learn language. Yeah, and I I just don't I I don't know. Let's I go back up, to House of M. I have to thank you because that House of M got me blocked by Kevin Scott. <laughs> he ended you know up saying on? this thing. He blocked us, but you go and you might be right, but you're continuing the story. And I think that when you get that kiss, it's supposed to be this fan service deal. And when you got it, I actually like you just like, really? Like, this is what we're playing. Like it really to me. And I don't want this to sound horrible, horrible, but it really dumbed down everything. The idea where you're going into this and okay, let's play along. Let's see how you, Oh, a kill. oh yeah, you, you kiss Corey. And the, I even like the, uh, how do you know my name? Okay, we're getting so. Oh, no, you just kissed her. And so what are we going to do? I mean, does it keep ramping it up? I mean, I don't want to see it at issue five where they're trying to bring other people back. There might be a straight up orgy, Eric. But 
the whole <laughs> play here, I don't even like the idea at the end. I wanted it to be Raven being the best. I know that the whole deal with Brother Blood, but I'm also getting real sick of Brother Blood. We're talking about. He's dead in real life, Jim. You calm Seriously, down. Seriously, though, but every story we get, if they can figure out a way if we're multiverse, Elseworlds, Look, they, they can't we, get we, away from Brother Blood with the Titans. They're just, just dealing always. with Elseworlds, and he's one of the big bads. You don't want to deal with Deathstroke. You don't want to deal with Trigon we have. and Brother Blood. They, they always go either now Deathstroke or Brother well, Blood. The big bads. Uh, yeah, it's, but you need to do something more if you're going to continue these stories. Why are you doing this? This is almost we have the, the idea. some five as well. Yeah, but they were in this and they got taken down because of that whole deal. They were actually fighting for the good side, Eric. But you have the play here where, again, there's Brother Bloody's channel. Okay. I just, that, that right away. Yes, just Brother seems Blood is so the real basic. one in charge. Raven's magic is the one that's being the conduit for the soul. She's more than, more like, you know, along the lines of being held against well, the world. She, it just seems it's like just a, like Corey and all these that are doing their things. Yeah, but she, she knows the truth, it seems like, with Raven and stuff like that and how the world works because she's the one who ex- offered herself to Brother Blood to spare the rest of the Titans, even though she was just, you know, not during... She wasn't there during the fight until everybody's thinking, I'm here, you know what? I'm going to take your hand. We're going to restart the world, reboot the timeline. Here's the Raven verse. And we just have everybody all hail Queen Raven, the freaking prophet of the... Of the season, I don't even know what I'm going with. This whole thing, of the season, here's the she prophet is. of the season. The but even with the, the idea, like I don't even know what we're dealing with the Church of Blood anymore. You got Brother Blood, you got Mother Mayhem. I think you have Uncle Ulcer and Anemic. I don't know. Like you just have a bunch of lieutenants now with their bullshit brother with their Church of Blood names. But it's just Raven. She's sitting on a throne of blood. It seems like she is the head bitch in charge, but really. Brother Blood is like, look, you can't talk back to me, bitch. I made this world. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to bring your father about because I'm doing stuff. But ultimately, it is like anything that I hate in DC Comics or just a short storytelling in general when it comes to miniseries. It's a scavenger hunt. And it's not even a well-prepared scavenger hunt because, you know, at least before we had a second connection that made you think House of M. Now he's got magical kisses. And now that Simon's dead, I don't even know how we're going to get through the freaking, you know, Superboy who's been made to stop the Raven, who's locked up by the Church of Blood and stuff like that. I don't know how we get the Titans back together now unless Dick Grayson starts smooching everybody. Does it matter? I mean, it's three issues in and I'm already Brother, bored I'm still with sitting it. here like, why is Tim the only one that remembered anything? Nah, I, I don't know. Some people like this. Uh, the art's great. There's some oh, panels in this and pages that it's incredible. But overall, like when you go why and see Raven there, tones? you're like, holy crap, look at that. Really cool. Uh, yeah, overall, though, this whole idea, once it gets back to Brother, I'm Brother Blood, and this is what I do. Shut up, Mother Ma'am. Get out of here. Like, oh, I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of out now. I really don't need another Brother Blood story where he's done nonsense and get on with it. I, like I said, if you're going to end up wanting me invested in this, do something a little different. It's always the same thing. And if it's not, this is Deathstroke. You just only have those no, two. You got Trigon, Brother, but the Church of Blood, and Deathstroke, the big thing, and the Fearsome Five, and we have them along the, the no, ride as well. And you say Trigon. Trigon is always just there because of Raven anyway. So yeah. that's, but again, and the Fearsome Five are always there to just kind of get knocked off to get to Brother Blood or, or Death. I just, it, this doesn't feel like it, it's worth telling. It really feels like they just came back with this because, eh. The last one sold okay. It really didn't seem HBO to sell. Series, the Titans. Check that out. And like you say, and now Gabe stole from you that it's one of it's the best Titans book out there. But it's yeah, so I, true. I don't even know what to even talk about here. I mean, I guess we're done. I, there's really nothing well, I have about to imagine story. that Raven, while she is an unwilling participant, even though she is the all 
all-seeing mother of the church of blood that everybody praises. It does look like she has Beast Boy in the form of a raven by her side. So who knows using her magic whether or not Beast Boy is there as an undercover agent or not. Yeah, maybe he is. But I mean, what is he going to report back? Hey, Raven's doing crazy stuff, but she not. Maybe they'll give him directions to get to. Maybe he's like not even undercover. He's just himself. Kind of maybe remember. I don't know. Like, no, I'm no, trying no, to figure out what out. you could do. But we have three issues left. And. I'm really not invested in this. But we have Tim Drake, we have Jinx, and we have Dick Grayson. All with the well, Jinx doesn't really have her memory back. She just kind of goes along and believes what's going on. Tim Drake and Dick Grayson, maybe she does or not. But I I forget whether or not Simon pierced her mind with it. No, I don't think that she. I I play that she doesn't because if she did, she would be a little more lenient, even with Coriander being real bad and Starfire. We have this crew together for our Titans team to go forward and try to free the others and get the world back to the way it should be. Yeah, and. Even in this, you have this play when when Starfire does remember, you keep going back and forth where Jinx is like, yeah, why are you hugging that murder? She's not a murder. Yes, I am. I was. I should. And that wasn't it just you. Keeps you were going under the influence of Adderall. And so they're playing that back and forth. Yeah. And uh, that seems to be the gist of this. So when Raven ends up, are they going to accept their back? Are they going to end up saying, well, you knew too much. You let this go because I'm she didn't seem to do it. In the first issue, what was up with Raven and why she wasn't with the team, what the problem was to begin with to get us here where we are now. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. So we'll and why see. does Tim Drake, the only one that remembers? I do like the Raven-esque branded Titans Tower. It looks real creepy. Pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. pretty cool way to put up your pants. Raven looks great when they go to her. The art's great. But the story, it's just, again... It's not horrible. It's just that basic. If you really like these characters, then this would be something. Okay, it is the best Titans book out there, like you said. But if you're not really that invested in what ends up being almost an Elseworlds deal, because anyway, and I'm saying within the book where they're in this made up world as well. If you're not interested in that, I don't think that there's really any way that I'd be able to convince you anyway, you know, plus or minus of it. It's just something that if you like the characters and want some because you don't have a book. Go at it. I'm not really as invested as you are in the Titans characters. And even then, you play the game where they're in this other world. So it really does hey, Jim, nothing for me. When, when we go back to the Batcave and Nightwing's all like, it's time the to get Wolf back Man. to the way we were. And, you know, instead of having the Batman suit that he was wearing, he puts on a Nightwing suit and says, here, Tim, how, do, how does it feel to be back in the red and green? And he hands him a, a costume. Why would you have a costume that fits Tim Drake? Because he, in this world, he was never a Robin. <laughs> And it does have a Damian Wayne symbol of the R on there. He might be called Nightwing, but he's more of seamstress. He went off and made oh. the costume. It was weird. I mean, even then, you're like, mm, really? Like, let's do what we're supposed to be. And like, was he Nightwing at any point? I don't know. I'm telling <laughs> you, this is, deal, this is a Damian Wayne Robin R on there. So I'm like, whose costume was this? Well, he only had one to go. And he's like, Tim, you're a little guy. You're five foot five. Here you go. Where Damien's, right? <laughs> I'm again, is there a Damien in this universe? I don't, don't think there know, is. But uh, I, again, this is more of an HBO thing, even though it has nothing about really similar to this. it. Yeah, the idea of all this is that you just throw things out there and they're usually not explained. That That's the problem with some of these stories. And I say it at points, this does feel like a digital first, digital only story. It just ends up being printed. It doesn't feel like it's that well done. Except the art. <laughs> the art, I, I say it, that's going to affect no, my the art's score. Amazing. But... It's the best part about the book overall, and that's why I'd give it a 5.8 out of 10, because the story, Tony, I was more invested when it was a House of M ripoff, and now that we're getting away from that, it's not as interesting like anymore. Like I said, if I ended up saying, hey, get this, Brother Blood, he done gone crazy, and he made this new world, and he said, 
you kind of get it really quick and it's it's, and that's the problem i'm waiting for the kevin scott to tell me more maybe that i'd be interested in this seems very basic very generic some people like it though and people can like what they want but yeah overall i'm a 5.1 but what would be your book of the week my book of the week is the flash number 788 yep minus two it's an easy pick sure is the book of the week it was so good and if you aren't reading it that is a book that is very easy to recommend, and I think anybody could get involved with it and, you know, put it around like a belt for your I pants. Knew. There's Eric. a lot of books to pick from that were pretty good this week as well, but that was the cream of the crop, definitely. Actually, it, it kind of points out that deal with DC right now. I do think that they have some really, really good books now, but they also have some really, really stinkers. It's like one or the other, feast or famine a lot of times when we go through it, but there are some good ones, a lot more than we've had in uh, past years. So get on board, people. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to be positive at the back That's end a... of things after that section of nonsense, Eric, of all bullcrap. But purveyor of positivity. Here's what we're going to have next a week. And remember, two of these books will be picked by the badasses of the Man, Fresh I know crew. you keep telling me this. They're going to be picked. That sounded like the Wolfman a little, didn't it? Did it sound the like Wolfman. a little It looked like, it sounded like something. Two of these books will be on our Patreon spotlight. You have to go over to patreon.com slash weird science to get involved with that. And Eric, I don't know if you know this as well, that the week after next, the week after next, we will be Patreon only. The whole show will be pretty low, Jim. And that pretty low deal will involve such books as the new JSA number one, which I can't wait for. So. And there's some annuals, things like that, obviously, because it's annuals week. So keep that in mind just to go over there and check out that Patreon. Patreon.com slash weird side. What was the last book? I, I Throughout this whole thing, I kept saying the JSA book. What was that one shot we just had? What was that called? I don't remember. What it's? What do you mean? The, the uh, JSA book to, to lead into oh, the JSA series. The, what was that called? Uh, the New Golden Age. Oh, the New Golden. That's what you're talking about. The New Golden. I, I kept talking about that, but calling it the New JSA book for some reason, even though it was just a one shot. But yes. I just couldn't remember what the hell that was called. I don't know why. I thought that I I thought I needed a new song for this week, and I was trying desperately to come up with something of Star Girl. That wasn't really working. There's a Star Girl. Well, that that actually that really works. (laughs) At one point, I actually was going to do, but it was a Golden Age, and I'm like, why am I doing that? But it was to turn. You could talk about her stepdad and how he does stuff. Turn the page, Golden Age. No, I love that song, yeah. Yeah, I do too. But then I was kind of like coming up with lyrics and coming to like, there's a lot of like real slow, it's a slower song. So you get between that Golden Age deal. You know, it's, it's funny too, too you bring up that song, Turn the Page, because I listen to a lot of like paranormal podcasts and stuff like that, different like, you know, people calling in, telling their stories and different things. And there's a, there's a, one of the phrase where it always comes up the idea when somebody says, well, I was on the highway and I always have to say east of Omaha, <laughs> east of Omaha. See, it would work, Eric. I'm there with Courtney Whitmore. <laughs> She's just, <laughs> what well, else can we work. go with that? Yeah, it might work actually, but maybe I'll do that for but the I love that song. Yeah. Star Girl though, the star man. Yeah. Who would have thunk that? Me, I, right now. now. You know for a fact, and this might piss some people off, but David oh, no. Bowie's not my favorite, even though I already have a parody of Suffragette City. I love Starman. I, I think that song is so wacky that it's so wacky good that I, I dig it. So maybe I'll check that out. Now you you say this. I got to edit this podcast <laughs> when do we're nothing. done, and I know I'm going to go off and do both of those, or at least try, in a basement that really smells like diesel fuel and is killing it. Action Comics. <laughs> Number 1049. 
That is true. Well, it's kind of, you know, getting that smell out of there. That smell's still here. You just can't go with it. It's Action Comics number 1049. I don't know if you realize that. That's one issue before 1050. What are you talking about, Jim? This is the return of Kal-El part five, I think. Oh, really? So, yeah, no, we'll see. Yeah, it. part five. We're coming up if people don't realize. A little bit of news deal. Once we get to 1050 and beyond, you're going to end up having Action Comics turned into an anthology book that will start out with stories by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Dan Jurgens, and Leah Williams. And I did start thinking with the thing, and I didn't look at it, I didn't see, but it, the Dan Jurgens stuff's only six issues. The Leah Williams yeah. is a three-issue story. So we're going to end up like an Urban Legends deal, but a little cheaper. We also end up having Dark Crisis, the Dark Army, number one. I'm going to tell everybody on the <laughs> Patreon, he and Eric are talking this week like, this is the last Probably time. On this podcast. That, yeah, that no, it was the Batman. No, it was the, the, it was the Patreon. You're yeah, right. It was the uh, Worlds Without a Justice League where we're like, this is the last of those times, right? Yeah, we'll pretend that we meant the Worlds Without the Justice League when we were talking yeah. about that. Or we weren't, but that's the deal. Because we, we still have, three have more, more. tie-ins, yeah. This and, and two next more. week, the yeah. Dark Army number one. Damian Wayne versus the Darkness. If you didn't have enough bat books, here's some more. You mean the band that the darkness? That'd be kind of funny too. Do that. Is Damien the thing called, thing called Love? Yeah, that would be great. That song was good. Uh, you end up in uh, Justin Hawkins, the lead singer of the day. He has a podcast, one of the best. Uh, actually, it's a video vlog, whatever you call YouTube channel. I love it. I love it so much. I watch that guy all the time. Dark Crisis, Dark Army. I'm looking forward to. It. After that, you have the Big Bang. Mark Wade doing it, trying to. Give us a little peek at the new multiverse, the infinite Earths, and things like that. That's kind of a cool deal. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, You might even have an Earth for the mech. I don't know. That'd be crazy, right? You have DC versus Vampires number 11. Penultimate. Penultimate. And yeah, I'm on the cover. It's Green Arrow versus Vampire Hawkman, and I can't wait. That's that's the part I want. I don't want this all out war to my eyes. Deathstroke Inc. number 15. Kind of forgot about that. Book, you Eric. won. I Chapter have to admit, six, Jim. I believe this is the end. I think I believe this it is, is the well. finale of not just the story, but the book itself. So we'll end up having that. Detective Comics number 1066. Who's taking bets on how little Batman's going to be in that? Are you there, Eric? Are you going with me? I actually heard some people talking today as well that were giving me a lot of shit about Ram V and, and the whole detective and the, hey, he doesn't like to do the main thing. And they're getting on the trolley, Eric. I heard them talk, and they were hemming and hauling, trying to I say. I know. From the way you make it sound, it sounds like you spend most of your day trying to fend off people attacking you for one reason or no, another. No, I end up watching videos and listening to podcasts. They weren't attacking me. This was more of a video, and it was just, it's I talked to you some tell people. <laughs> I talked to people. They yell at me, and then people yell more at me. Harley Quinn, number 24. Some places say it's coming out. Some places say it isn't. No, no, the thing is, it it is definitely coming out for some reason. It's not on DC Comics' main website. Okay. But, yeah, we'll be doing that. So we get Harley. We'll see who killed Harley, maybe, the whole play. Hopefully we get some Kevin in there. Definitely not Phantasm. Yeah, really. Uh, Punchline, the Gotham game, number two. That's there. Is it the crying game? What's Alexis K up to, Jim? No, we'll see. You mean Alexis K, that person? (laughs) Down I love alley, that. Alley, I need I go to just go through that whole rigmarole of everything that's going on. And we also have Tim Drake Robin, number three. Does it feel like three months this has been out? It feels like this keeps coming out like every other week. Yeah, it does. It seems like it's been out like a month and a half. We have three issues. It really does. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe, I don't know. I, I want to say maybe it'll get better. I, I, I doubt it, but it might. Every every issue is another chance. I, 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 I want it to get better so bad. It's just so bad. It's all and I want. Tim Drake Robin book. It's all I want. 
but I also want it to be good. Here's the problem. Me and you both, and we laughed at the point where we actually started liking Riley Rossmo's art on Harley. It made sense it fit there. the book, it made sense. I don't think it's ever going to make sense yeah. on the Tim Drake book. So even I'm if even the looking at the cover, story it just looks better, awful. Even if the story got better, and if you do like Riley Rossimo, I you know go get your eyes checked first off. But you know you could like what you want, still get your I'm eyes checked. I'm really blind, and I can't bear to look at this. Yeah, exactly. I said my eyes throw up when I see it, and everybody's got long we necks. Call that everybody's crying. doing all this. It's crazy. Is that what they call it? I almost had my eyes throw up then during that night wing. It got me really choked up. <laughs> oh my god, it's it's throwing up water. It is saline. But yeah, two of these books will be on the Patreon spotlight. my eyes rain. <laughs> I would guess that in that we'll have the Dark Army will probably be one of the books picked and Punchline is Not what Tim I Drake think Robin? will be the two. Maybe. Punchline, Tim Drake Robbins seems like that. That seems like actually like they're made to be. Not that either or better or worse or whatnot. They seem to go well together. Just give this them a little Gotham? tip. Maybe. I'm just give them Harley's a tip. Too. Just telling people there. I'm trying to give you a tip. I'm trying to get badasses. They, just, they only want the tip, Eric. I'm sorry. They can't I take the rest. I to give more. Ah, uh, yes. But yeah, two of those books. We'll see which ones, but the others will be on the regular show. So if you want to listen to that spotlight and a lot of other podcasts, as we said, go to patreon.com slash weird science. There's links in the shows. Another thing that you would get. If you go to the Patreon for as little as a dollar, actually, dollar make you holler. Actually, this episode, actually, you'll get this episode and all of our episodes early, a day early. You get them. Two uh, hours early. I go out. <laughs> well, I go off and I start editing it now. And sometimes it takes until five in the morning, but it does go off. But I do end up, if it comes out at five in the morning, I try to make sure that at least 12 hours go and get it five at night on the regular fee. But it's something you can go and listen to then Sunday. If that's your thing, but get a lot of other things as well. So that is all we have for this week. I want to give a little shout out to Luis. He did have an email that was Thanksgiving based. We'll get to it. I know it might be a little late, but we will get to it. It's just my computer has had some problems. I ended up having my computer get fried. It's about Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving food, but I feel like we just talked about that on another podcast. Yeah, we worked. Well, no, it's because I yelled at you. That was what was funny about it. I said, all I need is turkey corn and mashed potatoes was the mic on at that point in time where we recorded yeah i think it was okay. i think so that was the spotlight. That podcast, no i think it, it was the patreon spotlight so i started yelling about it I feel that's like all it was i last need week. yeah it was somewhere along the lines we do too much but i ended up you know that's my thing eric it might have been last week maybe but yeah we'll we will still do that even if it is the weekend after thanksgiving and maybe that'll give us a little more of a you know a perspective on it i can tell and we could actually tell everybody what we did have then which I probably won't have much. I'm going to Jess's parents' house for Thanksgiving dinner. You it's like going to be a the nice food, time. Though, right? I, I love the food. The problem is every time we go and do stuff, somebody always has COVID and I'm always worried that I'm going to get yeah, COVID. And sometimes true. get COVID. So it's always a problem for me to go over there. And all I want to do next week, Dead by Daylight has a new map and two DLC characters that are releasing on Tuesday. And all I want to do all next week is play that. That's all I want to do. That's all you want to do. I got to go away. It's all you want to do is have some fun, just like Cheryl Crow. Saying right. back in the day, was it Sweet Child the of Mine? Comes up. Her cover that you couldn't stand because it was in. Uh, it was in Big Daddy at the ending, and when that movie came out, I was working at Regal Theaters and uh, as an usher cleaning the theater. So all the time, I would just be in there after the Big Daddy during the credits with Cheryl Crow's <laughs> Sweet Child of Mine playing, and it drove yeah. me nuts eventually. Oh my god, I, I actually heard that the other day, and I'm like, oh, this is the song I think that Erica ended up driving him crazy. So I was right, but yeah, thanks everybody. 
Thanks for listening. Again, Luis, we'll get to your deal. Sorry about that. I'm going to hope that this computer just doesn't keep shutting down. This is nonsense, Eric, and I'm pissed off. But with all that said and done, what do we say at the end of the podcast? Everybody have a great week. Keep it weird. We'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.